Welcome to Bridge the Gap. This is the show where we want to bridge gaps in knowledge. And what we do is we invite people like you, Mr. Drew from NSL Collective. Um, and uh, we discuss your life story and other tangential events. And yes, your life might not be as long as some of my other guests, but not a lot of my other guests could also get to a 1500 Instagram following on organic efforts based off of fucking just raw perseverance and taking advantage of time over the last little while. Also making you a very interesting person where we can all learn from as an example. I, I found myself almost more compelled by your Instagram posts than like I, I, I had to pause the music to go watch what you were doing on Instagram because as a marketer, Word. I found it too hot to ignore, even if the fans mm. might want the music more. So yo, Drew from NSL Collective is a young guy for sure, as you can see there. You know, he's got that rock in as I embrace my age. But for us, this is an excellent opportunity to bridge the gap. What a lot of people don't realize is y'all are the future, but also that y'all are active, y'all are working, and mm -hmm. y'all have respect. This guy was punctual. He was so respectful and everything. His passion that I've seen is ridiculous. I don't know that much about you, except that you chose a name that is going to be exceedingly hard to deal with for SEO purposes for the rest of your life. That's facts, man. That's a good point. But, <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but I love it because uh, I, I would just rebrand your Spotify to Drew from NSL Collective, like off the jump. It'll make your life so much easier. Yeah, maybe just add NSL, like Drew NSL type of thing. Yeah, off the jump. It'll yeah. just make your life easier. I had to rebrand at one point too, and it's a it's a pain in the ass. You have to grab your ISRCs, pull it all, rebrand. Yeah. It's, it's awful, but you don't lose anything. Yo, what up, Chris Chrome? Anyhow. Okay. I got my first question for you, though. I'm excited Yo, to hear your answer on it. Get right into it. And thank you for even having me on, bro. Much love. Much love. I'm all for what you guys are doing here. So I love this conversation. Let's get right to it. Oh, I forgot to say my name. My name is Holden Stefan Ray. They, I've been bad at that. I've not been always. So I'm trying to condition myself in real time to remember to do that. And shout out all y'all for being here. <laughs> That's all I got to say as we get into it. So question one, it's a bit of a story. Sometimes they're a little bit out there. Um, so my girlfriend is washing the dishes one time and uh, she's dancing around and she's bumping that black eyed piece on that. I got a feeling. Ooh. Yeah. So like <laughs> maybe for you, this isn't the same experience, but for me, that was the club music. I, that was literally, okay. we would be like, I would be like 20, 21. And that would be like the stuff we would be in the circle doing that like sing along goofy dance jump shit that people do when they're drunk at two in the morning. And that song in particular, <laughs> turn up your cup, you know, like it's a vibe for two in the Boy. morning, right? Hell and that yeah. was the yeah. that was during Will I Am's takeover of pop music. Mm. So that was the latest Hell sound yeah. at the time. But the thing mm -hmm. is, is now it's twenty twenty at the time, and she's doing dishes and dancing to that. And I'm like, wait a second, that used to be club music. And now it's chores music, which means all that stuff you're making as lit today, Ooh. you're making mom music, my friend. You just oh, don't know it yet. Yeah, I, like one day, I, I didn't know where you were going with this, but I like this segue right here. Yeah. Okay. So all I that, all that chores, mom, uh, sorry, all that club music, all that hot stuff today effectively uh -huh. just becomes chores music one day, which got me thinking about vibes, got me thinking about the energies and the sounds that go into music. <laughs> but it also brought me back to being a youth. 
And so when I'm young, you know, my mom's got these discos bumping on these tapes. She would put the tape in. And she would get these uh -huh. little, little crappy, like, disco remixed CDs. And they weren't the real ones. They were the knockoff disco shits. And my dad had I the Zeppelins know. and the Krista Bergs. Yo, they used to sell these tapes in, like, the Kushtards and whatnot. And they, because okay. of how licensing works, a lot of these songs may not have auto copyright. So you could, like, redo the song and redo the masters and they would be like three dollars and they would be like shitty versions that were just like slightly different enough to get away with it and they would what? be like, yeah yeah this is real real so that's like the equivalent and nowadays when you're posting something up on youtube let's say you just change the pitch a bit and drop the pitch so that it doesn't get copyrighted that's basically what they're doing but with it's more like whack karaoke thing. like it's like a full-on okay. production it would be like if you took a pop song and you just redid it and found a way to license it and sell it okay and it was that's just, great that's terrible bro i can't believe people were finessing the game like that they were um i never knew uh but i did because my mom fucked with it they were, she was like three dollar tape but you <laughs> took me to fucking die. it sounds good enough it sounds good enough man i i mean debatable like when you actually hear the real versions you're like oh shit that was trash anyway all i have really? to say okay. that was like my mom's side of it my dad's side of it is more Zeppelins, but, you know, tapes. Tapes mm -hmm. is a big part of it. And radios mm -hmm. was a big part of it. So all that to say, I realize the musical journey doesn't start where people usually think it starts. So okay. usually people think that the musical journey starts, you know, my first favorite song. and That's not even true. That's not how it works. It really works. You're like four, five, three, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you have no control over the music or the sounds in your home. You're a little one, mm -hmm. your, your parents, maybe it's a sibling, a grandparent. And then in your case, what's also interesting, I want to know what the sounds of your real youth is, but I also want to hear about the technology you grew up with. And there's a huge reason for that, that we're going to keep coming back to in your life. Okay. Okay. I'm with that. So let's see. First of all, in terms of technology, when I was a kid, kid, it was still radio was still booming and not to say that it's not nowadays, but man, like. Things like, um, for example, like me and my older sister, every Friday we would tune in to see what the top 40 of the week was on like Virgin Radio or on 94.7 and stuff like that. Um, so that's like where our main source of like new music was coming from and what was hot, what was popping and everything. And so I would say when I was young, young, my sister's older than me, right? So like, I guess she was more of an influence on me of what I would listen to musically because she was the older sibling, right? She's like four years older than I am. So at a young age, that's a pretty big gap, right? So I would say she was the first or the biggest influence in terms of what I was listening to as a kid, kid, just because that was like and what was my, it? Uh, what was it? Yeah. Well, let's say <clears throat> her personally was more like in the pop wave. But then when we would get down and listen to the radio together, it would probably be like everything, man. So like when I was young, 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 honestly, the people I remember the most popping when I was a kid were probably like Chris Brown when he first blew up. Um, people like Neo was dominating at that time. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, it was like, it was like really big R and beats and pop times. Like, uh, who was no, but that's interesting, by right? Cause your sound has a heavy melodic vibe. Mm -hmm. and a lot sure, of people man. are judging that melodic shit. Still, yes. In my opinion, dumbly. Yeah. But you're young. Yeah. You have a sister, which is actually interesting because who likes the melodic stuff more? Is it guys? Is it girls? I'm just throwing it up. No, she, she'd be listening to like Hannah Montana and she got me on those no, waves. I... She got me on some Jonas Brothers waves and everything. I was listening to everything, man. Like 
even my mom was a huge Celine Dion fan. So we had Celine Dion booming around the house and we even had like Shania Twain and stuff like that. But that's, that's stuff that's way older than me. It's just that when I was growing it's up, like that, that was, said that my guy. That is, this you, is, hey, but look, you remember Shania you just Twain said is that, like, I was like, man, I was growing up with Shania Twain. <laughs> okay. 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 So for me, bro, that was even like, I'm almost tempted to say that was like when I was born that she was popping. And then it just, it like, even before probably, and it just stuck was. because like, you know, the, the narrative you just said, like cleaning the dishes type thing, doing the dishes in the kitchen, like that's how it was. And it, that was Shania Tween here at home or like Celine Dion and stuff like that. So yo, Bonnie, um, I know you do dishes to some Shania. <laughs> <laughs> so look, hey, but let me ask you this then. If you're saying that when you were 20 bumping some Black Eyed Peas and now you're doing the dishes to Black Eyed Peas, are you thinking that in 10 years from now, people are going to be doing dishes to people like Future? I don't no, know, no, man. People are already doing dishes to Future. Future is not young. You think so? Man. Future's like 2008, my guy. I know, but he's like... Yo, Mask Off a is a chore of... song. I don't know what fuck we That's anything. facts. So, I like, can agree with I'm, that. I'm already doing that. chores to Mask Off. That's true. That's true, but it's just... But the, the vibes of it, yeah, so much. But like, you're not thinking about it from like the other side of it, right? Uh and you're good. I'm, I'm enjoying this. You're definitely going to answer all my questions, but I'm going to indulge your attention still. Um, hey, let's do it, man. I'm here. Nah, Challenge me. That's my fucking show. That's what we do. Tangents <laughs> and stories. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But you're not thinking about dancing. Can you dance the future? Oh, you can dance the future stuff. The future just makes you want to move. Therefore, it's tourist music. Now, what's actually okay. blended with future is that uh, currently moms and grandmas is bumping the same Spotify top 40 playlist as you are. And futures all over that shit. So people act like music distribution channels haven't evolved to a point where grandma's a new potential contender for their stuff, and that grandma might actually like melodic trap now. Bro, that's actually true. And like, I actually maybe this is like me saying far fetched things, but I and maybe it's just um, my ego. But I honestly think, bro, any anyone or almost all of my songs could be enjoyed by any age group um i feel like that's like my, my parents my, my parents and like my friends parents and stuff like they listen to my music they find it dope you I know people in their 50s and stuff but that's biased because they know me but that's like true but i would argue that the melodic front of your, your your sound actually creates a higher level of attraction because your influences start as we stand from your youth to shit like r&b mm -hmm. and let's be real r&b is hot with uh ladies and whatever's hot Biggest, with yeah. whatever is hot with ladies is gonna be hot. Is something that is consistently a motif in terms of like let's say the forty year old version of you having this interview with me will let me know abundantly. If you wanna be successful, make sure the women is bumping your tunes. And when yeah, was you the last time you, you know? heard a woman not not to say that they don't exist, but at a generalized level, with a full understanding that I'm implying marketing ideas and not talking about all ladies on the planet. But most ladies are not that into dense bars of aggression for days. They tend to like melodic vibes they can kind of dance to and have some fun with. Why? The charts say that. I'll make that shit. That's the charts. That's what's there. Okay. Okay. So, but, yo, even I'm, I'm tempted to say that the dudes are going that way too, man. Like, look at all these new upcoming the artists. Like, Because everybody's going after the same group. Like, guys don't necessarily show the same level of love to the people they support. This is, again, metrics and stats. This isn't preferences. This okay. isn't, like, my opinion. Women are a much better group 
to pitch music to at a fiscal front. Sorry, everyone out there, if this sounds weird. You know what, bro? You know what, bro, though? I'm, I'm going to devil's advocate you on that. And I'm going to say someone like, I don't know if you're in tune this. I'm sure you are. People like, let's say, Lil TJ. Lil TJ makes a lot of love no music. What a little TJ is. You don't know. You don't know who little TJ is. No, that's okay. Oh damn! Lo- okay, makes a okay. lot of love music. I understand what that means. Um, he's like in the singing trap kind of thing. Okay. Um. Anyways, let me let's put it this let, let's put it this way. This guy would make music that a lot of females listen to, but bro, I'm sure the majority of his audience remains male, masculine. I'm sure he has a huge female fan base, but I think if you looked at it on a pie chart. It would still be like a sixty forty or seventy thirty split. Yeah, but that that it, there's like a rate, but the fiscal nature of that changes versus a ninety ten split, as in what you profit off of changes. Mm. I'm not talking. I'm talking about success margins. Now, this okay. is not universal facts. This is just just ideas. I, I have to preface this because I understand we're playing with dangerous territory by like talking about stuff like this. No, 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 no. But and, this and is someone just tossed in a comment. Someone said, said depends what genre it is. Big Absolutely. It depends what genre it is. But I would argue it with hip hop, what I'm saying makes sense for North American hip hop. Are you thinking like old school boom bap? Like just conscious like... I'm saying all of it. I'm, I think a lot about a lot of it. This is, again, simplified. <clears throat> so if we really want to go through it, of course, women love all kinds of everything and men love all kinds of everything. And I know a lot of R&B is getting popular with guys now that we're allowed to show feelings. Because keep in mind that like actually there you go. I that, is, about, that is what I was trying to get you to say. Yeah, That's no, no. I, I, I had that connection a little bit earlier, but I was trying to let you finish a little bit because like um honestly i thought about it as we were discussing it, and i'm like nah y'all are like really into like the emotional stuff and like back well, when bro, i was your age that was not my... allowed boom so look i don't mean to cut you off no, but that is, this exactly, is good shit. that's the direction i was heading and what i'm saying you need to take this in consideration when you're saying that bro because think of a kid like me we grew up thinking that now it's cool for for a dude to be showing his feelings um, to be vulnerable emotionally, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is a huge difference. Even a 10-year, 15-year gap is yes, huge, bro, is. because that changed very quick in one decade from 2010 to 2020. Huge change in yeah, terms of that. It. Now, if you take that into consideration, now what you're hearing is these dudes coming up and they're not afraid to be vulnerable and emotional. Listen to, I don't know if you listen to Tory Lanez, but Tory Lanez is like in, in so many feelings on his songs. My God, I and, feel like you're so right. And I, I, it's like, I feel like I never really considered the fact that your age group actually went through a very different transition with regards to masculinity than my peoples did. Um, and exactly. maybe I'm, that, that's why it's so good. This is why I knew I had to get y'all on this channel. Cause y'all, yes, I, I, I think I really do think what I'm saying to you is believed by many people my age. And, and I believe that. that. And I, I believe that, bro. I also think there are a lot of open-minded folk that are smarter than me that are like, Holden's being kind of dense now, but yeah. I no, I, I don't think it's that way. I think it's just, um, this is kind of like a debate, you know? You give one side and then it doesn't mean that you're yeah, like, I call these things your, your feet's in the cement. Like, They're you know, really you can move your toes. They're discussions. Exactly, I just, exactly. No, but this is what I wanted. Usually this shit just comes up way later on. I'm like, nah, Drew's ready to go. All right. No, we're right into it. 10 minutes in, man. Let's just deep dive. But that's what I was saying that um that's why to my point a few minutes ago not only are are young men comfortable talking about singing about these topics 
but young men are also willing to listen to it because now they won't be like oh no this is a song for females no 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 if you're in your feelings and you're a dude you can still trap to some some tory lanes that's singing the whole time you don't feel like a you know you don't feel feminine for doing that no it's normal now for a dude to be in this feeling so whether you're making the music or consuming the music you won't feel that like oh i shouldn't be listening to this because it's like a love song like no out of here that's yeah, that's the thing of the past Dude, that's awesome. I like that perspective a lot. I mean, I think we're we're catching up to you a little bit. We're still working on it in my like world, but this is really helpful, uh, just for everybody, because we see things, right? We see moves, and we don't always understand them. Like, yo, a lot of us are like, I guess we have to do melody now. Like, that's actually conversations we have. Like, we don't understand, like, why or what, you know? Mm. Like, and then I'm realizing uh, there's other things I've realized since doing this. Uh, some of this is me playing stupid folks. And that part, though, you really did catch me like off guard a little bit in terms of educating me. And I appreciate that. That's a real time knowledge. <laughs> no, That's what but, it's like, all about, man. And I fucks with Lil Peep. I sit there and wail okay. my heart yeah, out to Lil there you Peep. Go. Like, that well, he's got that emo, that emo yeah, trap vibe to him. It's so good. It's my favorite. Yeah. You got people like him. XXX Tentacion was one who was really, really going in that. Like, well, yeah. he had a lot of different lanes, but that was one of them. Mm, um that's definitely they were opening that pocket for all these new artists man like i I know it's crazy to say that xxx was so young when he passed but i literally think he's like becoming an og in the terms of like who's coming up right now he really said argue he's he's, gonna be a seminally important character i would i would use the word seminal to describe him he was a very helpful in pushing forward a genre that allows a guy like Scarlord to do what he's doing today. There you go. I know what a Scarlord exactly. is. <laughs> <laughs> and even people like Juice World, like Juice World mm. too is very versatile, but you know, he was still, he was still doing his thing. And what's cool about Juice is that he wasn't afraid to like rap rap. He wasn't afraid to sing. He wasn't afraid to, to trap. Um, he was all over the place. So I hear what he's and- saying there. Wasn't afraid. Those are big words in how you're describing this. That's fucking cool. So in a sense, what you're saying is mm. put it in your heart and your sleeve is a mark of bravery. Yes, absolutely. You, you, hey, listen, bro. You're not going to have, like, the people that are putting their vulnerability up front are the most confident people. Think about that. Not many people have, like, the bosses get up there and talk about, like, their personal life and their relationships and their and their struggles and their, you know. You know, some people would, would it would be a threat at their masculinity, especially if it were talking from a dude's perspective. So you got the most confident people out here talking that talk because they're the ones who, who feel like they're able to to say that and be comfortable with it. But not many people are like that. So that's why I'm saying he's not afraid to do it because it takes courage still. I like you know? that. Yeah, I feel that. I, I agree. I mean, that part, I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Not not many people want to actually get up there and be like fallible. I think that's exactly. a good way to put it, fallible. It's it's yeah. like there's this illusion that uh perfection that we chase. I'm very like I'm at war with myself all the time about this. Like you have to be the best. You cannot fail. You must provide this, that, the next thing, strong, emotionless, and then like so I'm mad stoic more than I actually like fucking actually feel. Cause I don't right. you know, expression is not simple. But like no. at the same time, no. you know, I'm down to talk about it because you know shit's fucked yeah. up. So this is And look, if stuff. we even deep if if we dive even deeper to it like if we're looking at the overart like the umbrella of hip-hop in foundation it was meant for like for you to be a man for you to be tough like you weren't trying to give the impression that you were vulnerable or sad or in your feelings and this and that and that but it's crazy to think that it evolved from a place like that 
and there's still a pocket or uh, a niche for that for sure but i'm just saying that now it's it's allowed but that's um, and that just speaks on the culture of hip-hop in in big because it's so welcoming so, right so let's go at that in a different angle that has to do with environment in montreal okay. it's mad easy to be in your feelings and not have to worry about it if you're in a very different environment socioeconomic you. backgrounds let's say you come mm -hmm. from a hood Maybe literacy rates and education opportunities aren't the same. Maybe police mm -hmm. are literally a threat to your life. Maybe uh, walking. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you all have ever done this, but look at the gang map in Compton and then really zoom the fuck in on Google map and see how it's like block to block the territory shifts. Maybe this isn't as much the thing as it was, but like, yo, a lot of people in my age group grew up in some environments in different cities that are mad different than mine right like mad absolutely so absolutely if you trace the environment of a lot of the music outside of it that's where like the stuff that's successful at least when it's real it's like it's it's pro like it's not that it's real as in the violence is glorified or whatever but it's people in an environment that are forced to be tough in a way that i don't understand i feel you i completely agree i completely agree with you but let me say this just to be devil's like begin once again is that even the kid growing up in violence and poverty and everything bro he still has feelings yeah. He still has feelings. He still has real relationships in his life, and he still has like these same vulnerable moments that I have or you have in a different environment. Those are basic human like um, emotions that everybody's going to go through, no matter if you're from the street or if you're from a beautiful suburb. Like, but like, real cultural, life will still kick in. So, like from a middle class normative perspective, I'm going to go to that level with it. I totally feel what you're saying because it's really like fits nicely into the middle class normative framework of life. But the lower class economic structure of places that look nothing like that maybe don't create the circumstances that make it so black and white. I'm not saying yeah, you're wrong. I'm with you. I'm with you, though. I'm I, saying I understand that what you're saying. Without really going into specifics, which maybe at another time we could, it's not that simple to show emotions in environments where that is not necessarily positive. Whereas in our I'm environment, it is super positive, especially if you're in school, especially if you're there. But yo, corporate America and in Montreal, maybe, and I have to be delicate here, but maybe showing emotion isn't the right move and you have to be stoic in 2021 mm -hmm. Montreal's office life. So I'm just saying there are vibes and there are moves and I'm not even trying to discount it. I actually love what you're saying because what you're saying is the most positive pro-health shit that there is. It's almost like solutions <laughs> to the problems. I'm just trying to say yeah. that sometimes the realities are still more complicated and I don't want to dismiss uh, the idea of machismo across different cultures because I love what you're saying because mm -hmm. it's again a different culture than mine being young is not necessarily my culture and people get mad at me for saying that like I don't actually think I'm fucking old but like yo I'm dad aged I'm in the age of fucking people who make dad jokes that's not, not there yet though no you're not I'm there 33 yet, though, my bro. guy I could have like no, a but like behavioral wise you're not there yet though let me tell you that on camera now oh. okay 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 <laughs> behind the scenes you'd be cracking them dad yeah, jokes though <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not funny like that but like i'm responsible like that you know like I'm okay okay i see like that like i'm, I'm like mm -hmm. making like i'm not funny like that my girlfriend just co-signed that shit with her little lol i see you um but like i have to acknowledge where i'm at in life i'm i'm like on my way to middle-aged more than i'm on my way to youth them 
You know, like oh, okay, that's like, deep, bro. Okay, that's the facts. Like, are people get yeah, mad at wrong, me? Though. Yeah, and yeah, everybody yeah. who gets mad at me is often above my age because I know what I'm saying and I understand the implications it means for your life. But just because other just, people have their issues, that just means they're insecure. That just means because you're a realist and they're just like in, in like fairy tale like bill, you know. I try to be self-aware. I used to use the word realist a lot. I don't know if I like that word as much anymore. What is Got realist? Over it? Well, it is realist. Like, I don't know. It's not like anyone's reality is any different or mine. If we really want to go there, like the idea mm. of a realist is really just saying what you, what people mean to say, I think, is I am more self-aware about my place in the universe relative to my surroundings. Yeah, I might I might take that from you, bro. I might switch up my vocab now because I like that. Because, you know, like it's like the idea of obvious. What the fuck does obvious mean? Like, you remember, like, you know who Mumkey Jones is? You might be like the right age for that dude on YouTube. No, bro, I don't. So this dude was on YouTube and he he made some uh, jokes that were were considered not funny by YouTube and they destroyed him on a hit piece. Like YouTube did him <laughs> dirty. But then he okay. played some petty stuff and it started like a five month debate with this young Scottish guy I talked to. Because, uh, yo, man, young people keep me like a little more in touch with how old I am so I can fight that a little bit. <laughs> okay, okay, I, okay. It's true, yo. Everybody out there needs to talk to some twenty-year-olds, yo. You're gonna feel like smarter after, I promise. And you know what? I, I would, I would argue the same from my perspective, man. Like us, twenty-year-olds or sixteen-year-olds or whatever, we need to talk to people in their thirties, man. Are you, by the way? I'm twenty-two now. Or twenty-two. That's cool. I use twenty as a I, general catch-all for young people. Yeah, it's crazy though, because like when you asked me that off the top, I was about to say nineteen, but it's because like I still feel like I'm there, bro. The mm. time, time flies. I still feel like I'm like 18 for real, but I guess not much has changed since then till now. So a lot, I would argue changed if you managed to pop off 1500 followers and shit. Nah, golden Jenny, you <laughs> fucking fire with it. Um, but no, age is like, so why people think I don't act old is cause I know how to fucking act like tomfoolery and still be goofy and shit. But like, I'm also like a performer. <laughs> okay yeah like, yeah i know how to fake all the faces i make and all of that like it's all like I, I do this multiple times a week like this is a routine a little bit why well, create a vibe and an environment for the world it's no different than your whole shave my beard thing oh <laughs> back on the instagram post <laughs> yeah well, none of that was you may have in the moment been like i'm gonna run with this but like everything about that was edited in so therefore everything about that was a deliberate choice therefore it was why and it was fire i'm sitting there going yo true's fucking great like you watched <laughs> i wasn't fucking sincere about that um but it's like that you create a presence you create the persona even now you're you but you're on camera yeah you. And I'm on camera. You know man. what, bro? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, even if you're genuine, like, both of us are genuine on the camera because we've been talking off camera and it's still, like, it was the same. But I understand what you're saying still. You're more you're more conscious of, like, every movement, every word, everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand what you're saying, bro. I also know that right. anything I say and do on this stream can and be clipped and used against me in the court of Twitter. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, Twitter's a dangerous place sometimes. They, they can uh, cancel people real quick out there. That's facts. One time I went through my Facebook for a year and I deleted everything, like every post for like 10 years. Really? Hey, that's that's the move, man. Because especially, yo, 10 years ago, things would slide that don't slide anymore. Yo, so I you got to be careful. This isn't a proud moment, but I copy pasted lyrics straight up M-bombs, not censored. I'm like, oh my oh, gosh. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's pretty bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like 2011, 2012. I didn't know better. I did know better. I was stupid. 
it was a different time. It's not a good time. It was a bad move. Um, but that shit happened all the time back then, so you didn't think twice of it. It was edgy. Edgy's really? Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was. I feel like I was too young to really to know that. To me, it was never all something. These, all on these the table. people are getting clipped from 2008 to 2012. What happened was is there. This is a theory. Don't get mad at me, everyone. Uh, there was a campaign from the LGBTQT community that happened around 2008. I only remember that because I was still in Sejep and I finished Sejep in 08. So, and uh, Ellen and them were like, "Don't say gay anymore." It was like, a re and I watched this play out. I watched them mm. basically remove that word from, and it took me a long time, like a really long time to get. First, I had to get over myself because I was part of that. Fuck you, I'm going to say what I want type shit. Because, yo, they're taking okay, okay. Like, I went through yeah. all of it. You see those guys on YouTube still. The ones who, like, die on the hill of fucking free speech. And free speech really means I want to be an asshole. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking kinda about. True. That's kind of true. That's kind of true, man. Yeah. I love that Jack Carlos is up in here. That's right. We definitely hey, did hey, a swap. Check my, most re check my most recent post on my NSL page. It's literally a What's Popping Remix because everybody's becoming fair me to Jack Harlow. Yo, Go check it out. I did. But y'all see what he did there? That's a marketing move. He he actually did what yeah, Kylie Jenner I, and them do. He I just it. plugged myself right there. Yes, sir. No. <laughs> that response to so people came at you like you look like jack carlo so uh -huh. you have two choices in this moment you can respond like you did so like a mouse capitalize on the moment but appealing to your oh. fan base with a risk of virality probably won't happen but at least your fans will fuck with it i feel you totally worth the move um yes, the other side of it is you could have been a negative nilly why does everyone have to compare me to and you know how you know that happens because people literally drop that shit in indie rap Stop comparing me to this guy. You hear it. You see yes, it. Yes, sir. You see it in their socials. So you took the man's track. And let me, let's be real. Everybody who's ever been on TikTok knows that song. I don't know. If you put on the radio, if you're going to a club, if you're going on TikTok, it, bro, everyone knows that song. I everybody. Don't go to clubs everybody. I, I don't know. But I, no, is I'm that just saying. Really it on the radio? Like, is it really on the radio radio? Yes, absolutely. Yes, like sir. A, don't mind me just watching. That yes, shit sir. is not that a, that's right. not a real song to me. Like it's that's like Hey. Hey man. It is though. No, but TikTok virality okay, like tick that is a debatable point. TikTok virality success fed into the radio play, which creates a cycle. So is it a real yeah. song? When I say real song, I mean like that shit's a meme. I know what you mean. And that it, shit is um, a meme. In ten it's years. It's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing and a curse, man. Because that song I mean, for the moment, if you're popping on a TikTok song, bro, you are flying in terms of streams and attention and everything. But at the same time, no one takes your song seriously anymore, bro. It becomes a TikTok song. It's like there's like different categories and boom, you're in the mm. TikTok category. Now it's like. But I think that's more the artist. Because, yo, Meg Thee Stallion is not being pigeonholed as a TikTok song. And she's had three number ones off of TikTok. And everybody's like that yada, 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 yada. You know, like that shit did not that's hurt a good her point. career. Yo, That's I'm actually watching TikTok music. Yo, TikTok music is big. It's it's breaking mm -hmm. acts. But Jack Harlow in particular, I've watched several people make videos about him. That's how I know that he exists, honestly. I did not know who okay. he was beforehand. I just know okay. that I've seen a lot of guys go like, don't mind me, just watch it. And usually exactly. it's women checking out their husbands because that became a trend for women to check out their <laughs> okay. husbands thirstily yeah, yeah. like that. Um, so I got to understand, I probably don't see the same TikTok as you. I see growing couple TikTok a lot. Like couples who live together TikTok is my shit. 
it's true that there's literally different universes of TikTok, bro. Different yeah. universes. Like, it's, there's so many lanes. It's like you're never seeing – nobody's seeing the same thing, bro. Nobody. You ever been on Plant Talk? That's when, I don't even know what that is. That's when people no who grow is. plants and are super enthusiastic about it make TikToks about their plant growth. Wow. There's literally every niche in this world right now, bro. There really is. Every niche guy. in this world. The only the only TikToks I'm seeing right now, bro, if I pull up my TikTok right now, I'm going to tell you is the uh it's all about investing, this GameStop, this uh all these all these Wall Street boys getting screwed. That's my that's all I got on TikTok right now. But uh, I don't even take be scrolling on, on Hey. I think it's uh this is what I think about it. I think it shows the power of social media. Because this is like never before seen on something like the stock market that's been that's been in the game for so long and now you see the impact of something like a, a subreddit think about that bro the impact of a subreddit has, has caused some of these people to lose billions of dollars yes on wall street think about that for a minute bro that shows the impact of the internet of social media of virality online it to me it's going to it's going to reshape the stock market and how it works because you saw it like I'm sure you know Robin Hood in the states you're not allowed to buy anymore for those for a certain amount of I don't remember which ones but like 16 or 18 stocks you can't buy anymore because AMC, they're trying to AMC, manipulate the market exactly um, but that bro yo, that man's has to go before congress now he got called for a congressional <laughs> hearing to answer for how come he okay just so y'all quick summary um what happened was is wall street has this move where they look for companies that are like dying such as a gamestop and they fuck with their stock so they lower the value artificially and then they buy a whole bunch and so it reinflates i don't fully get how it works but the math makes sense for these guys in the meta game they know what they're doing i don't really care to go that much deeper with it um end of the day reddit figured out and by Reddit, I mean a couple of particular sub forums of which I know people on Facebook that are in my Facebook that are deep into it. These guys have watched crypto and for a very long time. So crypto and the stock market have basically become parallel ideas in this current era. There's so many cryptos. They all perform the same. So the people who are fucking really into crypto started spotting big man uh, stock market tricks. And then they proceeded to fight back. So they identified GameStop and they fought back. So what happens is, is they sold all this stock, which lowers the value. And then they bought, like, before they could buy it back at the lower price, um, the other guys raised the price. And they just kept raising the price. So now when they're buying back, they're taking losses because they sold that, let's say, 30. Now the price is 50. So they buy back at 50. Boom, you're losing money. It's a bad news bears. But it's not, it wasn't $20. We're talking like the shit drove up from like a $5 share point to like a fucking, uh, maybe it wasn't five, but whatever, to like 150 bucks or whatever. And then they oh, hit the next stock. It was like, and then they like hit 300. The, oh yeah, it did, well, did peak there at one point. But yeah, when I yeah, caught yeah. attention of it, when I, got, when I was reading, I guess, <laughs> I was at 150 and then I, you know, haven't yeah, followed yeah, it yeah. as closely. So that's the point though, drastic increases. And then they hit like every stock that they could identify that this was going on. And then what happened was, is Reddit wasn't doing this for wealth. They're doing this on some fuck Wall Street tips. So every dollar they made got reinvested back into this campaign. And so they stole, not stole, they legally acquired billions of dollars of Wall Street money to fuck with Wall Street. 
And then the government, or not government, Robinhood, the app that was this was happening happening on, blocked the ability to buy these stocks. Yeah, I know that's not really how it works. If you want to, yeah, betting against the stock. If you want to break it down, I will read exactly what you wrote verbatim, and then I'll continue, and we'll use your clarification. I'm doing my best. The stocks is not my game. I get the top levels enough to know what the fuck's happening, but thank you, Yamas22. I appreciate you. This is why Twitch is dope. Because people hear you sound yeah. silly, and they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I got to correct this guy. Way better. But on, on some top-level shit, you're right. It's just like, uh, in practice, it's like, if they see a company's dying out, then they put, they're basically betting that it's going to keep dropping. Like you said, it's just, there's a yeah. lot of uh, technicalities to it. But we're yeah. not about to get into that anyway, so. But yeah, I still read what Yamas wrote, because I said uh, in case he's like halfway through it. I digress. What we're saying is... Um, they're betting against the stock. Y'all get the stock. I never, I know music very well. Stocks is like, I just kind of watch it as news. Um, I do know that they banded together. And then uh, what happened was, is Robinhood banned the acquisition of more stocks, meaning that they could only drive the price down, which is in favor of Wall Street. And now that's bad news bears because they're going to have to answer for why they manipulated the market. That's market manipulation because everything was legal and fair game. And uh, it's so fascinating that, like, this is a real thing that is happening today. And I like the idea of maybe it changes how Wall Street operates. I think we're going to have to see what direction the Biden government takes regulations, to be honest with you. Whose money does he like the most? Is he really about the people? Is he really about the corporate machine? We'll find out soon. Big time will tell for things like that, bro. Yeah, but, like, I would love to see this play out, though. I would love for people to just keep finding loopholes in the system and, like, do this. I think cancel culture is a fascinating point because I think it's mislabeled. I don't really understand. Like, look, there are like a handful of people whose lives have been canceled by cancel culture. But most people's lives that were attacked by cancel culture didn't get canceled. And the entire cancel culture community that was driving strong in 2017 imploded on itself. And now people are a lot more tolerant than they were. So I'm seeing like a reverse bounce back on cancel culture. This is my observations here this one i'm a little more confident in the stock market i think cancel culture was like a fad in the extent that it was and then everyone's like yo i don't know that i want to live in a world where everyone's snitching on everyone and a lot of us were like let's cool the fuck out except for those people but they snitched on each other so nobody trusts them anymore and they kind of one by one annulled each other's credibility and a lot of the people that were driving cancel culture do not have relevance today like okay. when was That's the last time date. somebody got fucking canceled that wasn't like really doing something bad. Like people who really do bad things get canceled now. Who's really get? Because how many times does it happen where nobody knew the fucking story? The whole story came out. It had to go backwards. It happened so many yeah. times that I think most of us are getting back into. And I say this as in like off internet people, because sometimes we forget that the internet is a pocket of society and not a reflection of society. Mm -hmm. So with that, I just think cancel like. I don't know. Like, you can still lose your job if you do some dumb shit that makes your company look bad, but that's just baked into all our contracts. That's not, like, new. That has just always been like that. You know, that's not cancel culture. Like, but it's just it's just more visible now. It's easier to get caught, basically. I like what you're you saying. Because you can, uh, like you said, man, you could deep dive back into 2011. Whatever you said 10 years ago can still be consequential now. Back in the day when there was no social media, you could have said something in 2011 and no one remembered it by 2014 because it was said out loud. It wasn't written in the internet. It wasn't written up in the cloud. But I think at the same time, though, to argue your point or to defend your point, 
it's true that I think, but I think it's a different take, but the same argument that with time, bro, these scandals won't have as much value because they're going to be too frequent. What I mean is everybody's going to have a scandal, man, because society's getting let's more go, and more sensitive. Let's go even which deeper is, with that. I could argue it's that not up. necessarily a bad thing, though, but I just think that like um, things like scandals will happen more and more and more and more often because people are more and more and more on the internet and saying things. So at one point, it'll just be like, okay, well, whatever, man. Like everyone's got a controversial side to them, I guess. So I, I don't think, know. Um, just to even go a bit deeper with it, cancel culture had a weird fiscal impact on a lot of people's careers. They ended up two, three years later being richer than they were. That's that's kind of messed up to me, but you're right though, because some people are able to like benefit from the attention they get from a negative uh, headline or negative this or negative it. You know, it's still media coverage. It's like people that say bad publicity is so whatever they it's say. It's a very nuanced. There. I was just having that conversation. So it's all all press is good press, or there's no such thing as bad press. There you go. Which is yeah, not exactly. true. There's you get the p word attached to your name. Oh my gosh, you're done in every industry. The one, the one that you're yeah. going to registry for. I don't want to say that word on my stream. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's bad press. That's still press. No, but I, to be more realistic, I was having this conversation. Bad press is an indie artist with no albums out can end your career. I once did a radio interview and I embarrassed myself so bad that I'm pretty sure that none of those dudes took me seriously until very recently. That's bad press. When, when, when was this? 2012. I went to CKUT Whoa. and I bombed an interview because I wasn't prepared and I sounded really stupid. I've had multiple moments where the press around my name was probably really fucking bad because of my attitude. Okay. And I didn't have the clout, money, or power to back it up. So if you have the clout, money, and uh, thank you for saying my music is trash, but the beard is good at least. That's all right. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, like, I'm 33. I don't even know who the fuck I'm making music for. At I'm least, at least you got the beard game going, though. That's fair. I don't think my music is trash. <laughs> <laughs> like okay i mean like that's what the world is though like i appreciate your comment though don't get me wrong i'm not like i'm so far past caring if people don't like my music i'm like i, I know that my music is probably not the thing that's gonna make me pop it um it still just fucking does what it is i like what i do i listen to my music i don't necessarily make it for other people anymore I just made an album. Just make to, it for your own fun, man. That's I what it's all about. I made an album to remind myself what my value system is. <laughs> hey, other people if you like get the cool. job done, it's a it's a form of therapy, in my opinion. Big facts. Um, apparently, my interview game's on point, though. So, like, I'll roll with it. I don't care. I'm liking it. Play. I'm liking the interview game. Yeah, it's I'm liking fine. it. I go live on Twitch. I chill. It's fine. Do stuff we all learn. Plus, my new music's gonna be saucier and a lot more wavy, so I'm pretty sure people will fuck with it more. I did pay attention to a lot of the trend shifts and uh, have no interest in making music nobody wants to listen to. Like, I wrote a whole album that would have made sense in another time, and I dropped it in 2020. And I'm like, I fuck with that shit. I fuck with it heavy. And then I'm like, nobody's gonna listen to this album. And guess what? Nobody listened to the album. And I. <laughs> sat there and i feel like why did i make this like who did i make this for and i had this big conversation with myself then i wrote a song called lose weight and a lot of people fuck with it moms bump it so this guy is not to like my shit but that one song moms is listening to and i'm like Ooh, okay <laughs> some it's some doing the laundry doing the dishes kind of music is it yeah i'm completely <laughs> rebranding my sound my entire sound is rebranding he's right honestly from like a marketing point of view he's absolutely right my music's trash 
unless you're from into mar- like, why are you saying for marketing you're saying marketing is trash then or your music is trash and which one are you saying i'm saying that from a marketing perspective if you were to take okay. a grand level marketing perspective on sounds conventions and shit and listen to most uh-huh. of what i've done in the last two years it makes no fucking sense from any way to sell it or connect <laughs> with any core audience Okay, so you don't, have, reason, you don't have your your target audience figured out then. Is that well, I have saying? my target audience figured out. I okay. just so marketing's fascinating, right? You're willing. Let's to get do let's a, get into it. Let's you're willing it, to do man. a lot of things right now on Instagram that I've been very hesitant to do. Even this Twitch, I was so hesitant. I was so no. I always said no. No, I gotta do it my way. No, I gotta do it the way it's gotta be done. Yo, even down to fucking recording music, your beards do help with marketing. There's, I didn't, I kept the beard and the long hair on purpose. Uh, it's, it it displays true. instantly commitment. It shows that you're not going to just abandon things. That's why people fuck with beards. And half oh. the dudes out there can't grow them. So there's this instant little level of guys who don't have, can't grow a beard who go, <laughs> I wish I could grow that beard. Anyway, yo, thank you, Jenny. Don't worry. It's all marketing, man. Like, look, I understand that what I do, I'm writing about going to an office job as an adult i taking self-help books and i'm taking ideas from like who the fuck is this for you know i'm really thinking about it i have no fun in my music and it's not an era for serious music and i can tie that shit sorry i'm gonna go back to your marketing thing but i just got i got distracted no, 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 i'm chat. listening i'm listening i'm listening so i come from 2000 that's when i get into music what's going on economic prosperity across america 2008 has not happened yet. When times are good, the music is hard. Jadakiss, this, that, and it, DMX. Oh, that's mm-hmm. what I grew up with, right? So, yo, me and mine's, we want that hard shit. It's because times were good, so the fantasy is hard. So if you think about music as a fantasy element, right? That's how I know okay. he's right about my music being trash. I don't have to like it, okay? I accept your truth. Anyway, I love my music. I'm, I'm being real like i think it's important to know, not all my music there are gems in there like if you actually go through it you'll find like five or six that aren't trash um and i know that because i have numbers and i see the reflections and i know what works live and i know what i know what i would perform live today and i know it's never going to get performed live today and i've tested them man, i don't have to justify it i just like love it because i like being able to admit that like you know like you said mm. i know that i made a lot of bad choices um so the economic times was really good so the fantasy of music is to be hard because people aren't really suffering 2008 happens and it's been basically economic misery ever since somewhere between then and now uh i went from being allowed to buy a house on the island of montreal to being told i can buy an apartment and called it a house on the island and that's all i can you know now i have to leave so there's a car tax if i want to buy a house house and I'm like, yo, that's not like what was, pro-. you know, times is hard. So what's the fantasy? The fantasy becomes completely different. Um, I do work on it to make it good. Like, I don't know. Like, it's literally what we're having a conversation about. My yeah, guy. I is think you were whole... just about, like, you were just getting into that. Yeah, right now. Like, you're I just responded to, to the comments. Like, it's a whole yeah, process, yeah, yeah. man. I actually stopped making music for three months or so because I had to, like, be like, nah, I got to really rethink what I'm doing and where I'm going with it. I was really into fast and tricky. I think, bro, Stuffing you need to... No, I, I know what I got to do with it now. I'm not really worried. I have my whole... I think you got to start doing it for yourself. That's when it resonates the most, bro. No, I was doing it to... for myself too much. You think so? Yeah, I love my music. I love my music. He's right that it's trash. I still like trash sometimes. 
I think. Well, when, then are you affected by that opinion or you don't care because it's for you? Because you need to figure that out yourself then. If it's just for you and you own me, so then who actually, cares? Actually, it changed. At one point, the economic situation kicks up a notch. And you realize, okay. I put in this much money. If I want to keep doing this, maybe I need to treat this more like a business. Now, if I want to treat this more like a business, I have to think about what my goals are. And one of my new goals is I want people to want to play my music without compromising my value system. Okay. I also learned I how to sing. Oh, that changed everything. I sing well enough to throw auto-tune on it. I can't necessarily kill mm -hmm. it live well enough to make it sound You can good. still hit your notes, though. That's what counts. Proper melody, like all of it. Mm -hmm. I've studied the yeah. shit out of pop music for the last like year. Like all of okay. the stuff that really? like I'm supposed to have done. The thing was, is I made my last album. You know, the album before, I don't think it's trash, actually. I really think my the alternative grind, I think that music is fuck. I love that album. That album is not for young people, though. That shit is for like 30-year-olds in an office job. So knowing that, I'm fucking cool with that. Um, but the Alter Alabama Quebec Connect, in my opinion, is a trash album because I wrote it for the wrong reasons. I was trying to prove points to myself that made no fucking sense. Okay. I wrote some, I liked the album, but I basically whined for like 10 songs and then threw a love song that I really fucks with in it. That one's pretty good. I, I was just being a petty child in my 30s on an album. Like, end of the day not not the best look when i thought there's no boss in that like there's no fucking cool in that no girls yeah. want to fuck with that i was like who the fuck's ever like you know what i proved i can rap to a group of people that'll never buy my music and i had that <laughs> huge epiphany and i was even like fucking around in these like facebook contests and really like caring what these people thought for a second and then i really thought about it and i'm like and to be fair, since I had these epiphanies, I started this interview shit heavy and my whole life has changed. So trust, you got it, Uday. Uh, I don't know how to say that right if I'm saying it bad. New shit's going to be a little flyer. Why? Because the last track I did throw in there, people fucked with, and I saw why. And while it might not be everyone's favorite, it accomplished every goal I set out for it to do, and it was written with the best intentions, and then everyone felt it. I'm like, oh, that's what it is. And it's really, like, cool. I wrote a self-deprecating song about why I need to lose weight so I don't get fat again. That's what it is. Um, I was making music for myself. Now I'm going to make music that I think will actually build my brand because I have bigger goals. My bigger goal is to be heard. And what's the point okay. of making a song and nobody hears it is what I had to realize. So I proved it. I can do what the fuck I want with music. Great. I wrote three albums. Great. All that shit's great. I've done proved the point to myself. If I want to keep doing this, it has to be bigger than that or I'm wasting my time. Because I don't see it the same. Well, well that's that's your own standard. That's your opinion. Yeah, I'm just and explaining that's your... my voice. But it's also where I'm yeah. at in life. I'm not yeah, but young. That, that comes to you. You set your own standards because if you're making music just for yourself, then like you wouldn't even care about that. But you, if you want to be heard, then you need to adjust to the audience for Big sure. Big facts. You have to find a way to do all the marketing. So back to marketing. Yeah. I said no a lot to everything. Every new idea for a long time. Uh -huh. Resistant to change. It is what it is. Um. Yeah, I am actually, yo, straight up Uday, I'm writing my whole next album live on Twitch. Just so that y'all know, I'm not even fucking around with this because, again, I like to respond to the chats, but I'm writing the whole next album live on Twitch. So if anyone wants to give me feedback, you can just jump on the fucking chat and tell me right there. And Ismail did. And then Ismail was right there. And I, 
inevitably admitted my flow was too complicated, simplified the fucking flow, and made it fit right. Because even my engineer was like, my guy, you did this so beautifully over here. Why are you going back to stupid choices? And it's about the science. Music is still science and math, man. So if I'm doing bad yeah. math and the equation sucks, then I'm not a great artist trying to achieve better craft results. So making music for myself is a goal that I achieved. Do I, can I, in my 30s, continue to make, I mean, sure, as a hobby, yeah. But that's not what my life is. I don't want that to be my life. I've performed under pressure. I've done some things. I want to make it elevate. To elevate, I have to start to learn the rules to the game and play it properly. Mm. You're doing that. You're not even thinking twice about it. I've learned a lot about the agility of how you guys approach stuff because me and some of my older peers are trying to understand how to readjust ourselves into this Instagram, Twitch, online landscape. Like, this mm. isn't easy for me. Like, this was a, it took me two to three months to decide to go live for the first, I had to fight. It was all, it was hard. Like, I, I, I try hard to make it look easy because you're supposed to, but, yo, for somebody like a lot of people, I find you're just like in this world where, let's go back to your story. This is why I wanted to start with your story because I have some assumptions that I can't clarify right now. Okay, go ahead. So the last I heard, we got through question one, which was uh, you were like, <laughs> "Yes, sir." It took an hour to get through one question. Let's get it's it. Amazing. <laughs> I'm and with I you. Feel it, and I really appreciate mm -hmm. everyone here. I I appreciate Ude way more than he might think I do. That guy's fucking fire. Yeah, I, man. We need some comments up in there. Keep going. No, but people aren't that honest. You know how many people are willing to tell me my shit's trash? No, I respect that. I respect that honesty. I fucking love sure. it too. I don't like it, yeah. but I love it. Those are not the same words. Um. All right, so your story, we have you as a youth and basically radio. Uh, you, all, you all have CDs, MP3 players? Are you past CDs? Barely. We had a bit of CDs maybe at the very beginning of my youth, but they died out quick, man. We went into what I remember the most is having my first iPod. Like the iPod era really took over for me. I had the iPod uh, and then the iPod Touch real quick after that too. Um and so, like, for me, it was, uh, I would say I got an, I had an iPod Nano at a young, young age. Like, I don't know the exact age. I'm going to just go with, like, eight, seven, something like that. Like, an iPod Nano just to listen to music. That was the only, that was the only purpose of that, right? And then, uh, and then, boom, it hit iPod Touch when I was, like, I guess, nine, ten, you know, is when the switch happened. And when I got one as a gift for, like, Christmas or something. And then I was crazy. I was on that for a long time because iPod Touch came with everything. Now Yo, all of a sudden, I got a, I got a question now. Yeah, go ahead. So you're able to just like off the job, how get all the music you want? Exactly. From 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 what I can remember, bro. Like you know, you don't remember things when you're like six and younger. Well, for me, it was like I remember. I don't remember a time without YouTube or like. Uh, iTunes or nothing to me that was like my thing like boom you got iTunes like for real like I remember having access to any song I want whenever I wanted but back then you still had to pay for it so I was still in the LimeWire era where we like downloaded that like all those uh so you're like tracks six illegally. years old on LimeWire you're saying yeah eight, like but yeah maybe seven Okay, Seven, like, eight. That's baffling to me. Not, I, I'm, I'm a little bit playing it up. I'm not actually surprised. I was asking it in a pointed way because this answer, the first time I heard it surprised me, it was with Hoshe. 
Uh, okay. Shades. Yeah, I think him and I are pretty much the same age, pretty close. He's to uh, age, twenty, so, so definitely okay, same gender. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, in his yeah, yeah. case, it was a couple years later, so it was straight YouTube. You were like yeah. right on the cusp of that. I would, I would imagine, because yeah. YouTube starts yeah. in like oh six ish. We'll say for like not like yeah, official, so but like exactly. So like why I bring this up is because one of the epiphanies I've had is in my world a lot of things is like. Yo, Hoshe is so impressive. Big facts. Yo, if you ever can mm-hmm. pop on on a Tuesday, hit up the cipher and show us all what you got. Is all I gotta say. Yeah, me and Hoshe, we talk too much though. If we get at it, like we'll just be talking like all night, man. So we nah, gotta, uh, yeah. gotta hold back. <laughs> nah, so we want. We we. Uh, I'm saying. Anyway, we started a cipher on Tuesday for freestyles and shit, and we're trying to yeah, get y'all to come through. If, if there's a Tuesday I can pop in, I definitely will, bro. Dope. And if ever I can make another day happen, I will let you know. But that's a, yeah, for sure. It's a big yeah, commitment. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um. Yeah, Hoshe is a great talker. Hoshe was a great interview, but he taught me that your musical journey is way different than mine i'm in high school okay. and shit and everything's typecasted like my dad's a rock guy and my mom's a disco person i'm able to say uh-huh. genres but that's all it was like they didn't really yeah there's the radio and mc mario and whatever christmas songs and sure 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 but like they had the shit they listened to in the car and they had the shit they listened to when they did their thing and then there was the radio um but in your world you're being conditioned from the youngest age possible to just listen to whatever the fuck you want yeah pretty much bro yeah do you remember some pretty of the much. early shit you had on your like seven-year-old ipod that you were napster <laughs> um okay yeah i had a lot of chris brown i had dr dre um the uh still dre i guess what is it the the green cover is that 2001, 2001. Or something? That's, yeah exactly that i had huge I had 50, 50 Cent on there too. Um, that wow, was you're like was... seven listening to Fitty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Definitely, yeah, definitely. That's when he was going and Eminem too. That was a whole era because I, I was introduced to Dr. Dre first, so then it came with Eminem and it came with Fifty, and then it came with Kendrick. That's just like you know the cycle of all the people that Dr. Right. Dre brought up with him. Because I guess as you get older, Kendrick's a lot more of a relevant name in life as you're getting into Big music. time, bro. Because I was still young when Kendrick went off. I was like uh, like maybe 10 or something like that when Kendrick uh, really started going. So, yeah. Did you know Kendrick before he popped off? No. No, I didn't. I, I, the first – I heard of him like I guess right before Good Kid, Mad City is when he was really trying to get to like mm. Section 80. That's when I first heard of him, and then uh, he went crazy on Good Kid, My City, and then since then he's been like the top, 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 top guy um, for this generation, at least, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I think what he does next will solidify that, and I, I don't mean it. Like... I agree with you on that. The next move, it's a pivotal moment he's at now, for sure. Whatever he does next is the biggest move for him, for sure. Because he's about to become a three-decade artist. And that's where, like, you really prove your longevity into that true legend category. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I know people, like, want to solidify him, but I don't know that I felt that Black Panther album, personally. Whoa. To me, that one's, like, amazing, bro. This may also be me. Okay, I'm going to add a caveat to that. I recently discovered I like melodic trap. As in, okay. like, within the lot, a lot of it was I started adding your guys' music. So I'm gonna be real. Mm. Artists like Drew and JK and Pay Fresho are more are the most melodic track I've listened to, 
more than yeah. the mainstream guys. So believe it or not, it's young Montreal people that are really getting me onto this vibe. Cause I listen yeah. to y'all on my like I'm gonna discover Montreal music shit, and I'm like, I like this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's other artists like Lil Yachty kind of showed me that Auto Tune isn't trash, and like you know other stuff like I learned along the way, but. It was really just like chain listening to your stuff on my playlist that not like I, your stuff literally with other people uh, that got me yeah. a lot more like enthused about the vibes and looking at the flows. And I'm like, yo, they're actually saying a lot here, right? Because for a long time, we had this misconception that the buyers of the youthful melodic traps are vapid. And then I started reviewing some of it. And I'm like, well, actually, because I do like album reviews too. Not really yeah. anymore. But uh Yo, JK is killing it. JK is schooling my ass, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, JK knows what's up, and he's like a kid, kid. Like, he's got years ahead of me, and I'm considered young, so he's got it. He's got time on his hands, man. JK's got it going on. I, I respect you. JK's here on Monday, just in case y'all Is he for real? JK's here on Monday. In, That's all I'm trying go, to go, say. Go. Uh, he's my Monday. Yo, because I'm serious about it. Like, I know that if I don't tap into what y'all care about, he, I had the best thing said to me by this guy, Tech Luciano, who's my age. Um, he said hip hop is whatever the urban kids in the locker rooms is bumping. And that really got me to think about it differently. Like, am I really hip hop? Am I? I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, you can talk the big talk about it, but like in terms of the future of it, like, I mean, yeah, Griselda exists. So trust, I have a market if I really want to go that route. So like Griselda is proving there's a market for everyone. There you go. Perfect but, example, actually. Yeah, I can argue it for days that there's a lane for everyone. I could literally not yeah. change my sound and still find a thousand people willing to buy my album if I really look for it back on yeah, the market. Yeah, you just got to find your niche. You just got to find the niche, bro. But it's not for everyone. At the same time, you can make your life easier or harder. Yes. And I don't know that I want to keep making my life hard. <laughs> well, that's on you, man. It is. That's, that's on you. And I don't. That's my, my life's great, fucking great these days. Trust. Like, I'm not even worried a little bit about my future. But I, I'm a little bit I'm playing a character here because I'm trying to goof on my age group and I'm, I'm trying to lampoon all of us at once because I know that while I um, honestly do struggle with adaptability, so do we all. Got it. Yeah. And hearing you sound smart, I think is very important. <laughs> well, I'm glad you, uh, you're saying that sounds smart. That's crazy. Thank and they you. Can, you can look what I named a video. Like it's interview with Drew from NSL Collective. Proof young Montrealers take hip hop serious. Hey, that's that's love, bro. Thank you. And I thank put you, that you, before the conversation. Anybody that can confirm it's been that before I said that. Why? Because I looked at you and your collective and I said, shit. Yo. Yeah, man. NSL Collective. I brought you up before. I've, I've talked about you. I can't deny the fact that you guys are making much more intelligent moves than a lot. You guys probably... you kind of led me towards some of the moves i'm making is watching some of the moves hey, you're making honestly i like, love I'm, i love hearing that bro i love hearing that it's not that i'm more intelligent than you bro no <laughs> it's not about that at all you're saying that poorly least. i'm not trying um, to imply intelligence i'm not worried no but you're you, you use that word and i don't think you use it correctly because i might have used that word because i smoked some some marijuanas in here and there yeah so. exactly but when it exactly. comes to the idea of modern social media branding you are far mm. more intelligent than I on the subject. Well, when it you, comes man. to the idea of modern music marketing, I would argue you're far more intelligent than I am on the subject. I am from a time, or I, I still had an attitude for the longest time where like being the best was a relevant factor in my mind. 
But the shit okay. that connected with people was always the vulnerable shit. Because I've always been vulnerable on my records, except for that last one I wrote where I was being kind of arrogant. It wasn't my favorite. But, like, my older shit, I was kind of a little bit more emos with it. And, like, people told me I should do more of that. So I'm like, okay, I hear what you're saying with this vulnerability, insecurity shit. Uh-huh. And it's dope. All right, but still, let's go back to you with your iPods. I'm glad we got that bit, though. So hey, shout out Purge Night. Purge Night Music is my Yo, boy. Let's shout out Purge Night. Because Purge Night actually comes back a few times, shows a couple minutes of love, and then dips when he gets bored. Yeah, yeah, he's respect. the homie. He's the homie. And I respect that. Purge Night's and like, I know the name. Like, familiar with it. There you I go. Like that. Um, anyhow, uh, so what happened so you're already into music like right off the jump which is fucking uh-huh. it derails my typical line of questioning because you're already into it you've already been so were you like encouraged to just actually choose your own musical choices from a youthful age is this part of the culture is like most and i'm not yes, trying bro. to be facetious here did most of y'all at like seven years old were already like fucking downloading shit bro i would say that um there's no boundaries for kids like me coming up in terms of musically, man, because we had YouTube already going. We had iTunes going. We had Crosswire. We had LimeWire. Like, you could listen to anything you want. So why well, I ask it like this, I'm going to ask it using the parable of, like, let's say 98. You and Hosh are the only people of your age group so far I've really talked to. Everyone else ahead, has had okay. very different structures to this line of questioning. Okay. Believe okay. it or not. So, well, uh-huh. for you, it's and I hear what you're saying. I, I, I get it with the exposure to everything but for a lot of people they don't even give a shit about music in their own journey or identity until about eight nine years old Mm. puberty is usually when people because that's when you would start to connect with music and it became part of your cultural identity so music genre affiliation was a big part of cultural identity Mm -hmm. i don't know how much it still is but i do believe the lines are a lot more blurred today but it used to i would agree with that yeah, I would like, agree with that. you fucked with punk and you fucked with punk and you were kind of weird if you fucked with everything you know like people will still say I'm kind of mm. weird look my playlist has everything on it people will still say that to me today like bro I believe I believe I personally believe there's, there's no more genres bro genres is a thing of the past and like people like uh, XXX Tentacion is like the perfect example of that bro you would run through his album starts off with a straight up pop song bro then he goes trap then he goes like on some grimy emo like screamo thing uh he's all over the place and i think that along with other artists but i'm thinking him in particular because i think he was one of like the pioneers of like the the movement of you know there's no more genres this guy had a song on his album called i don't even speak spanish lol i was gonna read that song up because and it was a latin it was a latin banger it's so good but that that gives a perfect example of genres are done man genres are done people are people of my age are making music they'll drop one song it's a pop song one song it's a trap song one song it's a screamo song man like it doesn't even matter anymore you don't need to fit a pocket and stick to it which i think helps us in a way because now it's limitless you can go in so many different directions if you're able to obviously Mm. but um i think that it's, it's it's evolved and it's not like you're you're not really locked in the same corner as you used to be. Now you can move around, move around and just so pick what you I want. I like what, what Z said. Z just popped in the chat. Shout out, Z. There will always be genres in a sense of vocabulary. We need descriptions to communicate, and I agree with that. Labels are good. But what I'm saying is the cultural affiliation to genres has changed. 
I guess it's true. The word I use it wrong in the terms of like there are still genres, but one artist be could follow any lane of different genres he wants to. But still, a lot of artists are like even within your your group of people, a lot of people kind of like there are really versatile artists, but there's also a lot yeah. of people who do the same thing on repeat. Well, because bro, a lot of people live off the narrative that if it works once, it'll work again. So if they have one song that goes off that it's like an R and B song, then boom, they're gonna hit the R and B wave until it pops again because that's what worked for them the first time. I think a lot of people ride their own wave, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they could technically only do that. They can probably do more than that. <coughs> I think most people could do way more than just one thing. And keep there in mind, go. I always fucked with new metal, right? That was one of my favorite genres of music. Because okay. I was 12 when new, new Metal is coming back now, which is like the most incredible thing in the world to me. That's like what Travis Barker does with everybody. If you see okay, Travis yeah, Barker, yeah, 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 yeah. Then Travis it's new, Barker, I know who he is. Yeah. Because he's fucking with everybody and he's the greatest. Exactly. And, exactly. Uh, but like, I mean, I grew up on like Linkin Park and shit back when Linkin Park like sounded like okay. they did in 2000. That was like my favorite stuff in the world. Um, and it's so cool to see you guys talk about music because it's such a different perspective than the conversations I normally have. Like to me, this is really refreshing. Like it's almost like really inspiring. Like, yo, the future is as bright as I think it is with y'all. That's my belief. Yeah, is y'all are really wise about your approach because you're doing and saying things like this. But like, yo, new metal got hated on so heavy for blending genre lines. Like it was trashed by all the purists of all the purist genres, and it used to be like. I think mad fucking cool to be a purist and to be the best at that. Like if you look at, okay. And so people would pick their niche and dominate the niches was the old mentality. I assume. Right. Yeah. And uh, so what you're conveying is that people have now gotten over themselves and it's okay and cool to like a lot of things like, yo, trust, I want to make all the kinds of music, believe it or not. And if you actually check my sound, it is definitely not static. Uh, I don't think it is. I think, well, if you check it in 10 years, it won't be. I have a lot of ideas. I want to fucking make a punk band. Like, I have a lot of ideas. It's just like, you know, time, money, etc., whatever. And um, I think it's cool that the direction is going because I don't necessarily think a lot of people believe that, right? Like you said, they, they get yeah. pigeonholed in their thinking in all groups. But... A lot of y'all are bold and really are versatile. I'm seeing it. Like some of y'all are dropping boom bops one week and you're like saucing it up the next week. And it's like, but what yeah, I find bro. really cool, like just for you to give you some flowers, right? Your content is nice. Like your content, like what you actually make songs about is really nice. I find Thank it you, man. positive. Uh, I find it insightful. I find it like. Thank you. you. And that shit, I don't know. I hope if that shit gets cool, I'm I'm very excited about the future. Is all I'm saying. Like if that's what people are at with it, like that's fucking dope. That authenticity, I like it a lot. That's always what I've I, I fucking think been drawn to in music. I think it's coming back, man. I think it's coming back because um, because of where the the world is headed in terms of like um, mental health and stuff like that, man. Like, and what we were talking about earlier, like vulnerability and not being afraid to talk about real life, real emotion, um, real life experiences. I think, bro, the songs that, that are performing the best for me are the ones that are the most personal, the ones that are mm. most vulnerable, you know? Like, people can relate to it. If it's relatable, it's going to go. Because, you know, everyone has a situation, regardless of, of your upbringing and stuff, like, everyone's lost someone, whether it's figuratively, whether it's literally, whether it's Facts. a friend, whether it's a partner, whether it's a parent. 
whether it's a sibling, like things like that, man, that's just real life. So look, bro, no matter, no matter what genre you place that, um, that storyline in, I think it's going to go because it just has more value than something that's just something to party to that's short term and short lived. Some of these songs mm. are timeless because they have that emotional aspect and relatability to it. In my I opinion, I would argue that uh, just on that note, that like there is a timeless quality to certain tracks that have nothing to do with what you're describing too. That are okay, just that is true as well. Because yo, That's one of the thing. Well. So when I do my album reviews, I leave this note on the top of my files now to remind myself: music is made for the environment in which it's performed. Okay, in all That's cases. Dope. Like, what drugs are you targeting? I can tell what, that you're going for a little bit of weedy poos, a little bit of whatever. You're not probably having for heavy... You're, you don't come off like you're going for heavy alcoholics. You don't look like you're trying to get people... <laughs> dr- I mean, you might be, but you don't... I never, uh, I never segmented my marketing uh, based off of consumption patterns, to be honest. <laughs> That's a, after going to a lot of live shows thing, after going to raves and watching the effect of uh, Molly on a crowd and watching... Um, that's funny, bro. Yo, check out Ismail's comment. Personally, I don't listen to music to relate. I prefer hearing about lifestyles and emotions I never experienced. Fantasy element. Oh, so for him, it's like the opposite. Things that you never experienced. Yeah. That's, that's why, like, I love a lot of your points because they're great. I also know I shit on people and I could probably, like, you know, I, I, like there's always the other side to it. Um, I love that. And I love people that contradict like, like that. Like that opens my own mind to uh, check it to new things. I hadn't necessarily. Oh, I did talk about. to another youth. I forgot about that. His name is Jay Schreier. And he taught me something fucking fascinating. He makes a little more of a vapid style of what you do. I would argue it's a little more flashy, a little more fantasy, but he's creating okay. music to describe the lifestyle he wants to live, to motivate himself, to achieve uh, the goal. Okay. So he's thinking like the big picture, like his, his goal his end game goal. And That's so, cool, man. like, he walked into a jewelry store because he could afford a jewelry, and he he took out a wad of cash, and he took a picture in the jewelry store with a wad of cash next to it, and then he bought his jewelry, and it was probably a bunch of like cheap bills, like small bills. It's fine. He took this picture of himself in the jewelry store and said, "That's my new meme to motivate myself." Why am I gonna go look at some other guy in the jewelry store? The fantasy okay, element like is that. huge. I thought a lot yeah, about yeah. fantasy. Um, I find people personally, I, I find people are more drawn to the fantasy than the reality, uh, depending on your reality. Mm, so yeah, okay. at like 20, right. I argue that your reality is stuff people care about. It's more heartbreak and confusion and emotions and you're lost and you're looking to real. My reality is office jobs and chores and bills. <laughs> and so when I write about my reality yeah. so vividly, it reminds people of their day job. I learned that was a mistake too if you want people to really fuck with your music. And so the rest of my... Thankfully, my life is cooler now. So if I write about my reality, it does play into people's fantasies a little more. And I can now do some more interesting things with my music. But Interesting. Honestly, when your reality is kind of boring, your music's going to be kind of boring to people. Even if it's well thought out. Even if it's well constructed and da 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 da, but like, do you really? I wrote it. I started an album off with a song of me waking up and going to work and struggling and grinding. If you an underground hustler, maybe you'll connect with that. Most people are not underground hustlers. Like, and but like, I'm yeah. targeting corporate America at the same time. So like, now we're going into a world where there's not as many underground hustlers, and everyone else is like flipping stacks and racks and shit. I'm like, okay, 
You know, I had to learn these things. I had to make these mistakes. And, and I don't call them mistakes. Again, I love my music. These are marketing mistakes. This was learning about who my target exactly. audience was and how to brand. And because, yo, I'll be real, there was the information available, but it wasn't second nature in my in my life to Google it and try to figure this out as much as it might be today. Right. It's much more accessible nowadays. That's for sure, man. For but sure. there's other parts to your life that have you mad equipped to be adaptable in ways I'm not, and we're going to get to them as we continue your story, because I love these tangents. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so let's talk about, like, when you start. I need to know, because I don't know. When do you start caring about making music, just to give me a little frame of reference? Making music, you said, right? Caring about it, like making music. Like, when caring does it become making. something that you become kind of passionate or interested in? Okay, I'm, I'll have to go a little further back than that then, but... That's what we want um, to do. So go a little further back and we'll move into it because I don't know how to timeline your life. It's different. Yeah, the exactly. timeline exactly. is different. Exactly. So I had been consuming music. I was a consumer of music uh, since the age of probably like, you know, I'm going to say 10 just to make it easy. Let's say 10. And then every single year, bro, it got more and more and more and more and more and more like present in my life. Um to the point where like music to me became huge. It became like, you know how like Americans love football. Like it's like their religion almost. It's like that became me with music. I was always tuning in on who was dropping, when was dropping, the newest pit, like the newest upcoming artist, this, that, this, that, this, that. Um, I was so tuned in with music, but from a consumer's perspective though, no, to be honest, I never really, really, nifty. I never really considered it from uh, a creator's perspective. I always thought of it like as a consumer's perspective. Now, as a little kid, my mom always told me that I sang well, and I did sing well as a kid, but like it never really, you know, as a little like, as a dude growing up, it wasn't cool to sing. Um, so I just thought, I was like, okay, like I can sing whatever. I don't really care for it though. And I think as I just kept consuming music to the point where I was like, real life kind of kicked in and it was like now i have something to say i never really had the idea like oh i must start making music now because i know it's say it almost felt natural that like um real life experience came through emotions came through just you know real life things kicked in and then literally i guess it was overnight man it was like man let me just try this let me just try this because like i knew i could sing that wasn't the question um, and I knew I'm so passionate about music and I'd been listening to it every single day from the age of like before, you know, I was like a little kid. So it was natural to me. So that's, I guess when I first was like, okay, yo, let me try this. It was completely like an improv, honestly. Did you dance when you were little? Yeah. 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 I did because my sister made me dance as a kid and sing as a kid and she made us do like shows for our parents hold the fuck and, up uh, this is interesting Come on. And she even like i even participated in some breakdance shows not shows but like classes and like gymnastic classes and stuff like that because i had an older sister man like that's how it was this is cool shit though because i kind of wish i'd done gymnastic classes in my 30s is what I'm saying. <laughs> but let me tell you i didn't like it though growing up I didn't like it at all. I felt like I had to do it because my older sister was doing it and I stopped. Mm -hmm. But looking back now, hey, maybe 
maybe that's what get it got the, the the ball rolling in terms of uh your performing my love for music and performance and everything like that so yeah at the time cool. i didn't like it though it was just kind of i was dried into it because i was a little brother you know so you followed the sister you but always, i mean I, i'm the older one so i, I don't fully know but i can appreciate because my little brother tagged along but yo i think it's actually really <clears throat> worth giving the credit to where it's due and i say this also for like parents and yo shout out ismail whose brother was his influence in music before his own taste so like my brother was That's totally so influenced by mine. I know that he like fake like Lincoln Park to like pretend he could be cool like me, and uh, I don't know, that was a real thing. That's all I can remember about that. But he used to like pretend he liked my music. Um, no way yeah. okay that's interesting yeah, okay because yeah. yeah like you're the older brother so you like whatever yeah yeah, yeah. you're like the uh the model the role model for the little sibling i guess yeah uh it, it gets weird in dynamics like that I, and we should talk about these more on this show we never talk about that shit too much um but uh the fact that you had the performance element like uh there is a correlation between people who did these little dance singing choreography things and like actually being a performer later on I used to do shit like that when I was young. A lot of people I've talked to used to do shit like that when they were young. Talent shows, things like that. And they mm. end up catching bugs along the way. They don't even know it. So maybe a four-year-old self, five-year-old, you're doing some Britney Spears routine. I don't know if Britney's still hot. Because I know she came back <laughs> at some point. Um, it is what it is. Uh, and uh, then uh, you go I love the attention from this and it's some subconscious seed that gets planted and then another moment happens later on and that seed gets a little flowering and the next thing you know you're fucking sitting here talking no, to you me. might you might be right man honestly and I never ever ever even considered the thought of that to be real but now that you're saying it bro it's possible it's possible man do you know about the idea of 10,000 hours to perfection yes sir I've been I've been studying that. So many people have been saying that, like people like Ed Sheeran and stuff like that. Yeah, Malcolm Man. Gladwell dropped that shit like hotcakes in his book Outliers. Um, yes, sir. And and people like Billie Eilish and stuff like that. Like everybody's been riding that narrative. And honestly, I'm starting to believe it, man. For real. I have practiced freestyling off the dome every day, probably since like COVID started. Uh, apparently okay. i don't suck anymore i think i'm trash but people well, maybe they were being polite because i am hosting the channel so i have to accept the fact but i'm pretty sure if i was like completely trash somebody would be like shut the fuck up am i sometimes trash of course it's off the dome so nobody's fucking perfect but like yo it's way better than it was in his practice every day there you go i like fucking, there you go man just do it every day i like sing in the shower washing the dishes i spent five yeah. years teaching myself to sing my poor fucking girlfriend. She had to she had to deal with my falsetto face. <laughs> Alright, imagine cracked ass falsettos. You know the song Creep by Radiohead? <clears throat> oh man, I don't know. Yeah, okay, I'm old. It is what it is. Anyway, there's some fucking high ass <laughs> songs that I fucked with that like have like a lot of those things, but I learned to do it. I'm not great, but I can now hit that octave and hold the notes and whatever. There you go. It just took fucking but it was, even even me too, bro. It was like that because I was a little kid. I could sing really well, better than I could sing now. But like it was a little kid voice, right? So my voice hadn't matured or I hadn't hit puberty yet. Mm. Um, and then once I did, bro, um, I restarted singing. I restarted teaching myself singing because it was natural to me at first. And then when my voice changed, I almost lost a lot of it. So my I guess the way I learned or relearned, I just listened to Chris Brown for two years straight and sang along to every single song I could when I was in the car. 
That's crazy. I never thought people would talk about Chris Brown as much on my channel. He's like on that list of people where I'm like, am I supposed, am I allowed to listen to him? Like, I know that's a weird thing to say, but like, I lived through yeah, the yeah, yeah. situation. I, I know, I know. He's definitely got that controversial past, but to me, he's, um, I honestly think he's the most talented artist in my generation. I believe that. If you think of it musically, if you think of it in terms of entertainment, performance, dance, singing. Did you listen to Akon? Vers just as a Akon too. Because yes, that's a great question. Akon is one of my top guys too. I don't. I think Chris Brown is as talented as you say, but he's like the most vapid shell of an artist that exists. But on a talent front, he is everything you'd say. I don't think he stands yeah, for anything, but like he doesn't have to because he makes perfect pop music. I was just going to ask you, why does he have to? Why does he have to, bro? That's why I think people dislike him. That's why um, I'm not really that into him, but that's preferences. This is definitely preferences. Uh, but is Chris Brown a very commercially viable artist? Of course. Like, I mean, he's huge. I can't deny anything about his talent spectrum. Any issues I even have with them are related to that one situation where I do believe he has effectively reformed. And if we believe in a society of redemption, people have to have the opportunity to do better. And to my knowledge, he has not repeated that action. Exactly. Exactly. But I also am fuck with R&B a lot in my life. It's just never been a genre I'm that into. Oh, really? Okay. Then that makes a lot of sense then. But that like, makes a lot of sense. I grew up with Linkin Park and My Chemical Romance and a lot of that okay. shit. I fucked with yeah, a yeah. lot of rap. Uh, the, the aftermath era was the era I grew up in. Okay. Dope, 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 dope. Okay. So, like, all of that shit. And it was just everywhere. You know, G-Unit <clears throat> was fresh. Like, I remember oh, yeah, being yeah, in yeah, high yeah, school, yeah. having a conversation about how many goes are at the beginning of In The Club. Like, those were, like, the <laughs> things we talked about No in way. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. But yo, it was super interesting. I was really thinking about it is, man, you could just get all the music you fucking wanted in high school whenever you wanted. Yeah, man. And that's like way big. Like, I remember having to get CDs. Like, Columbia House was the shit because you could get wow. like multiple CDs at once. Um, so new music didn't come in as fast. So you basically would end up getting the same album often, at least in my economic status, and you would bump that shit to death because you had 12 CDs. Then you had 15. Wow. And then one time, uh, you know, my dad snapped my CD collection because he found music with swearing. All of it's gone. Now I have to start over no collecting way. CDs. No yeah, way, you could bro. do mixtapes and stuff. And then inevitably MP3 players came. But I didn't have access to a computer till I was 17. Like my own computer to do shit wow. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the time I'm 20, I'm not really like thinking Napster, or I can do it, but it's not like a reflex. I'm still like, you know, okay. I'm moving into it. And Spotify was the biggest game changer in my life. I'm not going to lie. Spotify made new music easy. I don't think I would listen to new music. I don't think I would have started this whole project if it wasn't for Spotify. So when did you get into Spotify then? Tell me that. 2016. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. Yeah. When it was possible to buy a premium in quebec legally and simply i don't know if they've rectified that but for a while it was illegal to get a premium account in uh quebec are you serious yeah i didn't know that well because most of us got spotify back when it was a dollar for that three-month trial that shit's illegal <laughs> in quebec so wow okay okay, then, okay okay i don't know if they ever fixed it because they could be currently viable i don't know but um for a long time and there was a, like a whole reddit thread that broke it down for me uh spotify decided that it wasn't worth updating their policy to deal with quebec ip detection and just re they didn't want to create an ecosystem to handle quebec 
So they just said, fuck. That's amazing. That is amazing, bro. It's a real thing. I think, I think nowadays they're, they're too big. They probably have one now though. Yeah. I'm like, I'm certain of it. I'm like, it seems like a weird market, but for, because it was a legality in their offer on how they did acquisition and there was only one Spotify buy page. And so as I already have an account, I'm good. It never affected me. It no was, way. This was like That's in crazy. 2018 or something that this happened. And it really like, I was like, wow, that's fucking weird. So I don't know if they fixed it. I, don't, I, I had one, so I didn't really care that much, but I never knew that. I never knew that. I'm still on Apple music, but I have a Spotify. I just had the free one. Mm. Yeah. That's fair. I, 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 have Apple Apple. Music. Apple yeah, I use music. Apple music. Have you always used Apple? Are you an Apple guy for life? always always well like not necessarily sold on it just because i that's what i had for the longest time so i just kept it and there's like the student deal and everything so i've just been riding that way for for a while now mm. i'm enough. sure spotify has something similar though i, I just know. uh we, we I don't do even the know, family plan shit or a couple okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like that, that works well too five for two accounts i'm like yeah that's, that's worth it bad um, yeah that's worth it and then inevitably, I'm going to write it off as a fucking business expense. So it's going to be done. There you go, man. Hey, boom. That's so, perfect. But uh, so you're basically running through high school as a consumer of music. You have access to all the technology. You've got this early bug of performing going on inside of your life. Uh, are you doing like talent shows and shit in high school? Are you flexing your high nah. school freestyles? Nah, bro. I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get into making music until even after high school to be honest right Fresh. after were, um, you, were you reading a lot of books no bro to be honest I, I still don't be reading books but i'd be listening to music 24 7 bro that was like my practice honestly like i told you like i'd be listening to music every single opportunity i had whether it was on the bus whether it was after school whether it was doing homework whether it was uh you know training everything bro always 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 earphones in the ears always listening to the newest thing um man that's crazy i knew every line to every song like people always be like yo how do you know every words every song when we go out and stuff like it's because i'd be listening to music all the time and i pay attention to lyrics so much that i remember them so quickly so easily without even trying you know because it, it was impactful to me like yeah I, I was always the, that's when i knew that's when i knew it was different the appreciation i had for music because bro I would always be the kid that liked the most um, storytelling or sad song on the album. It wasn't like the single that like was slapping in the clubs and stuff. It was like the one that, you know, that would resonate emotionally or whatever. And like every word of the album, I would know. And people would be like, yo, how do you know every single word of every single album? And I'd be like, yo, I never even tried. It's just kind of happened. I wonder if there's something to that. Like, were you like singing a lot growing up though? Like from the, cause you're at the age of like six, seven, already singing and dancing to choreographs of, of songs. Right. So I want, and I'm just wondering out loud, right. Cause I believe Pokemon made a lot of my okay. people's really good at math and data. I, and I believe that I don't know shit about Pokemon to be honest, but I believe that still though. Um, so basically Pokemon had a bunch of us in a early internet era playing a game where you had to effectively memorize 151 pokemon all of their types what they evolved into every level every attack and it was just this big memory game oh wow yeah so it's essentially like a kind of equation type thing like a, a drop down menu in your head it's exactly what it is and so um i would play pokemon and i was 10 when pokemon dropped my guy so i'm sitting there and we have the link cables okay. there's no internet 
and you would have like, <laughs> no internet on the Game Boy, and you would have like whole squads and posses, like everybody's on this mm. Pokemon, everybody's grind, not everybody of course, but like you know grinding. No, through, I got you. Like yeah, yeah. it was hot, and it was then the next one, the silver and gold added an extra hundred, and we still knew them all, at least because I was wow. still in high school. And yo, you would there have, you go. and then there were the shinies, and people would play this shit. We would learn the hacks, all of it. Yo, Pokemon taught us a lot, and I don't think anybody really knows how much Pokemon taught a lot of it's, us a lot. It's almost like subconscious, though. Like you didn't at the time, bro. You weren't like, oh, I'm learning all this. Like, no, 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 no. It's only in retrospect. They're like, oh shit, that taught me a couple lessons there. You know. I noticed the correlation of people who are obsessed with Pokemon and math skills and data analytics. And so wow. I wonder if off the jump, the people that passionate ended up developing the passion based off of Pokemon, or it was just a certain type of person was attracted to Pokemon. No oh, fucking idea. Oh, it could be idea. that too. It could be that too. You're right. Both. But like, all yeah. I can say is if you look for it, the super poke, cause you know, to be a Pokemon fanatic, it required math skills and logic and organizing information mm. and data analytics, because you would see a Pokemon now. Uh, this is the weirdest tangent I think I've had. I love it. We're talking about Pokemon. Yeah, I'm cool, <clears> man. Let's do it. Um, uh, and then, like, you would just kind of, like, have to predict what's the best move, what's the best type, and factor oh, and all yeah, this shit yeah, yeah. on the jump, right? Because, and then, now you got two and two battles and shit, and they would evolve it and evolve it. And so, I think Pokemon is a fascinating case study on people and memory, but not uh, up until a point, right? Because then the internet takes over. And, mm -hmm. and back when I was playing it, like, you actually had to, like, I'm talking about, like, a 10, 12. You actually had to be in the room. So, like, me and my dude would hang out in person to play Pokemon together. Cause there's, they were. Because there's no internet. You had to have the fucking link cable. There's a little fucking oh, cable that would damn. connect the two okay, fucking okay, things okay, together. Okay, okay. <laughs> damn, okay. Yo, I remember, like, some of the sickest nights was, like, we would have, like, two Xboxes, like the original Xboxes, Halo, mm. two TVs set up, a link cable connecting the two Xboxes together. <clears throat> and so you couldn't see your other team's TV and you would play like four on four Halo. No way, bro. Room. See, I never experienced anything like that. That's all news to me. That's really cool, though. That this, is, this is why, like, we post memes like, this generation missed out on the best of times. I'm like, fuck that. They can make an entire album on their phone. These kids is blessed. <laughs> yeah, in a different kind of way. In a different kind of way, though. Yeah, that's dope. Job, no, job Anasaur. Halo's fucking great. Um, I know for me, my absolute favorite in my teenage years was Blade Sword only Halo 2 battles. Man, I'm so uneducated in the world of gaming. So bro. imagine it's like a first person shooter with just swords, and Halo is just the most popular shit in the world. What's really most important is a bunch of dudes doing what y'all do on the internet apart, but in the same room in a basement, and some parents grateful that we're not breaking shit. That kind of sounds cool then. Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> it, it was pretty late. I'm not going to lie. I'm glad that the Nintendo Switch is making a heavy play for that. Like, they're really trying to bring that back. Yeah, they have brought it back, eh? From from what I know about it. I don't know too, too, too much, but they're bringing back the kind of the old school with the new school, right? Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, I call the Nintendo Switch the con uh, a console for somebody who has no time. Because you can literally uh, play for 20 minutes and push a button and it suspends the gameplay. And then you just pick it up when you're ready to go. Okay, dope, I'll dope, dope. That, that. Well, that's cool. That's perfect for the new generation, man. It's always like a short short attention span, everything like that. I'm that's not perfect. sure about that short attention span. Your homeboys are still watching this and we about just at least 90 minutes in. That's not a short attention span. Yeah, life. you know what? I think it's just change. maybe... Maybe I'm using that that term nah. poorly. It's like no, the you're right. Shift. It's, a, it's a shift of attention, though. 
So um, here's what I think it is, just to go back to that. I write Facebook posts that probably average 300 words in, when I'm really in my vibe. Okay. Nothing about that makes sense. But if people want to read your 300 words, it's a good move. People will have attention spans for things that are interesting. In an era where everybody's telling you to make 20 to 40 minute contents, I'm on Twitch trying to make long oh, okay. ass I interviews. See I see you. I don't do short content well. My personality so, and whole swag and style, it doesn't work like that. You need this like experiential thing. And if you fucks with it, you fucks with it. Otherwise, you don't fucks with it. So you think it's it's not necessarily the attention span that's short. And it's more like you have the complete freedom and liberty to decide exactly where your, where your time and attention is going. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Well, I mean, I'm saying like people use that conception because there's this volume of content. Yo, shout out for being in the stool watching the stream. That hey, yeah, yeah, miss much love. Yeah, miss. Yeah, yeah I appreciate y'all for real. Like it's mad dope. Like this feels more like a show. Like I'm a performer, and it really gets. Well, it's like a conversation. Are. Like they're in the conversation as much as you and I are. You know, it's Big just facts. That, like, that's why. That's why Twitch is lit. It's not yeah, that man. I'm, I'm up on Twitch for real. Like everybody wants to say anything, say it. Don't hold back. Let's Yo, get for to real. It. Yo, what's up, Johnny Wisconsin? Somebody else just popped in. Shout out, good, Johnny. He, he's oh, a guy yeah. who's converted from the YouTube. I'm trying to get my whole YouTube audience on Twitch. They don't want to come. I get it. It's like you can't always win it. So I actually yeah, do yeah, know yeah. a whole lot about marketing, and I just didn't want to do the things I had to do to like actually apply it to myself was the real answer to your question. I was stubborn, and I didn't want to get over okay. myself. Uh, just because uh, to say all that, like, because we're talking about marketing, and I don't want people to think I don't know shit all about marketing. Like, I really, like, I was able to look at every move you did and be like, I know exactly what you're doing and why it's working. Your shit's there you on go. point. Oh, yeah, no. but to to your point, like what you just said about you being stubborn, that's kind of how I am with TikTok, bro. Me too. I can't um, figure it out yet. And it's not even that I'm stubborn to changing, but it's like, man, I don't even know. Like I tried and I should try. Like I don't even have an excuse. It's just to me, the the oh. uh, Instagram thing has been... Do Insta. Like I've been do I've been doing Insta and I've been doing it well and I've really developed an enjoyment for it. Um, so it's like, man, I have a hard time switching over, you know. I do know. That's exactly. I had to actually go from being a YouTuber to a Twitch person. I had to go from video on demand to live. That was a huge mentality. Yeah, shift. and it's hard. To, it's hard to switch that mentality, man. Hard. To like to to sh to to put all that energy, because like, bro, I'm sure you you knew YouTube now, like you mastered the game of YouTube, I, and then you had to again completely relearn it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's, well, at it's least the same thing for me, just I, different platforms. I understood the, the, the creation thinking. Like, there's a thinking behind it. Is what people don't necessarily realize. Like, I don't know how to think like a TikToker. It, it seems weird, but like. I could go film myself doing shit on TikTok. Is that actually an effective smart marketing campaign? Nah, it's not. It's not really smart. It is maybe a way to stumble into a campaign, but like, yo, it's like I could go spend an hour on TikTok goofing off, or I could go do another live on Twitch and get closer to my goals is where my head's at with it. So like, yeah. um, sometimes you have to pick platforms that make sense for your personality is a big facts. But also like, I hear TikTok is going to three minutes, and if TikTok goes to three minutes, oh, is it really? I, heard I didn't it. know that. It's in uh, talks. Yeah, they're testing right. somewhere or another, and if that actually happens, it would change TikTok. But yeah, I see a lot yeah. of uses for TikTok actually as a musician. To be honest with you, I just honestly, yeah, and it my does, man. It really, really, really does. I think it's a good platform to gain leverage quickly. You know, I don't know how. Um, Why do you think how that? 
I don't know how the loyalty aspect of it is because I see people with 200,000 followers that get like 4,000 views on their videos, bro. So like preach it, just preach it. What's what's weird about TikTok is that you can have so many followers and like your followers don't even necessarily see your content because the, uh, the default page you're redirected to when you hop on the app is not even your following page It's the for you page. So what's the point of following someone now? That's what got me a bit twisted on the app to begin with. Y'all hear what um, he just said? Y'all hear what he just said? Y'all don't even know. That was, that was amazing. That is literally <laughs> how I feel about TikTok followers. I look at people who brag about followers. The first thing I do is I look at their view counts and I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, exactly. Something's weird here. You're supposed to. But look, at the same time, right? It's, it's a smaller portion of a bigger pie. So like statistically speaking, you know. If I had no. 200,000 followers on TikTok, I'd get more views than I do on Instagram. But it's just the engagement on my Instagram is yeah, pretty the good. the effort right? to get to maintain that. Is, well, well, here's the thing. I don't think you're doing well on TikTok if you have 200,000 followers and no engagement. I would argue you probably made some poor choices along the way and you don't have quality content. You have decent marketing game. You understand follow for That's follow. That's a good point. You under- I can agree with you on that. Dude, I got a thousand followers on TikTok and it cost me $25 and a day for two days. It would have cost a day if I'd just been focused. It's about eight to nine hours of effort and it's an easily replicatable strategy. And like, it's a whole niche of growth on TikTok. People are obsessed with followers. Um, with that, uh, there's no like actual engagement. But on the other hand, my boy is one of the top TikTokers in Brazil legit okay so his okay. half a million following engages his engagements are ridiculous the problem with tiktok is that people don't understand that the threshold of success is not actually your follower account but your likes and views so they pick the wrong metric to give a shit about all i look at is your likes if your likes don't make sense to me fuck your account you're not really actually doing shit all on tiktok as my honest you have no value as an influencer if nobody hits like on your shit you know what? I agree. I agree, bro. And you I can, agree because... I say likes because you can spot that on the profile in two seconds and run a math yeah, on exactly. likes and see how engaged the content is without even scrolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. But it's like, you know, I could have gone in all in on TikTok instead of Instagram and I'd probably have so much more followers right now on uh, TikTok if I had started... Because uh, I started this Instagram page back in March. It's actually the day that they announced the whole COVID measures, like everyone stay home for two weeks type of thing, like March 17th or whatever it was. That's when I created the Instagram page. Um, so, you know, if I would have went all in on a TikTok page instead, I would definitely be way over 1.5K maybe followers. But at the same time, like, I don't know, man. Who knows? I don't know because I can't compare the two. I think you made but, a really smart choice. I'll tell you why. I feel like for, for, the, for the content I'm putting out, I think – Personally, it's biased because I'm doing it, but like I think it works well with IG. But the just the feedback I'm getting, you know, people really, really, really being fans, like not just like watching my videos. Like I have like one pocket of people that are only in for the Instagram and they find my Instagram entertaining, and you have people that are actually with the music thing. So it's like you, I have kind of both niches in one. It's kind of cool in that way. So, first of all, you made the right choice. I would never have probably scrolled through your TikToks on a stream and commented on your marketing because that's not what TikTok is. First of all, people don't even understand what TikTok really is. TikTok is more akin to YouTube than it is to Instagram. Reels is TikTok. That's all. Reels is a subsection of a social media platform. 
that's the entirety of TikTok, and then TikTok has an easy live threshold. So people are fooled into getting to a thousand because you can donate on TikTok, and there's no monetization threshold. So effectively, you can start making. 25% of your donations, because yeah, TikTok clips 75%. 25% of your donations, you can start making that uh, off the jump. And then here's the thing. If you're not consistent, you're not going to get your $100 payout threshold. Check that back-end logic. So most people go on TikTok, get live, make a dollar, make $2, never cash out, give up. Imagine how many millions of dollars TikTok makes in donations like that. Mm, that are unclaimed yeah tiktok is making big money right now on this idea of growth on tiktok and how donations tie into growth on tiktok because when you donate uh, on the uh, live stream your name appears at the top and it says you donated and every time you donate you get a follow wow okay this is new to me because i i I'm not studying the platform enough, you know, to be really in tune like that. I'm a, my day job is social media and community, community growth. So, like, I do that for software companies. Um, yeah, TikTok is 75%. I have a friend who's actually doing well on TikTok. Like, he did it legit as a gamer, and he does the music, and he made a whole brand on Twitch and TikTok. And so, like, he told me some Yo. real shit about it. Mm. Got uh, $400 in donations, cleared 135 so that's, like, low, man. That's, that's that's facts kind of about far. tiktok but yeah. on that volume front you can probably get to 400 dollars in donations faster there's no there subscription you go. That's, that's exactly what i meant by like a smaller piece of a bigger pie you know but take instagram you were able to hit me up and like we yeah. connected i was there you were there you figured out who i was somehow you hit me. He hit me up, right? Like, I don't know who the fuck he was. He watched my interview with Hoshe and hit me up. Yes. that's. I was trying to remember when I when I came across you. Yeah, because I've been following Hoshe. Me and Hoshe have been, like, kicking it. Like, he's the homie now. Hoshe's and, the uh, homie, too, now. I would say that. Yeah, better. him and I, we really get along. So, um, And the, I spotted that he had an interview with you. And I was like, okay, let me tap in a bit. So, And then I was like, yeah, man, this guy's dope. So that's when I hit you. This was, this was a while ago November. now, though. This is like a... November, yeah, exactly. That makes sense. November makes sense. Yeah. So that yeah. happened like that. And uh, Instagram is more permanent. Instagram, uh, how did we link up? Yeah, that was it. He watched a whole yeah, interview. Yeah, that's it. She might have asked. He hit me maybe up. Maybe that was us right I'm before. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This guy buttered me up so good. He hit me all the right ways. Like, he is such a politician, guys. You don't even know how good Drew is at this. <laughs> Like, you understand, I'm going, I'm going to make money with Drew one day down the line. He doesn't even know. He's fucking, this guy's going to be elevated <laughs> as much as I no, can it's elevate a, it, Drew. It's all, it's all genuine, man. Oh, like I, how did you and Hoshe yeah. link up? That's a great question. Oh, okay, okay. I you misunderstood. I thought they were talking about yeah, you and too. I. Let's actually go back to your, okay, okay, okay. Is that part of your musical journey once you start rapping and shit? What do you mean particularly? When you and Hoshe link up. Oh, no, no, no. Me and Hoshe only linked up uh, recently. Like right before you, basically, because I came across him on the All-Stars Tournament, the second one. That's when yeah. he caught my attention because I've been, I participated in the first All-Star Tournament. Mm. And then, uh, do you know who Hoshe beat in round one? That's you. That's me. I know that. And I know that only because <laughs> I watched your three-hour interview a few days ago. And I was like, no way. That's how these two guys connected is from round one of the second tournament. And then I went back and looked and yeah, sure enough, um, but yeah, exactly. So but, but this to is me, actually that's what it's all about. The big answer to your question of Instagram was this. 
Actually, this just answered the question of why Instagram was your better move than fucking uh, TikTok. This wouldn't have happened where the real fans on TikTok are like 13. And yeah. the adults on TikTok are all trying to make money. This is generalized, of course. Yeah, okay. I can kind of see how I'm talking in, about majority, like, in majority that's how the game works. And, yeah, and yeah. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of adults that just make amazing content on TikTok because they got bored during COVID and into some of my favorite shits. But they don't care yes. about followers. They love their, you know, like there's just a different vibe about it than when you're sitting there as guys who make music talking about TikTok. Those okay. are people who fell in love with TikTok and wanted to do booty shaking challenges and make husband and wife jokes and whatever other shit other people do. Yeah. yeah. TikTok is full of great content just because some Elmo guy on TikTok. I don't know who that is, but TikTok is full of great content. But like, am yeah. I a TikTok content creator? And that's where I'm coming from. It's like YouTube. It's not like Instagram. It's like a fucking content creation platform. Yeah, well, I think you got to adapt your content based off the platform you're going on, you know. But, like, that makes it, like, but, like, people act like it's, like, like, that makes it, sorry, that makes it kind of um, incomparable to Instagram, which is a social media platform. Mm -hmm. So, while TikTok technically qualifies as a social media platform, it's more akin to a YouTube or a Twitch, where there are creators and there are fans. And while right. everybody has an account, that's the real dynamic on TikTok. Um and then yo what's up Willie? Shout out Willie. Willie's pretty pretty old school with it. He's gonna love what's this. What's good Willie? Yo, what's if you up, have Willie? music, send it to Willie Scandals and he'll play it Friday nights on Twitch. Hey Willie, let's connect bro. That's you what already know. Is. Uh Willie hit me up after and well you know what? Uh just look up Drew from NSL Collect. You know what I'm gonna do for you? I'm gonna put your Insta in the chat again a second time. Oh my God. Thank you man. I don't know if you have Insta do you have Facebook? Are you asking me? Yeah. I don't know if you have Facebook. Uh, I don't know how to find have you on a, Facebook. Like, there, there is a Facebook page, but, like, man. You're missing all really those old guys, yo. You just kind of... Yeah, to, to be honest, I never, ever thought of it. Like, I was... I have one, but I don't be serious about it. He's not on Twitch yet. I'm Willie. not on Twitch. Man, yeah. I got to get on it now, though. Because Willie's got... <laughs> all the DJs right now, just to give y'all music people a game, because, yo, trust, I'm doing this for music marketing. This is a music marketing campaign I'm running right now. I'm networking like crazy, but also I'm integration, integrating into the Twitch community and making friends with all the DJs. Because you know where the DJs wow. are at? On Twitch. They're all on fucking Twitch. Bro, this is, this is crazy them. to me. I had the misperception that... Uh, and I told you this in one-on-one, -on -one, but I had the misperception that Twitch was really for gamers, man. It was. And... And look, it, I, maybe I'm ignorant, but uh, I was never into gaming personally. So that's why when people say Twitch, I'm like, oh, I'm not into gaming. So why would I mess with it kind of thing? And then I feel like it's like it evolved into uh, into what it is today. And it's only even more evolving. And you can even argue that with TikTok, man. Like at the beginning, TikTok was 13-year-old girls dancing. Yeah. But if you go through your TikTok now, man, it's like every single niche is out there. You got like a niche for every single interest you can have. On TikTok, so it's the same thing I think for Twitch. This is the direction it's taken now. Yeah, uh, Twitch is live though, so Twitch has always been live, and I think um, the world has changed a bit. Honestly, none of this would have happened without COVID. 
I, that's what I really believe about Twitch. Twitch had benefited the most because it forced all the DJs to start looking into. Also, copyright law changed, so YouTube is um, YouTube is no longer the friend of music labels and shit. Like, yo, as a creator, I promise you, my video is getting claimed on YouTube on some fucking. I played one of your songs. It's getting claimed shit. Oh, okay, so you interesting. Can't make money as a DJ on Twitch on, uh, okay. on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. On Facebook. Um, you're going to get clipped on some. The EU wants to make billions of dollars on Facebook. That's what's okay. happening there. Uh, so they made a bunch of copyright laws that are getting ratified next year. Uh, and uh, those copyright laws, or this year, 2021, we don't know. COVID changed everything. But basically, Europe's about to change copyright law and how social media's responsibility as a content host exists. So they become liable if you stream music. That's the short version. Twitch is live streaming and doesn't give a fuck about the video on demand. So the the thing about it is Facebook... So there's less headaches as a content creator, essentially, is what you're telling me. So here's the thing. Um, Facebook has different issues because of scrutiny in general, but they're more about content that exists on the platform, and they don't have tools to deal with live because they just don't. They're, they got to deal with like content that exists. And all Facebook videos that are live become Facebook videos that are on the platform. And because it's on the platform, anybody can run a fucking algorithm and find their copywritten music in a Facebook video. Oh, okay. okay so Facebook does not have the ability to actually automate and deal with that on-demand video content after the fact. So they're just saying, fuck it, we're blocking it all and we're penalizing everyone. That's our uh, solution to dealing with copyright. YouTube has Got the it. claim system labels make money it is what it is but i don't like it because i've had about three of my videos blocked globally in the last little while with these lives now that i'm being a little riskier with music so it's dangerous as a dj again you can get strikes and they can fuck up your channel uh twitch oh, okay. does not give a fuck about the video on demand element honestly maybe for content like this people will watch the video maybe but they just let it all happen on the live and let the labels fucking have to manually come and deal with it they don't have automated tools like that they just mute shit after and frankly who cares it's twitch let them mute shit after yeah I'm with that's that the too, attitude man. but what that, that means too. is the djs now can come here and so they're organizing and making fucking day-long events and a bunch of shit and i'm gonna like take this audience after and rate a dj and make a little frenzy poo so i can get me some spinzy poos down the line when i do have some hot ass record that'll make somebody want to shake a booty or whatever <laughs> because okay, the yeah, truth yeah. is you can be absolutely trash and if you're a great politician you're gonna do fine in the game yo it's crazy i was talking to pay fresh who's one of the guys you mentioned before i like him too. um i had a conversation with him on my instagram we did like a zoom and it turned into an interview thing but um that's what we we're saying man it's not even about talent now it's really about uh you got to play your cards right in terms of uh your marketing and your politics man and if you got that in line boom my big that's mistake all you need, bro. i decided to go super montreal that okay. one that one choice i made changed everything and when you are, say only when you say all montreal like, like um, everything about mean, look at my hat Okay. Everything about my brand in some ways kind of going to scream off some Montreal this or so Montreal you, you that. You think that kind of held you back? It gated you in kind of thing? 
I say that by not doing that previously, uh, my community didn't want to fuck with me. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So when it when was this switch up in your mindset then? 2018. I read KRS-One's The Gospel of Hip Hop. And uh, it had some of it about like... Uh, if you give money to your community as in hip hop uh, for three years, they'll like take care of you. I said time is money and I started focusing a lot more on Montreal. And we Did have you say KRS One? KRS One. You had a conversation with KRS One? No, no, I read his book, The Gospel of Hip Hop. Oh, he wrote no. an 836 page book that is basically like the Bible about hip hop. It is pretentious and it is a very hard fucking read. But I read it anyway. I can assume it is. I can assume it is, but I'm sure it's very, very knowledgeable. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, um, yo, Ismail's got a cool point. Twitch also is about the live to the point where you can't even comment on the video after. So YouTube becomes your video on demand service. So yeah, there is multi-platforms. I know this chat's all over, but I'm fucking loving this. This is what my show is. We bridging gaps in knowledge. So we achieving all of my mission statements. We making you sound smart. That's all of my goals. We hit everything I was looking for. Damn. So after this video is live, like after we end this video, no one can comment or like or nothing on the video on Twitch? How does that work? That's it. It's done. It's there. It's like it's a thing of the past, essentially. It's going to stay on my channel for 60 days because I set it up for 60, but some people don't even let it stay on the channel after. And it's just wow. that. It's Yo, this is, a, this is a new, new, new game. It's different, man. You can't go back yeah, in the man. past and rewatch. You can. I find that kind of sad, though. But that's why you go post it on YouTube after. Okay. Like, I'm going to delete the existing version of this YouTube video because there's copyright music in it, and I actually want to force your fans to come to my Twitch channel and watch it if they want to watch it for the next month or so on Twitch. We will inevitably, because we're fucking delayed, get clips of this also done because you got some good clippables in here for sure. We'll get at least like four or five chopped up. Yeah, yeah. Put on the YouTubes. Yeah. Yo, marketing's dope. I love it. Um, <laughs> but uh then uh in about a month uh maybe five weeks is my current i'm about five weeks behind because i'm being slow and i'm trying to catch up uh but i'm putting out the full edited version so any coughs or stupid mm. moments let's say we we dropped i got some, you some of my guests might use the r word a little liberally we cut those out and censor them i honestly don't even know what that is but i'm just gonna uh, I don't even know what that is. I don't know how it's to. Cool. It's the one for the people who deal with ment with with issues. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these people do it, and so like, yeah, you know, Ismail's correct too. You can always steal the video off Twitch with a downloader, um, but really, like, the flow for me okay. now is this is the live event. We at the show right now. This is the show. Even when I do live events in the future, we'll be at a bar doing this, and it will still be broadcast live to Twitch. Cause fuck that, Twitch has money on it. I, without bragging, I, I did well in donations the last two days. Shout out, AKA Ranger Shuriken for the follow. But I'm not asking. Oh your... yeah, look at. Oh, we got a big question right here. Horrificator, I am Hawk Moth. Up until now, you have felt fear. From now on, you will cause fear, and I've, you've shown them how you feel. You would do something for me in return. I don't know what that uh, is, but that also happens on Twitch, and it's dope. What is that? Is that like a, a, a spam type thing? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he followed, so I'm more inclined to like read the comment, right? And that's kind of what it is. It's another thing that happens on Twitch. All right. That caught me off guard, you know, but hey. I what can it. I say? I'm crazy. I love 
<laughs> hey, that's cool, man. We're it's here for vibes. it. That's cool. <laughs> it's, yeah, but, uh, it's all love. So this is what Twitch is focused on. Like YouTube Live, I don't like it. I don't even know what it is. It's just a boring experience. So like, yeah. I can't even issue. say I've tapped in. I've never watched a YouTube Live, to be honest. Never done like, it. Like that's it. Like so. we watch YouTube after the fact. And that's kind of exactly. how YouTube it plays seems like it's it. brand inconsistent. It's not consistent with the brand of YouTube if you're exactly. watching something live. That's just my opinion. But now what's happening is live is getting litty on Twitch now that people are looking past gaming because it wasn't there in Twitch. As Ismail pointed out, they're not doing a lot to promote music because they really don't want to tempt the labels. It's like a copyright movement, right? Yeah, it's like an open secret type thing. Like the copyright. Yeah, I understand that. Like the labels when they did their copyright strike thing, because one of my friends, like I have friends deep into Montreal's DJ scene right now. Right, right. Like, okay. yeah, and yeah. he was telling me how when they did do that Twitch like copyright shit, that was big, scary headline slap on the wrist shit. It was only gamers, huh. it was zero DJs, and the DJs were on Twitch at the time. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I've not been. I've been muted. Nothing bad's happened to me. I'm a music interview guy. Like, I'm not a gamer trying to go litty, stealing music with millions of views. They were trying to slap yeah. gamers on the wrist. So evidently, the labels are, are tolerating it because you know, the labels can end the DJs in a second, but they're not stupid. They know it's getting their music out. They know that what cool. we're doing sells music too. They know that all of this is good, so they're not going to block it, right? But, you know, these labels have been paying Twitch, like big Twitch streamers to play their, their artist songs and their streams. It's become a marketing tactic. So I think they're using it to their advantage more than worrying about copyrights. Man, if they got a 50, Twitch, 50. if you got a gamer on Twitch who's doing well, yeah, it's it's, it's definitely split. But you know, um, there's the other side where people like literally do reactions and shit, and reactions are gonna be the interestingest thing because reactions move to Twitch, and I wonder mm, how the fuck they okay. survive because reactions are a retroactive experience. People tend to not yeah, watch reactions yeah, yeah, live, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're all gonna get muted after, and reactions can't survive on YouTube, and like I'm very. But there's a bunch of reactions on YouTube. Yeah, but like in the okay, so there are two kinds of reactions. There's the ones that are gonna die really fast, that are just people reacting, hitting pause, and don't have lawyers, and good luck when they get your copyright strikes. And then there's uh, guys okay, with hundred thousand subs who can fight fair use and take it to court. Oh, uh, okay. You, know, you think I got a strike on my channel? I got I was within my rights to fight it. You think I wanted to initiate a court proceeding with a Russian company? That was my options. You know what I'm saying? Like right out. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. I even talked to a lawyer friend of mine, and he's like, "Yeah, you're kind of fucked, my guy." And I'm like, "I am kind of fucked because I have to give up my information to even fight it." So now this person gets my contact information. Yeah, it's just not worth the hassle, honestly. But it doesn't work on Twitch because, like, yeah, sure, I can get some of y'all to come vibe with me in real time, but if that's all I do, <coughs> it's so replicatable. There's so few people that are going to be able to pull that off in a non-replicatable way. Like to just sit there and bump music all the time. There's no, there's no very yeah, little people true. that are going to stand out. So yeah. you're going to see reaction videos that do well. There's this is a dude that loves Eminem a lot that I sometimes watch because he bothers me, but like he's doing well. So like I kind of watch people who do that. <laughs> but like I'm like, I'm, look, it's just like he starts his videos out. They're like 40 minutes long. If you see a reaction video that's 40 minutes long, it's probably going to survive fair use. Not going to lie. It'll survive fair use if it's 40 minutes long. So what he does is he starts the video mm -hmm. off and he plays a sample of his track. It's kind of lyrical and underground pandering to the kind of audience that would fuck with Eminem. They all think Got he it. sounds good. He goes, I'm an expert. And then he has this bright smile on, talks for, he plays like a couple of bars. I'm saying like a two bar 
oh, do you guys see what he did with the flow there and the A scheme and the rhyme scheme? And I'm a rapper. So, and then he like qualifies some flow shit and he just pauses it so frequently that he really does ratio a shit out in a way where he would never get taken to court. Hey, you can't even hate on it. Like that's smart I don't, though. I don't like him because of what he says. Cause I feel like he's full of shit, but I love what but you got to respect. No, the, I love his, smart, okay, bro. I don't like him on a personal front on a, how he does his reaction video. I really respect it as a creator to creator. I respect it there you because go. it's there how you, you do that's the reaction. That's why I brought him up. He's the guy to do it right. But that's not what most people are. Most people play the song and very like, they don't really give commentary. They make facial reactions. Okay, I say yeah, most I as in I, I have spent four years in that world on YouTube. And there are I know what the amazing ones are like. I don't watch a lot of the amazing ones because often they're gonna spoil the songs I fucking want to watch. So like I I I, I save it. <laughs> yeah. I don't like watching yeah. other reviewers. They influence me and my taste and how I think about music. So it's dangerous for me to go down that rabbit hole. But I love watching them do it legally. Yeah, but yeah. most people, uh, I, I feel you. They'd fail in court, in my opinion. They just probably. Lose. Because fair use is a legal defense. It's not like a law. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people like I know see. that. Like, like you're, you're, you violated, and now you're proving that your violation is actually acceptable is really what okay, fair use is okay, about. Okay, 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 okay. So yeah, as I see you. And reactions are often not reviews. There's not an educational context or component to it, which would make the fair use clause there. It's often mild opinions at best. So the quality yeah. of your review matters in court wow that's actually interesting yeah i fucked around a lot with copyright law back when like the youtube people were making it sound like it was copyright armageddon and i had song clips in my videos and i'm like okay oh my gosh and so i stopped putting song clips in because i started you did getting... your homework you did your homework yeah well no, i got i started getting claims and I'm like, uh, but I always structured my videos in a way where I could clip out the music. So every time I get a claim, I delete the music and it's fucking fine. It's easy peasy. Um, okay, nice, nice. But you have to structure your content in a way that takes into account copyright law. Like, yeah, you're right. You got to you, take that into consideration for sure. Like your friend sample that you used, I might get in trouble for playing that on my stream because I violate copyright law. I'm going to risk it and nobody's going to give a fuck and it's like whatever, whatever. But I might get a claim for playing your fr the friend sample with the monkey you used in an Instagram post one time back then because I just clicked on it crazy. without thinking. And that clip is copyrighted. Now, in That's a meme, crazy, bro. In a non-monetized meme, totally fine. But in a monetized big-time page, using friends can okay. get you fucked up big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know how it plays out of memes because memes are an exception to all copyright law. And I believe what you played was in the realm of memes. I don't remember it fully. But anyway, if y'all think it's boring, you can just say fuck off on this subject. But I'm like always. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I could ramble for a minute. I feel like I've been talking for a minute about copyright laws and shit. But yeah, it's important to protect your content. All right, yeah, so, no, it, it's good to know, man. It's crazy. So when did you start making music? Like, when did it hit you and you're like, I got to make music? Okay, well, um, the first song I ever attempted to make was uh, just over a year ago now, man. Like, um, late, late, late 2019. Um, so like I told you, I had been practicing my singing 
uh, because I knew I wanted, I was down to just get back into it. I didn't know I wanted to actually make music for real, for real yet, but I just knew I could sing. So I wanted to relearn it. And I did. And it just like, uh, it was natural, man. Like I, I met these three, the three producers I work with from NSL. Um, there's three homies now, but we met and it was so natural, bro. It was like, and they made music. They're you musicians. Have to just tell us how you met the three homies from NSL. It's the most Canadian way possible, bro. We literally met playing hockey. I know that was in one of your songs, <laughs> so that's actually dope. You, you listen, bro. Yes, sir. Exactly. Okay, we met on the ice. Yeah, I yeah. listened to your whole thing the way through. But I've been listening to your music for a minute. But that track I only heard once. Um, but yeah, you said that in your song, so I was curious if that was actually yes, true. Yes, sir. But, that is um, fact. So, so them three, they've been homies, them three. Like, they grew up together type thing. Um, and, who who uh, are they? I know there's a Bean, because I follow him on YouTube now. Okay, cool. Yeah, so there's Bean Beats. There's Dusty. There's Durza. Um, describe what... Sorry. So their role... I, I assume that's what you were about to say. Their role or like what they're up to and everything. Yeah. Um, all three of them produce, you know. Uh, they all have their forte, I would say. But they complement each other well in the terms like... All three of them had been making beats and, and been playing music before they met me. And before we got into this whole music uh, publishing thing. So they would do it straight out of recreation. Um, I think Durs is the one who knows, and I could be wrong, but th this is what I think. Durs knows his music theory the most out of the three. Like he was really into playing guitar, playing piano and everything. Like he knows his music theory the most. And I think the, the two others just love making beats, man. They were cooking up on their laptops. And look, Dusty can still play the guitar because one of the, the all in, the all in beat is literally, Dusty playing the guitar. So they all have a, they all have like the whole music theory more unlocked than I do. I personally don't know anything about music. I just have an ear for it. Um, so all three of them complement each other in their own way. You know, you, know, you probably, uh, you probably, I like a subconscious level do know a lot about music theory. I do, but not in terms of like the terms used in music theory. When I'm with mm -hmm. them and, and we're we're producing or whatever, I'll be like, no, hit it higher, hit it lower. Like, I understand it. I just don't know any of the terms, you know, in terms of timing, in terms of notes, uh, keys, everything like that. Like, I do hear, I know when it sounds right, when it sounds wrong. But, bro, I can't tell you if this is a G minor or what key the song is in and all that. Like, no way I can tell you that. I have no idea. Mm. I have no idea. But I know exactly when I'm hopping on a song, I know exactly what note I need to hit just naturally and when they're cooking up beats for me i know if like this one notes off i'll feel it i'll hear it so i don't know what it is in terms of like theoretically but i i just trust my ear and it always seems right so but then three they know their stuff way more than me musically in terms of theory um and they kind of do their own thing like they all work separately but then some once well now COVID has changed things but like Usually they would get together, you know, and make a bunch of beats too once in a while. So they have their own thing going, but then they'll meet up and they'll just cook too. So it's like, they'll send me individually beats. Like Bean will send me a bunch of beats one day. Dusty will send me a bunch of other beats. Darius will send me a bunch of other beats. So it's not like we have a group chat where we're just always talking to four of us. We do have a group chat, but 
it's more it's almost like individuals um, it's a collective <laughs> it's a collective man and like there's no hate if uh if two of them collab on one beat and one is left out it's not like oh shit like you were excluded like it's never like that bro it's never like that it's just uh this one go wasn't wasn't that and then the next one is going to be him instead of him and then boom 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 it always works out so when we went into this we're like yo if we're going to do this we're going to do this seriously i'm the type of person that i'm not going to half-ass something so that's why when i started making music i dropped my first song january of 2020 so exactly one year ago pretty much and the goal was to drop one song every single month minimum so every fourth week we dropped a song then we had one tape on my birthday just because it was my birthday. And then we had one tape in the fall because the fall this year was so dark and somber with all this COVID thing. And I had a lot of sad music. So I was like, let me just drop a fall tape to really set the mood to finish off the year, basically my first year in music. So that was in November, late November, just to end the year off basically. But that's what it is. Like so. for us, it seems like consistency has been key and it's been beneficial, man. Like I think, drop in this every fourth week has allowed us to not only switch up the style every single time, but learn from previous experiments. Like, like the first song we dropped, if you listen to it now, the, the mixing is trash. The master is trash, you know, but it, I'm not even mad about it. Cause then we improved on it every single time. Now, if you hear the songs that we're dropping now or the songs that we have in, in the vault that we're going to be dropping this year in terms of quality, bro, it, it, it blows it out the water what we did last year but if we wouldn't have dropped what we dropped last year month my month my month we wouldn't have learned because every single time we got feedback if we're going to drop a one one ten track tape only one time throughout the year it's almost like a shot in the foot because by dropping one song in january we got the feedback and then moved on to february from the feedback we got on january and so forth so forth so forth i think that's what allowed us to grow that much you know and not only that but when you're new to the game, you don't really have a fan base. So no one's going to go listen to a 15 or 10 track tape of yours, but they'll be way more willing to listen to one song, especially if you're changing the genre every single month. So we're going to do like a trap record, a pop record, R&B record, Latin, like Afrobeat record. Every single month's different, man. So it appeals to different audiences. And man, if you don't have a fan base, people are way more likely to listen to a two minute song than a 20 minute tape. So we're like, yo, let's just keep dropping, 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 and boom, it, it's been to our, it's only been beneficial so far, man, for real. So virtually <clears throat> any single person I've talked to, and I'd say I'm, I don't know, maybe 50, 50 interviews now around that realm. This is not like a super big number, but enough to start running statistics. Um, everybody that's experienced success, whether organically or inorganically, resulted with that strategy. And I'm talking about, I was discussing, yeah, but everything you just described, you basically okay. rolled out what I would charge people to tell them as okay. in I'm flushing out a consulting course to charge people what you came up with on your own. <laughs> <clears throat> and there's a market for that. So get your consulting game on now, my friend, because yo, if you pulled that right now, you probably start yeah. making stacks on that pretty soon. Okay. You it's just noted. need to learn it's some noted. of the, the lingo a little more. Just get the right analytics jargon down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good for life. Um, okay, no, word. but for real, that is the content moves, man. Like I've talked to some people who have done it by going to cities and done a consistency plan where they built out a fan base and stages and dropped it out. Um, 
I've watched people like talk about. So I was talking to Mickey Fax, who at one point. Okay. So he was a guest on my show. Like I watched that episode. I'm pretty sure I watched that episode. I know the dude at least, but I've watched that. I'm sure I have. So yeah. Um, anyway, he was on the double XL freshman class with like Kendrick, I think it wasn't Kendrick. It was like right around that time. So, um, and he's been huge in the underground for a minute. And what really made him pop was when his manager was like, yo, give me a song. And he put the song out. He said, yo, give me another song the next week and put the song out. And he started, he, he basically like helped pioneer the weekly release strategy in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in the underground and it was hot. And if you look at mixtapes, it's very similar. You just drop a bunch of shit on a regular basis so people come to expect constant and new. And mixtapes used low quality to compensate and get the volume and to be able to... Exactly. So believe yes, it or not, Flea Lord, or I think his name is, released like 12 albums this year and they all did well and he's popping. Like, So it's not really about the size or the volume or whatever. It's about the consistency. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you're right or wrong about the full album new audience thing. I would argue if your rollout's fire, you could catch some attention, but it would cost way more money than you guys probably have at your disposal. So yeah. within oh, your Papoose <clears throat> is doing an album a month in 2021. And yes, these are established oh, people. Wow. With, nice. yo, yeah, believe yeah. it or not, volume is, is more the move, but consistency is the bigger move. So it's consistency followed by volume. Yeah, I agree with you. So what I love about your story is, first of all, I have to give you some serious credit. Like, again, y'all are an example in my head to counter ideas that exist in my universe of life where people believe that there's no such thing as collectives and people never work together. You're in Montreal, right? Yes, sir. Because I forgot Born to add, like put that on wax. What part of Montreal are you in? I can't believe I forgot that. The west side of Montreal. Respect, which part like, of the West? Uh, border like uh, Kirkland and Pierrefonds, basically. Dope. That's cool. Yeah. I, know, I know my West Island. I got my driver's license out there. There you go. Yes, sir. <laughs> Where are you located? I'm in NDG now, but I spent five years in uh, Dollard. So I went to Abbott. Okay, nice. Okay, okay. That's very okay. Dope, man. That's really like, cool. Actually, I know exactly where. You're, like when you said that, okay, like, yeah, I yeah, picture yeah. it. I used to go to that fucking uh, Christian club that exists in the ballpark of where you live, over by okay. where the two Kush yeah, tards yeah, yeah. were. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know exactly which part you're talking about. Two yeah. Kush tards were. I don't think there's two Kush tards there now. But anyway, that's like back anyway. <laughs> that's back in the day, yes, sir. Um. So yeah, people act like in Montreal, collectives and squads don't exist. So you actually got me to start thinking different. Um, first of all, I saw an NSL collective. That meant there was more than one NSL. Yes, sir. And that meant that empirically we were wrong. Because we were using the language of there is none, meaning zero. And I found one. And then I noticed Hoshe has a whole squad set up. Two. Yes, sir. Yeah, Hoshi has a movement too. Oh, yeah. Shit, look at that. That's two squads I found. And then I'm pretty sure all of these cats have little squads set up and little machines that they're building. And I'm like, wow, why are all these young folk able to build like collectives? And me and mines are just kind of whining. You may go, hold in. Why are you saying all this? Yo, I just started a whole cipher and shit, like straight up. I'm applying your tactics to my real life right now to yes, build up. <clears throat> A bigger yes, ecosystem sir. with it so don't get me wrong to me though you are absolutely a huge influence in my cypher you're not the Amazing, only influence yeah. you're one of a few 
but I would mm-hmm. argue the fact that you and Hoshe exist and uh, showed me that young people, because yo, I also watched you drop contests, and we haven't got there. I watched you yes, do sir. a lot of interesting marketing moves, and I'm like, yo, wait a second. Yeah, man. Why is his Instagram so litty, and my Instagram so old man? And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is interesting. The thing is, is you have the same, you have less tools probably at your disposal than me. I'm gonna be real. Like, not to be like flossy, but if I really think about it, you probably have less tools at your disposal than I do. And yet you're yeah. doing so much interesting visual shit. Like, yeah, like, man. What? Like, what are very you... potentially. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I meant it more like to actually compliment the ingenuity of what you guys are focused on. Because part of your world had iPhones and high schools and apps and exactly. all this yes, other sir. stuff yes, that was like going on. And so what I learned, so my, my dude is like even older than I am. And he made an album where all the beats came from kids making beats on iPhones and shit. And I'm like, oh, wait, you can just use the beat made on an iPhone? And like, you know, just, <laughs> to you, that might sound preposterous. But to me, it's like, yo, it's not made in Pro Tools. It's going to be trash is my first thoughts. Because, yo, I remember, right, 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 right. I remember the early beat making shits. So it actually meant a negative thing to be a thing. And then all of a sudden, yo, there's not a huge difference between like a top quality beat and a beat made on a phone if the person knows how to use the tool correctly. Exactly. Exactly, bro. That's what it comes down to. And um, while I I might come off like I I hate whatever, I love tech and I love using technical innovations to my advantage in life. Like, it's just amazing. So I actually, through talking to you, Hoshe, this Jay Schreier guy and other youths along the way, find myself approaching all of my problems differently. Like, as an example, I wasn't rapping on TikTok because I faced a little problem. I didn't have anything in my room that could deal with TikTok as device-wise because I have gear. And, you know, so I'm trying to figure out how to solve the problem of TikTok. And then I was like, yo, if I was 20, what the fuck would I do if I had no money? And then I bought a $15 fucking earbuds with a mic. I said, this is probably good enough for TikTok. That's all you need, bro. I literally, as I go through my life now, I'm like, how would these youth approach this problem maybe i'm fucking you know and that's why i use the word old man a lot and it drives everyone nuts but it's like (laughs) when it comes down to technological problem solvings i'm not as agile as i was and uh, i have to now fight that for the rest of my life and this is what getting older does you become more set in your ways and comfort like yo i'm a one take guy and every producer i've ever talked to is like why you're wasting your time and money because time is money and i'm like that's a that's kind of fucking bro. good point why am i, I doing know. this and i know I, I no longer have an answer I, I really don't know how to answer the question but i don't know how to it's not probably just it. uh in all honesty it's probably just an ego thing bro it was an ego thing. like i'm gonna be that one guy who makes it one take and impress the the engineer and everything and just you i'm know, sure that's how it started yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly i'll be honest with you i have a second answer you have to memorize the song to perform it so True. That's there, a good that's a good backup, yeah. I mean, there was a time I could spit any of my tracks in full on command on beat. Now I have to like practice because yo, when you do proper okay, when I say proper, I mean I believe you when you if you perform, are you the type to like spit your whole track or you just like let it play and jump around? Bro, I started I never performed. I started music when COVID hit, bro. Like Wow. Did you <laughs> never performed. So yo, Willie. Willie's in the crowd. Willie does a lot of live shows. Willie's a live guy. 
Yo, shout out Willie Let's hear it, Willie. Let's hear it, Willie. Uh, well, I'm going to like let you know that, like, oh, sorry, Willie. This guy has never done a live show and has 12,000 fucking monthly followers on organic intelligent moves via Instagram. Actually, did you pay for shit? I don't know if you paid for shit, no. but your shit looks organic. That's why thing, I boldly said that. I just wanted to, no. to like do it. So that is the most interesting part of this fucking interview to me. Is like, yo, like you've never done a show. Never, bro. And the the plan was that we were gonna do an NSL event last summer, but man, COVID just hit and killed everything. So we just put so it let's, to the side, man. Let's make it a hypothetical then. I so let's so all you all these features all this is remote all this is just you like fucking remotely working with people yes sir yes sir i had never there's no artist i collabed with bro i never met jk i never met jk and have five songs with him uh i never met zax i never met pay fresho it's all online these are all local yes sir yeah uh purge nights another one of my boys new yachts another one of my boys man i never met none of these cats man none of them it's all digital. That's baffling. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure I double-checked most of those dudes from Montreal before I added them to my Montreal artist playlist, but sometimes it's good to double-check. Like, I follow most yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know, uh, I know a couple of them from that contest, the All-Stars Montreal. Yo, those guys, they're yeah. the ones who set me up with uh, JK. And that's the yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, shout-out All-Stars. That's another good example of a collective, man. I mean, they mm. don't, like... They don't have a performing artist in terms of rapper, singer, or whatever, but their I mean, movement themselves. Oh they have their videographer, they have their marketer, they have their merch guy, bro. Uh, Yo, they gotta figure it out too, man. Those guys are power. They're they're they're, they're really cool. That what I they're... absolutely made sure to stay on good terms with the second that yes. contest was done. Trust me, man, their vision is their vision lines up so perfectly with you and I's. Absolutely. Uh, that's I, I, I worked with them a few times now. And man, like, yeah, they're real, real people for real. And they really love the creativity, the art and everything. They respect the game. So that's uh that's big shout outs. And again, they're on the Instagram side. So what's interesting is yes. there's two ecosystems. So I need your help to figure out how to make my life go to Instagram. And you're missing out on thousands of people on Facebook that would participate in your shit. Okay, then you help me on Facebook. I'll help you on Instagram. And Boom, we got a team. But that's that's really true because you know where my shit's at? I have 146 people in a contest group for Bridge the Gap of Bars Volume 2. Oh, fuck. I have to update the shit. Um, <laughs> update the shit. I threw the beat. yourself. Yeah, no, it's, I'm fucking... Uh, whatever. Uh, you pay out the money on time, that's all they really care about. And that's important. Boom. That's all you gotta Boom. do. So my Facebook yes, group I've been building, and I haven't like I've been doing too much at once. So it's just kind of more of a back burner thing. What was really important to me was to give up money on Christmas, or to, actually I did. I paid it all out within 24 hours. So I gave up my Christmas oh. money to those people, and then I started the next contest. And that group is at 148 people in a focused area. It's a promotional tool that you're missing out on. And that is a powerful organic grind in line with your current marketing that cross promotes back to your Instagram because you throw a follow my Instagram to participate to an entirely different market and start migrating them into a separate ecosystem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to explain that. Y'all are missing out on the old folks as much as we're missing out on you on Instagram. That's crazy, man. Because to be real, real, like to me, it's like uh, Facebook is literally only used for like group chat for school that's Yo. the only reason i use my facebook is like messenger bro 
currently i'm streaming this live to my facebook and it serves as an acquisition to get people to notice i'm still live and they kind of slowly trickle on to it because i have 1800 friends now what's interesting about facebook is we treat friends like followers because friends is the only way to get reached so these people aren't fucking they're all networks too right so it's like they're not fans yeah. they're just like rappers and shit so it's just like this network of like okay. people i've never met the thing is is there are age thresholds on average so obviously we're all on there but let's be real uh i was uh, 20 on facebook macking on girls back then so i'm on facebook to this day instagram snapchat that might be more of the the style of different eras you know it moves yeah. it changes and i find people stick wherever their dating pool is that's just a you're, a you're absolutely right i agree with you on that because uh, it's like me man like I, I I grew up, I guess, with Instagram and Snapchat, so those are my top two for sure. And for like, sure, because that's what I grew up with. Super visual formats, temporary stuff, but Facebook is very different. It's very text driven. You got to write yeah. on Facebook. Oh, it's the worst. But like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love fucking writing. Like I said, I write essays. But the thing is, people read them if they're interesting. I don't yeah, think man. they're interesting. Sometimes I think my shit's really boring, but people hit like and you'll, you'll pull like 35 fucking likes, get like 57 comments. Wow, it's the same shit. It's just a different yeah. manifestation of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a different market of the same of the same thing, I guess. But I noticed this problem in Montreal a little bit where there's a bunch of older cats on one platform pretending that there's a bunch of youth that don't care and a bunch of youth that want to connect with people that are not hanging out where the older guys are. Bro, I think that's way beyond just Montreal, though. I think that's just a game, no I matter where you're, you're at. You're absolutely right. But I'm worried about fixing Montreal's uh, communication issues between generations. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. So I don't actually think you should fuck with Facebook in a legitimate way. I think you should leverage Facebook's group technology to your advantage to collect interesting people. Got it. Make a page that's likable. Let let other people be able to like reach you and you know post your shit there too so that like if I do look you up, I can put your Facebook, your Insta, your, your Twitter. Yeah, have a Twitter why never had, i've never had a twitter in my life bro i mean i don't think you should necessarily be all over your shit but at the very least throw a little tweet out i got a new song because yo maybe you get another little organic poo. yeah you're right man even yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right i think it gets overwhelming though like mm. you know if you're all over these socials like man it's like it, there's a difference between uh like you know quality over quantity type of thing and uh, I've been so going hard on my, I mean, you could argue that I could just repost everything I post on my Instagram back on every single other platform, Yes, you know, so I, I could be heavy. doing that. I would and heavily advise that. Yeah. That's one job for like 10 platforms. So that's what I should be doing to be there's honest. There's just bro. tools that are automated and et cetera. Yeah. For like X amount of month, you'll find something perfect. That'll make your life fucking simple. Da, 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 You're da, right. Da. Um, now I don't actually think you should use these platforms. As in, I like don't really use Twitter. I check the trending here and there because, you know, honestly, it's kind of entertaining. Sometimes you find a fun rabbit hole. Why is furries trending this much? You know, like shit like that. It's entertaining. But I don't fuck with Twitter. It's mean. I don't like it. I don't want to tweet. I don't really try hard to tweet. Like, it's not a platform I really fuck with. Instagram, I mean, let's be real. You got a picture, post it to Insta. Why the fuck not? I use it to post all my books. You want to see what yeah. I read? Go through my Insta. It's going to be a lot of books and then random shits. 
Then I found out I can post music videos, and I'm like, oh, I like Insta. IGTV is lit. So I'm posting it. So my yeah. behind that suit Instagram is a very different experience than my personal Instagram. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's actually like a lot more on point. <clears throat> and uh, I know it's not yeah. graphically on point, but that's because I don't have great graphics, not because I don't know what, I, you know, I'm tagging celebrities, I'm creating an arsenal. It's the best way to portfolio all this other shit. Also, Facebook has events. So if you leverage something like, uh, like this had a Facebook event. Yeah. So for about like a month, it's been sitting there, and I like shared it, but you know, nobody knew who you were because it is what it is. It's Facebook in my world, and then you know, I'm just trying to like, kind of cross correlate and pollinate. Plus, Instagram and Facebook are the same company, so it's like, eh. exactly, messengers linked together. Anyway, um, let's go back to your story a bit. Uh, this is super interesting to me. I know it might not be interesting to everyone, but there's still 11 people with us. I know it dipped a bit, but there's still 11 people with us. So that's fucking fire. Um, yeah, we're going, we're going. Um, so you start making music, uh, and you instantly decide to work with people that are going to give you a position to own your music. That's what I'm understanding. Yeah, sure. Why? Yeah, for sure. Why did you come to um, that decision? Honestly, it was just more convenient, easier, you know, uh, it's the homie. So it's like, it wasn't even like from a business perspective, it was just like, uh, Let's get to business. Not worry about all the, uh, all the, what's the word I'm looking for? Logistics, I guess, that go into it. Like, let's just make music for fun and not worry about the business side just yet, you know? Yeah, I do know. Trust. Believe it or not. <laughs> I'm yeah, not, exactly. I'm not, I'm not doing poorly right now on that front. Okay, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm really all about that life. Um, but how about you uh, elaborate anything on this? Okay, because here's the thing. How do you guys actually resolve that? Like, how do you get to the point of like incentivization? Like, first of all, you're the front man, right? Well, I mean, I guess by default, just because I'm the one who's the vocalist. But it says know, Drew but... and NSL Collective on the account, which makes it feel like it's Drew in the band. Well, because so basically, it used to just be NSL Collective. Now I had a lot of people, and even the the producers are the ones who told me, "Yo, change it to Drew and NSL," just because. A lot of people were searching Drew on Instagram and because it's my artist name on like Spotify and things and they had nothing coming up. So now to have both names there, it just, it, it would, you'd have both crowds basically merging. Mm. So it's not necessarily that, I wasn't even trying to imply a significance because front man isn't more important. It's just the face of in like exactly. a very literal way. Like I see you there in a, in a literal way exactly yeah so it wasn't like uh, there wasn't no like priority of like you know you got more value to the collective or nothing it just yeah. because i was the vocalist i was the one who i guess you know it's just how it is in like any kind of band or whatever it's unfortunately how the game works but and also um, just to add to that some people love behind the scenes like they don't want to be on camera but they want to be doing the work there you go. That's it. And I was kind of the the one who's the most comfortable with it. And uh, it just worked organically, man. Like, I don't, there's no, uh, we've had discussions like this. Like, it's no hard feelings that I'm the face of NSL on the Instagram page. Like, it's it's not, that no one feels no type of way that, you know, take it like that. Um, it's really, it, we're all homies, man. So it's like, we all have our own role. And we roll with the game, and that's just how it works. Like, it's no, uh, you know, no one's mad that they're not the face of the of the of the movement. It's like everyone's the face of the movement. You just might not see it, but there's there's as much going on behind the scenes as there is in front of the camera, and you know that. I know that. 
I know that, but I just was, I actually was, that's why I used the word frontman. It was literally just because of the band concept to me. Like, nobody, exactly. in, in a lot of bands, the frontman is not the leader. The leader of the band is uh, a separate yeah, position exactly. than the frontman. Exactly. Um, uh, we do have a comment from Ismail, and I know you said it on a project, uh, something, something laughing, but what does the NSL stand for? Okay, yeah, yeah. Very good question, bro. Um, NSL stands for Never Stop Laughing. <sighs> um and now this is basically like my slogan bro um so most of the music we were putting out is all about it, it's it's moments of pain moments of sadness you know it comes from a place of like uh hardship um and we're like yo let's turn these moments of pain into something that you could turn up to you can have a good time you could bop your head to it um if you listen to most of the songs that we put out like most of them have like a, a meaning that's very emotional or dark or sad, but doesn't necessarily mean that the song is sad. It's like, you know, it's just relatable. So NSL was a decision we made right away um, because laughing is an expression I'd been using for a long time. Like um, just in my personal life, I wanted to make a word trendy essentially when I was a kid. Um, and I was like, Man, that I would always use the expression laughing. Like, let's say, um, let's say you you thought you had messed something up and you were in trouble on something, and it turns out that it's all fine. I'm like, yo, you're laughing. Like, it's cool. Like, you know, it, let's say you thought you like, I don't know, you failed an exam or something. You got the grade and you got a good grade. Like, yo, you're laughing. You're chilling. It's basically the equivalent of saying like you're chilling or you're good. So I just started using it for everything, bro. Like, I abused the, I abused that expression like crazy. I would use it for everything. I was always laughing on anything. Um, and so that's why I was like, yo, let's turn this into way bigger than just an expression I use for fun as slang. Like, let's turn, let's make this music movement, uh, you know, all these sad moments in life, let's just make them optimistic. That's basically what it is. Turn this, th turn this like negative energy into something optimistic, positive. So that's why it sounds for never stop laughing. That's dope. I like the yeah. fact that you invented slang for yourself and then yeah. <laughs> slang. I'm all with yes, you, sir. man. When you get yes, into sir. the Twitch ecosystem, you're going to have to come up with like things to make your little emotes one day. Emotes are the little emojis. So you have to get them all made and stuff, but you have to think right. of what they are. So you have to think of, like, I got to get on that slang and shit. So it's like really fucking fun. Um, I just say it like, cause I, I enjoy that what you said, like as a poet, um, as a person who has to create a legacy and just what you did was, uh, and it's distinction. Like you didn't leverage regular slang. You created yeah. something for your own moments and we're able to, you're going to have merch with your fucking slang on it. Exactly. That's the goal, man. And it's crazy. Cause I've been, uh, I've been tr spreading the word and all the homies. I'm like, yo, start using this expression. Like it's going to roll. It's going to roll. The next thing you know, bro, I went to uh Queens university last year, right before COVID to, uh, to, to party for a weekend. And bro, I run into these people using the expression. Like we're laughing. I'm like, where'd you get that from? And then he was like, that guy. And that guy was my homie. So like, you know, it's spreading like <laughs> just on some innocent, like for fun thing. Uh, but it was just, uh, yeah, that's, that's when we're like, yo, let's just use this. Let's just use this. Cause it's actually becoming relevant now. It's like a fun, it just, it, it just worked. So, yeah, I just replicate that a lot and you're in a great position for your rhyming. Yeah, you're right. 
Nah, You're absolutely right. Like, think about faux shizzle. Just think about faux shizzle and the impact it had on marketing Snoop Dogg's campaign. There's a reason he just started talking it in every interview. Bro, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, and then he stopped. Just hard stop one day. Yeah, from one day to the next, you're right. Um, anyhow, that's dope, though. Uh, do you have other slang? That's the one, man. That's the one I'm going all in on right now. So maybe maybe when I rebrand, you know. <laughs> but for uh, now, but, though. Um, just in general, like, let's say you have a merch line. You're going to have your main slang, and then you're going to have your alt slangs. Like you're, you got oh, like, okay. Cause like, let's say laughing is the main word, like the name of the movie. There's still taglines, right? That's true. That's a good point. I got to get on that now. I never thought of that. You got to create the universe. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Thank you. But now nah, you've been, you're right a lot about a lot of things too. I just want to point out, y'all better be <laughs> listening to this guy. I don't like compliments as much as anyone else hates compliments. Sometimes it's like, yo, I don't know if I like that. He's saying I'm right in this moment. It's fucking weird. And then you flip <laughs> it or whatever. I don't know if that's something y'all do, but a lot of people I know are like fucking hate it when people compliment them or give them a sincere. Yeah, advice. I always found that kind of weird, bro, to be honest. That people hate that? Yeah, I don't really understand. Me neither. But it's real because like, it's like his, I have theories uh, based on middle class normative society of a certain age group. Because I don't really know fuck all about, you know, the younger peoples is what I've learned tonight. I've been wrong a lot. So I'm going to feel a little smarter. Um, but, like, I think a lot of it's based on lying and sincerity. Like, go just watch mm. TV. Like, I'm watching The Marvelous Mrs. Mabel or whatever right now. It's just this show okay. about this lady comedian in the 50s. And it's one of those explore the social uh, norm situations, right? And everything about the culture and society back then is based on social charades and falsities. So mm. a sick compliment almost was never sincere. It's all political in the social world as much as in the business world. And there's all these weird rules, like all that common sense stuff. If you really, really, really think about it, it's usually illogical and weird. Like just watch for that. When people say the words common sense, think about it at a practical level and think about how much common sense it is. Like I question the value in putting up money for a house instead of pursuing a career. Question the value of it. Is it like a, the best investment or maybe no, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very valid point. I think it's like as an society, society tells you to do that. Basically, it's one of those social norms things, I think big facts and i question things a lot and i'm like yo but what if i took that same money for a down payment and invested in my career boom imagine that bro you're right you're absolutely right people look at me like i'm fucking weird about it because it's not the rule set so i'm just bringing it up to establish that there's a rule set that exists these unwritten I rules i completely agree and i unwritten it, rules but that are like like subconsciously repeated every day bro like, and there's these little truisms that people say and reinforce via polite society, often at work, because work is a political playground of negotiations. Um, yes. And that's just what it is. Even in the smallest scale work to the biggest scale work, there's like a, a hierarchy that's structured off of autocratic societies that yeah. force dynamics and power structures, and your only obligation is to play ball to get that money. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So then you come across a sincere compliment in the middle of all of that. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just the end of my theory. Yeah, it's a curveball. You're right. 
That's a good point. I never thought of it this way, but you're absolutely right. I don't think I'm, I, I don't, okay, look, might be right. I don't want to take like full rights on these things. I love the fact that you're fucking with my brain right now and it's t- super cool and I hope everyone else. Well, I can see how it can, it could potentially be right. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I like that. Better. I can see the potential, <clears throat> potentially right. Cause I know that all of my theories could be wrong. I there just actually know yeah, that. You never right? know. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I say that just because, like, some people I know, you know, maybe some of your peeps have never seen me before or whatever. And people might, this might be the only video they ever watch of me or whatever, you know. So you got to always, like, think about that. But Yeah, a little I, disclaimer. I also think that if you can really, like, work it out, it's totally okay to be a little grandiose with your ideas. Thought experiments are fire, but I feel like you and yours do a lot of thought experiment shits. Yeah, we try, for sure. What are some of the stuff that you think is going to be like super impactful over the next couple of years in terms of just growing as an artist? Like personally or just in general in life? You, you and me are going to see things differently here. So like when you, when you ask that question, what do you mean exactly? My answer would be uh, VR takes over everything. Repeat that. Virtual reality takes over everything. Okay. Dominates. Uh, or a VR AR hybrid system, but I think people stay home more. I think marijuana beats alcohol. I think I like uh, that take. Tech- I think okay. Let me see. Just let me shit see like that. Way. We don't. Have- you know how? And this is, goes exactly in what in the same lane you're going. But um, you know how like social media digital marketing is key right now. It's dominant in the yes. marketing world. Yes, I do. I think. Um, I think AR, AI marketing will be the next digital marketing. So your Amazon home or whatever they call them, your Google home, um, that's going to be the new digital marketing wave. This digital marketing wave is dying out right now. We just don't know yet. Things like uh, ads manager on Facebook, it's dying out, bro. I think in, in five years from now, it's going to be your Alexa advertising you the shit that they've been selling you on Facebook for the last eight years. Yo. I follow this guy named Scott Galloway. He's a big time marketer. He says fuck a lot, so I got into him. Big time marketer. <laughs> like okay. I have his uh, book in my to read pile that I got. It's like on a real real front, everything you just said is in line with his predictions. Wow. Okay. Because of a lot of things, but I want to hear more of your ideas like that. Damn. Well, that's my number one. I think that's the the next wave of marketing. How, but people don't see it yet. They think digital marketing is going to stay like no, Google no, no, no. Ads. My friend, my ads. friend, I am so one hundred percent with you. I almost want to shut the fuck up and let you just keep spitting ideas. <laughs> oh, we're not putting him in the spot, um, man. I guess time will tell, but I truly believe that's going to be a dominant. No, you're game. right. You're so fucking right. Voice chat. Go check your YouTube app. A little voice chat thing appeared right now. Your, what? In your YouTube phone app, a little voice thing appeared next to the search. Encouraging you to use voice to search. On oh, YouTube. are you serious? Yeah, there it's you completely go. in line That's with what you're saying. Because you Alexa. Perfect example. That. It's completely There you go. From an SEO yeah. perspective, voice search has been heavily advertised. So literally. Absolutely, bro. You can even Google uh, now. This is reminding me, but on Google now, you can like hum a melody of a song and they'll tell you what song it is. To be, yeah, you can. I remember having that conversation on Facebook. I was like, that's so exciting. And people were like, other people did it first. But I'm like, you're right. It's fucking dope. And then I, I tried to hum my shit and it didn't work. 
Well, maybe you're missing your notes then. Nah, uh, that's possible. Nah, I also don't know <laughs> like to what degree it works, right? Like to what degree yeah, it's do I. I don't really think it's hitting everything on fucking DistroKid to be real with you. I think it's like got a database of other music or yeah. whatever supplied by the labels and this that the next i would thing. assume it's supplied by the labels like anything else bro like there's a yeah. money, there's almost like dollars to be made not identifying me and promoting their people but uh it was like bonnie pointed it out to me yesterday as in like brand new feature this voice thing like i'm up to date with like i try to stay up to date with like social media as a science because of my day job so like i look for these trends and the truth right. is is um voice search is more important because none of y'all want to write yeah well but, okay this goes this loops back to what you said two and a half hour ago you were saying that you're not into the well, actually this is before we were even on air you, you and say, I, it's fine you said that you weren't into the loop of sending voice memos on instagram I fucking hate remember it. you well, said that what i said was but that that's exactly it ties exactly and younger to what you're people saying are now. fucking with it heavy and millennials hate it because we like to write yeah, we got all but these us, big old writing lessons. Man, we'll just be sending voice memos like that. Yeah, you know what the problem the is, my guy? It's, I'll tell you what the problem is. I don't mind your one-two voice message of concise shit and half the time it was praising me, so fuck it. I'll listen to that all fucking day. Don't get me wrong. But I've had people who go too far with this shit, and they don't understand etiquette with it. And, like, you wake up in the morning and you look, and there are literally 14 minutes worth of messages waiting for you. Okay, like, I can see how that's a little abusive, yeah. Or like I wake up and then it's just that when a lot of people are sending you voice, like I can read your paragraph in about six seconds or whatever and it's done. And I know what to respond. And the whole conversation takes no time at all on a keyboard and shit. It's an efficiency thing. All of a sudden these voices appear and ah, so I know I'm kind of wasting your time a little bit is literally something people say in these messages and i'm like thank you for wasting six seconds of my fucking time with that and i don't mean it like pretentiously but i'm not gonna lie like my fucking dms got lit up a little more like 20 to 40 a day type shit and so when a voice message person who i need to talk to comes through with like eight minutes of messages that all sound like that so yeah and then at first i was on yeah. my phone and my phone would lock and i'd have to re-listen to shit i found out i have to do this on my computer because at least i can fast forward or whatever well, I, I can, guess that's because the people sending you voice memos are just not straight to the point, bro. And that's not like, okay, here's the thing. That's the problem with it is most of the people who send me, not all, and sometimes they're very entertaining. And I've told certain people, you can feel free to do this. So don't get me wrong. It's not an everybody thing, but like, I don't know that like, yo, and even like on a multitasking front, like what if I'm in the middle of doing a three thing, I have to stop everything. Yeah, I can understand that. shit right. now and it's like, I'm the text message generation. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, voice is back. And it's like, well, I think I, I saw it put best. Like, all of a sudden, voicemail has returned. These are voicemails. We're leaving each other fucking voicemails. That's facts. That's literally what it is. Yeah. That's actually what it is. And it's like, Gen X and Gen Z said fuck millennials and decided voice messages are cool. And I'm yeah. just in the middle here going, fuck my life. Whatever, I'll adapt to like voice messages. I just don't, I don't have a choice, right? But if you look at the future of VR spaces, I don't know if you've seen the spaces metaverse that is arriving. In so, terms of? Social media evolution. 
So no, not much, not there, much. There is currently a thing called Alt Space VR. It is owned by Microsoft, okay. and it is an event slash boardroom meeting app that will give you an avatar. And honestly, I tried to get people to fuck around with it for music, but technologically, it was too complicated, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But in okay. theory, it's the type of shit where you would throw on a VR headset, bust a one to it, an open mic, and then take your headset off. Okay. Bunch of I've, I've actually been to VR clubs and this shit where there's like an actual DJ up at the thing. That's crazy. Spinning. That I've heard of. That I've heard and of. And I'm just like there and my little avatar has got its two little fucking hands bopping along with me and it's fucking goofy as all fucking hell. Now, I know that it's too corny for like most people. But I also want to make a lot of money on that shit one day. So I'm going to like follow this, right? Because like it's not really like, yo, this is like YouTube 2006 shit going on right here. Um, But it's not, there's no volume. It's really like hard to pursue as an entertainer. It's more like if you're a gamer maybe, but like it's kind of a weird place. It's like as the neck. So here's what you're watching for. The release of Facebook Horizon. Okay. So all space VR creates spaces. You can have private spaces, public spaces. So obviously if Microsoft has it, Facebook has to have it too. So Facebook's making a better one that you'll use facial recognition mm. technology to scan you and create the perfect fucking avatar, make it super fucking easy. They're going to make it mad easy for you to make a room look real cool. And then you're going to be able to charge motherfuckers to get in your events. And then you're going to pay money on new VR ads. And like, it's going to be like, literally like venues is going to be the new ad space in walls think about microtransaction merch you think anybody wants to deal with cotton shirts and all that shit when you could put up a logo and for two dollars a motherfucker can be bopping your shirt that's a good point yo microtransactions is the future of this shit you know how you know fortnite it's just yeah. it's, a, it's a billion dollar fucking microtransaction farm. So imagine if you as an artist can con- you can't convince somebody maybe to buy a twenty dollar shirt, but I'm sure you can get somebody to buy a two dollar fucking one two click on a fucking phone. Yeah, you're right. No, what you're saying is crazy actually to me. I never really thought it or got into this at all actually. Yeah, I'm kind of in this loophole where Twitch is, in my opinion, the intermediary. So I'm developing the skill set to be ill live in that environment. Is the truth of there it? There you go. Yeah. I agree, bro. But live is absolutely the future of everything because VR is the future of everything. So, and you see this migration yes. happening with Clubhouse. I don't know if you're familiar with Clubhouse. Yes, sir. I've been looking into Clubhouse. It's still an invite-only platform, right? It is still only on the iOS. No, but invite-only, like, don't oh. you need to be invited to the if platform? If you need a code, holla at your boy. Actually? My God, I have codes. I have no Apple device. I'm in this. And then it, and here's the problem. Obviously, I could acquire an Apple device, but I can't afford a new one at this time because it's an unexpected expense. And I don't feel justifiable getting one on KGG during these times. So as long as the non-essential shit's in place, I will not do that. That just seems wrong on an ethical front. So it's an iOS only thing, but it is invite only. And in theory, I can find you a code. I know multiple people on Clubhouse right now, and I helped already get a guy on, so trust. Interesting, because I've, I, yeah, I've been looking into it. I, I follow Gary V a lot, and he uh, he's saying to go all in on it. So I made a Gary Vaynerchuk bar on my album that nobody wanted to listen to to give you an idea of how fucking off-band I was. No way. Yeah, I wrote, Vaynerchuk, don't give a fuck about you at all. <laughs> 
Yo, Yo I, I was I so like mad Gary at him. Vee, I was mad at that guy because Vaynerchuk Media is the people who killed off the planter's uh, peanut and manipulated a lot of people's emotions to sell peanuts. And ethically, that's wrong. That's He doesn't give a fuck about you. He's selling you dreams. Is he very good at this? And is he right? Yeah. He don't give a fuck. That, that's how I felt. I think he still has value, though. Uh, oh, big facts. He, in not... terms of uh, motivational speaking, big facts. Uh, inspiration. Huge He's big, big, industry. big influence. Big money in it. Big money being yeah. him. I don't hate him. I love everything he says. In terms of like the ethics of it, I just think he doesn't give a fuck about any of us, and will off brand and in another company name over there do whatever the fuck he wants at our emotional expense if it works to market. Correctly. Honestly, maybe, maybe, but at the same time, like I can't even hate on that, bro. I do personally, but it's not hating. It was just my feeling at that time on wax on that record. Yeah, because I just learned. I'm gonna that. listen to it though. I'm curious now. I'm nah, listen to it. I mean, whatever. You might not like it. I, if you do or not. I wrote, like, this whole song where I was mad at a bunch of shit, and I just put it there. And it was a bunch of obscure things I was fucking mad at that, honestly, nobody cared about in my real life. And I kept trying to have conversations with people about this shit, and nobody fucking mm-hmm. cared. So I was like, fuck that. You have to talk to the mic. But I really think that Vaynerchuk is a marketing genius. He is one of the yes, best in his is. league. But his entire industry is ethically questionable at best. And I can Maybe. go into that in a big another time. I don't really want to take away from that. It's kind of negative, and I really don't know how much I want to piss off Gary Vaynerchuk fans on my stream. But it's ethically questionable, the industry of motivational self-help for profit. Yeah, I agree. But I, I personally still I like the dude, though. I think uh, I think he's, he's a marketing genius, like you said. I respect that. I respect him. I love Ty Lopez. As a fa- I'm a fan of... Of Gary Vaynerchuk's work, I'm a fan of Ty Lopez's work. I don't know that I like either of these people. Okay, I see. I see your the arguments you're making, though. Uh, I can understand that. And that's because I'm on some moral like, okay, I like the dichotomy of my soul of fuck the system mixed with I am the system. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that's just kind of what it is. But so again, it's no disrespect to Vaynerchuk, but like you're the same people that killed the fucking peanut and then rebirthed the peanut at the Super Bowl, and that was all a marketing thing put off by Vaynerchuk. Yeah, Vaynerchuk. that's a weird marketing campaign. Yeah, I see. I see your argument though. Your, like your a, argument on a subtle predatory level, subtle like attacking negative emotions at a very deep psychological level. Like it's fucking weird to me when you really break down at a super analytical thing what emotions he's targeting what you're actually yeah. doing this is literally death to sell peanuts yeah you're kind of right to a certain extent i'm also wrong about well maybe not wrong i also acknowledge what you're saying i don't you don't have to care about it and i never even said anybody else has to i was just explaining why i attacked it in a bar because you'll hear i'm like killing a peanut over whatever it's literally in the track and like I was just okay, really okay, mad. okay. That's I'm gonna listen to it, it though. Um, I still, I um, still consider Gary Vee as one of my inspirations entrepreneurially, though. Regardless, he's a, uh, he's like that the the definition of hunger. So you know, I can only respect that though. I hear you. I would totally pursue this conversation off camera at other times. I think yeah, like, it would be good it. to like you know yeah. go back into a new direction. But yeah. unless y'all want to fucking throw in or whatever, but I mean, there's only so long you can talk. Yo, would you kill me if I went to piss for thirty seconds? Nah, my guy. Back. I'm gonna actually yeah. take that opportunity. We are back, everyone. Appreciate you. Um, 
that's a long time without a pee break and i'm glad that you you did that i've had to like work on man my, my bad I, I i've been holding no, i was like zero man, bads. I, gotta do it. I forgot to tell you like ahead of time that you're allowed to just take a pee break and it's all good because oh fucking man Twitch. like if anything like i feel like i'm maybe pushing it and i'm, I'm like 80 percent of my a game and you were able to mark me too quick and i'm like all right all right oh no 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 we good we good, no, we good. i'm having That's fun it. shout out chris chrome because without chris chrome there's no fucking behind that suit because i don't have time to do all this and edit the videos anymore yeah, that's what that's what your life becomes one day in the future hopefully i hope to outsource like every fucking thing i have to do that's my dream and then i can just do this just be where i gotta hey, be hey yes sir that's that's the goal man that's the goal man i want to be able to like sit there and put four hours into a song one day i would love that hell yeah uh, hell yeah man it's more like squeeze For it sure. in here and there yeah i respect on that, that. Note, yeah, exactly instead of being on your spare time you just do it on your main time that's, that's the, the dream goal. but let's talk yeah. about you do you work and stuff yeah, bro, I've been working. Well, because I'm in school, right? Um, Tell us about so that. I'm, so I'm in university. And ironically enough, I study marketing and finance. So maybe that's why I got a bit of a some game. But um, otherwise, I have a part-time job at like this sports complex. I'm like a receptionist at a sports complex. Um, obviously, COVID hit us hard in terms of uh, like business closures. So we had been closed from... Uh, from March up until September, bro. Okay. March to September, we were closed. We reopened in September. So the whole time I was on employment insurance on that time. And then when we got back to business in September, I'd been back at it until just recently when they did the uh, that four-week lockdown in January. We are open until about, I'll say, January 10th, and then we had to close. And we've been closed since then. So I'm back on employment insurance for now. So that's how it is. But I'm just part-time. I'm doing like... I want to say 20, 25 hours a week. And then in school, I'm like full-time in school too. So I, I, I've i been busy with that, man. So how does your recording process go? Because, yo, like, let's be real. Maybe you just do it completely differently. Okay. Yo, my recording process is probably different, bro, because uh, ironically, because of COVID, uh, the family's working from home. Like my older sister and stuff are working from home, so – uh, I record everything in the shed, bro. Not even in the house. So that's why my video, you probably noticed when you watched all my Instagram videos earlier that I'm always in the same spot and that's my shed outside. Mm -hmm. What I did um, notice was that you pivoted a couple of times before settling on the shed and then there was something on the floor. Right on. Yeah, yeah exactly. You paid attention. Um, so I, I record in the shed. Um, now, it does come with a few challenges because it comes with the season. There's no heating or there's no AC in there. So if it's summertime, I'm dying of heat. I'm top. I'm topless recording, you know. And then in the wintertime, like, like now, bro, I go in there and I need to be ready, 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 and like, I need to perform well because after 30 minutes, I can't handle it anymore. It's too cold. I need to come in, warm up, and my gear starts dying out. Like my computer just starts lagging out on me and my phone and everything. So, um, so let me understand it, this. You literally run out and record this shit in 30 minutes. Yeah. Whatever. I, I try to uh, make one song in less than an hour. That's the goal. Like write it, record it, all of it, you write beforehand? No, no. I, I go in the shed fully prepared in terms of writing. That I write. I write everything on my phone, bro. Like I just put note, like Me in my notes. Too. I have a notes folder specifically called songs. Um, and I just write all my songs in my in my notes. 
and I, I never go I never go in the shed without having a full song written out and then boom I go and I, I just practice it only in my head never out loud that's crazy only in my head so like I'll, I'll kind of remember the so I don't forget the flows and the cadences essentially um because it's easy sometimes to, to forget the flows when you, it's only you written practice the song in your head like you sit there like as if you were performing it and you don't actually yes perform but it. i never actually sing it no so i need to be quiet at home man like i always need to be quiet this is like the only space in my crib that i can be loud it's like the cold room that i'm in right now um but even that usually man i gotta be quiet at home because everyone's got different schedules and stuff people have been on calls all day like my sister's on calls like literally from 7 a.m to 5 p.m like almost every day bro so like i can't be making noise then um and then later mom is sleeping so i like now is an exception and i'm i'm up in this cold room but usually it's not like that so i, I always record during the day outside in the shed so i come prepared i love that and i think it's fucking interesting that you practice in your head like i'm not that wordplay is interesting to me because like you i feel like you choose your words very carefully mm-hmm. and i never thought about practicing in my head before like i always practice well, one thing because for me one thing is like i'll never doubt my voice i know i can hit the notes and stuff so it's not about singing it's about remembering the flows i'm always scared that i'm gonna forget the cadence or the flow of the of what i wrote so i always kind of rehearse it i'm like okay you know, every day I kind of run through every draft I have to make sure I still remember how it flows. And that's about it. Then when I'm ready to record, I just go into it and I burn as much as I can. That's that's really dope. I like the efficiency. But So you practice it daily to ensure that your memory is fresh or that you trust your talent yeah. set because you got all that singing and dancing from your youth and all that practice going on. So you're, you're on lock on that point. And then you just walk in and you're ready to go. And I say that because I wonder if like that's what Biggie did. That's what I was thinking the whole time. And I'm not trying to put you on a pedestal or anything. But I'm wondering if that's literally what Biggie did. He would sit there and practice it in his head till he was ready. And then he would get up and spit it. Because he would like write and compose. You know what? I never I never thought that it was weird to only practice in my head. I until you just said it now, I never ever considered that as weird. I don't know that it's weird. I'm not calling it weird. I'm saying it's interesting. Because I don't do that. My process is nothing like that. So, so, so okay, okay. Let's say in your perspective, when you practice, you actually spit the bars before you go into the boot. Well, That's I don't know saying. how to sing. So, as far as I don't have the same singing background, um, I basically decided I'm gonna start uh, fucking rapping one day because I could, because I was able to always keep up. I was always fast. I was always able to do the fastest shit back before other people could. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. And I was always able to memorize and spit the Eminem track. So it was a lot of karaoke at first for me. And then like... Is Eminem your favorite uh, rapper of all time? No. Who's your favorite rapper of all time? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. Currently, I think my favorite music act is Run the Jewels. Nice pick. Killer Mike is a guy and I really look up to. Um, nice, but I have a lot of ethical issues with Eminem that go different than music. I think he's a great artist. I think his flows are very intricate. I think uh, I'm a music to be murdered by side A guy. I'm definitely not a side B guy. And there's okay, there's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually now a thing we can do. Thanks Eminem. Uh, but like, and I look here's the thing. Um, he's 48 and he's worth nine figures, and he like he's he's only punching down. He is the gatekeeper. So, like, comedians are funny when they punch up is my rule of thumb. If you're punching up, your joke's going to land. Never punch down. I like that. uh, I like that. 
expression or that uh, metaphor, I guess. Yeah, I like that. You're right. That's I feel my like Emin- ethics, though. Eminem is like a, a legend that's kind of like looking for that magic he had when he was like 28 kind of thing. He, he did it with, in my opinion, music to be murdered by side a, yo, Drew is fire. Shut up, Matty Moore's. I really hey, like Drew. Moore, I fucks with Drew so love, heavy man. now. Matty Moore, thank you. God bless you, man. For real. Um, but like, his <laughs> life. <laughs> thank you. Like, because we do album reviews, right? So I have reviewed every studio album Eminem has dropped with a really mm. shitty job of side B. I, I only I did a really shitty job there. But I can give you an intellectual argument as to how Relapse is a great art piece that nobody wants to listen to. And I made it all on YouTube. It's hours of me breaking down his theory, using bars to whatever, and it's fucking great. He tells his life story through songs. It's like Eminem creates album stories at a level that very few people can do, and they're really well done. Um, The thing is, is like... Uh, and even I like side A a lot because it had some interesting new concepts brought in and he brought in new sounds and flavors. But from a content perspective, like there's a few songs that I still fucks with. I like that, that like really upbeat one that he did. I don't remember the name of it actually at the farewell. I like farewell a lot. And I think, Oh Dodge, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a fire yeah, tune to me. I think the yeah. juxtaposition of how Godzilla flows into darkness is wonderful and like Mm -hmm. whatever like that's cool because those two songs are like um it's not gonna go that long but i'm gonna get drew back for like a part seven down the line that's how many times i'm (laughs) part seven okay we skipping through two two to six we go straight seven it's more like we go mad ambitious in the future because i think you're doing great things in your life and i'm gonna fucks with you for heavy now you'll be fucking cool my guy that's what it is man i'm not i don't talk to like I talk to people for whatever, but I don't stretch an interview. If I'm not fucking with it after three hours, you're, you're this is tummy time. You're competing with hunger now, and I'm choosing Drew. That's where I'm at. Hey, right thank now. you, man. No, this hey, is amazing. So I would much love to have you, you back. I know that I have a goofy um, presence personality, but I don't know how to interview 22 year olds yet properly, and I will learn that over hey, time. Hey, you got it. You got it, bro. You got it. It's it's, uh, it's going smooth. Nah, it's cool. Uh, in the f- nobody else is gonna school me as bad as you do in the future. I'm gonna be very different in my approach for the next one. <laughs> you, you're gonna yeah, that's get like a about, rare man. fucking moment here where I got caught off guard for a quick minute early on. That was fun though. That's what that's impressive. Like you're so smart, and I just want everyone to know that I think that, and I, I just think it's important for people to recognize that kind of thing sometimes because I know a lot of people don't put no love on the youth's intelligence and their smartness yeah, thank you, man. and their skills and their abilities. That's love, bro. So for you, it might Thank sound you. goofy or whatever, but for me, it's a politics move to say this to you Thank so you, like adamantly because nobody that knows me is going to think I'm lying. Thank you, bro. Um, But yeah, we're not done. I just wanted to like state that four to five hours is not likely for today. <laughs> hey, you said in the chat your, your favorite song that Drew was all in. That's yeah, what you said, right? I did. I lied when I came off because I had forgotten. And then I was like, all in. Because, yo, it's hit my playlist. There's like two of your tracks that I put on my playlist. I have a. If what you check what your, was the what was the initial one you put first and you changed it to all in? I didn't see the one before. I don't remember what the fuck it is. But if you check your back into Spotify, you'll see a Montreal artist playlist. And whatever the fuck I have on there that you'll see is whatever the fuck I put on okay, there. Okay, dope, 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 dope. Um, yeah, all in, all in was a, a different one, man. I. Uh, I like that was more of the aggressive. It was more of the rapidly rap things, like, uh, but not 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 rapidly rap things, but just like um, not singing. I usually do sing like eighty percent of my music is singing, but this one was just like rapping, bro. Like I just wanted to talk yeah, my thing. 
I mean, you're going to get me with that one, I think, more. Like, that one really, like, every time I hear it, I feel happier. That's how I know I like a song. Yeah, that's it. My goal was it for me to, like, almost like a gym song or, like, a, you know, just motivational song. So that fucks with that energy, though, now, because I lost a lot of weight and I got more active. And uh, Look at you, things, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm not even worried yeah. about the praise. It's more the mindset change. So if you can't jump around and dance for four hours, the way you approach music and danceability changes. So if you're going to be just sitting on the wall doing a little two-step because music's for the environment, what you're physically able to keep up with, I think, impacts it. I think sometimes even people are mad that there are entertainers like a Waka Flocka Flame who honestly, he can do all the rapping, but he doesn't actually have to rap. He can just make noises and jump for four hours yeah. and sell at a crowd and do a littier show than I could ever try. Yeah, I feel you. And I, I think people you. are mad at that because they can't yeah. because you have to work out three hours a day to be Waka Flocka Flames level of energy. There you go. Yeah, you got to put the work in. And I think people miss that or like, you know, there's a lot of things, but your flow is impeccable. So I think it's pretty cool that you do it uh, the way that you do it. And I like the fact that right, you man. dropped your little recording videos so that it's fucking with no mixing and mastering, may I add. It's just to flex Thank out you, the man. fact that you can do that proper because that wasn't lost on me. Um Let's go back to the idea of spaces, though, because I don't think we really fold that out. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's me, bro, but your mic keeps cutting on me. Yo, is my mic cutting for everybody, or is it just cutting for him? Am I cutting still? Right now, you're not cutting, but you were cutting for a minute, bro. Like, like the last five minutes, you've been in and out kind of thing. All right. Uh, was I cutting for all of you out there? I don't know if it was, like, bad, bad. Okay, so maybe it was just on this side. Uh, I don't really know what happened. Um, okay, I'm tripping. I'm, I'm, it sounds good now, so maybe it was my internet bugging. I'm back, though. We good uh, now. Sometimes shit happens, and it's just kind of what it is. Uh, I don't know. It's the whole technology world. It's kind of fucked up these days. We all kind of roll in with it on the fly. Yeah. The live audience. Now you're smooth, though. I think, I think we're good now. It's yeah, good now. That's cool. Um, so let's go back to the idea of spaces. Why? Because I totally don't think we fully, like, flushed out the idea and i'm very curious to know because again you probably have a different perspective and how you would play this game and i want to see what your imagination kind of does with the topic more than anything else i would say so you have spaces okay. where um basically how it would work is you would get a room uh do you know what a habo hotel or a second life is what do you mean these are apps uh do you know what a second life app is i don't know if that means anything to you I literally have no idea what you're talking about, bro, bro. Fair enough. I was hoping you would. It would be simpler. But it was around when you were young, so it was possible. It was like a shot in the dark thing. Uh, basically, these <laughs> these little rooms and universes and, and places get created. So you imagine you have an open template, which is a box, a room like this. And you can design it however you want. Put whatever furniture okay. you want in it, whatever branding you want in it, whatever, whatever you want in it, right? And then imagine you can throw a party in there. Imagine you can make it the club. Imagine you can make it the office place. So it's like a fan fantasy room type of thing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and then all you have to do is put on a little helmet and you and the boys are in the room. Okay. That's so, what, so so what? So how does that change the live environment? Because, yo, let's be real. Like, If you were to actually say with mm. a bunch of people be sitting on a Twitch stream talking to us two years ago, we'd all be going goofy, McGoofy, no fucking way. But yeah, here we are. And uh, if we think about where this is going in virtual reality land, um, 
why isn't this going to be the thing? At least we could see avatars. We could see people moving. And you, people act like what it looks like today is what it's going to look like in a year or in two years. At some point, it's going to look photorealistic. At some point, it's going to be like banging. At some point, the tech's going to be on point. Mm, okay, I see what direction you're heading in now. Okay, so okay, like, okay, okay. Do you see viability in this? Do you think people are going to fucks with this uh, virtual ecosystem that I believe is going to replay? Not, okay. So there's going to be a competition that's going to go on between live and the virtual once COVID's done. There's a lot of people that are going to like live stream shows mm. enough to not go back. And I predict the evolution of this is that virtual reality ultimately not replaces live shows, but makes live shows a niche expensive experience and the accessibility option for everybody else is the VR experience. Bro, I don't think you're, words, you're using the word replacing properly. I don't think it's straight up replacing. I think it's more like uh, out of convenience. It could be like, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a second option, basically. Like there could be two alternatives and you can pick the real life or the virtual But the experience. real life is only I don't think it's straight up city like one time for a bigger act and the virtual is every time but, but bro trust me oh well look i think this is my opinion i think people from based off of covid and what the the consequences have been socially i think it's going to make people honestly bro i'm almost on the opposite perspective where i think the fomo is going to be at highest it's ever been and let me explain it to you but like for me as a university student bro there have been a lot of events I've been skipping up on because I was like, yo, there's always a next party next weekend, next weekend, next weekend, boom, boom, boom. You know, there's always going to be another place we can go to next weekend and this and that. But now, bro, trust me, after 11 months of this, and it's going to be longer than that, but for the time being right now, it's at 11 months. When we have the opportunity to get back together and everything, people are going to have FOMO because they're going to be like, yo, who knows when the next opportunity we're going to get to do this is. People didn't think that way before COVID. Because they always thought next weekend, next month, whatever, whatever, there's always going to be the next. Right. But now there's a new narrative in the head that's like, tomorrow's not guaranteed anymore. Now we have this whole, who knows what tomorrow holds idea in the mind. Now, if you apply that mentality to things like concerts, to things like raves, to things like any kind of events, I think people will actually make the extra effort to get their ass there instead. Right. Obviously... There are some restrictions, but like, let's. Uh, I think, let me I think it's a temporary solution. People that are hopping on these uh, virtual chillings, and if they had the option to be there real, I think they would pick that first. Let me flip some Bye. shit on you with this theory, just because I love what go you're ahead, saying. Go ahead, please, please, go ahead. Can there's two sides to it. One, I think for the history of history, people your age are gonna want to go out and party. Okay, that will never change. I would, in my mm -hmm. mind, it will never be a time. However, whether you go to, yo, know, shout out Maddie Morris for the follow. Whether you go to, also, if you do a Twitch, always shout him out with the follow. Always shout him out for that shit. It's just the rules. Um, yes, sir. But like when you're, when you're, um, when you're looking at this uh, situation of eleven months that has transpired, a lot of new habits have shifted, and so this isn't a permanent thing. And I do believe that in a university age group where, like, let's be real, y'all party. You know how often I party a year in a normal year? Four times? Seven? <laughs> I maybe go to like five shows outside of networking. <laughs> like it's just not my life anymore. I mean, I'm 33. Like 
Okay. I don't, I don't really want to do that. I want to be at home watching Netflix and smoking joints. Like, that's my idea of an amazing Friday night. Like, amazing. Whew, it doesn't get littier than that, my guy. However, <laughs> four, five times a year, I want to go the fuck up. So there's an age group dynamic that is definitely going to be in play. And so I agree that with your perspective and the way you describe things, I totally hear what you're saying, except that nobody's inviting me to parties, so it's not like... As part of my life, I get to go to social events like restaurants or get together. Like it's not the same world. It's a fu- I don't like that shit. I don't yeah, even I want to do like, half that you, stuff. But let's go to the yeah. other side. Mm-hmm. I think your FOMO's temporary. I think it's a. It's gonna be like, what's gonna happen is there are a lot of. I'm want to go raving at this point, my guy. I just I just want to go just go out there and dance till six in the morning, and be sweaty. And like I just I dude I'm craving anything like we're all craving it I hear you I think we're in yeah. this like opposite but I also think I'm gonna go do it three times and my attitude's gonna start shifting and the fear of missing out's gonna go into what do I value more and a lot of people are gonna make choices and they're gonna end up with camps one camp's gonna fucking love being out and then there's that other camp that doesn't like going out so for everybody mm. i talk to on this subject <clears throat> i'm getting a pretty 50 50 i have to admit that real life is very powerful and a lot of people love that but then there's the socially anxious that are pumping serious money and economics into the digital sphere and if you add an economics to the situation do billionaires give a fuck about your feelings when they plan out the entertainment industry no eh, they don't they follow dollars Oh, is it Dua Lipo's $20 live stream for the world? I guarantee you they made more on that single fucking event yeah. than uh, they did on any individual show she did. I agree I agree with you on that, actually. I think ICP I or somebody else did a show. It might not have been ICP, but other people are fucking with it. I'm fucking with a live cipher right now. I got mm-hmm. 40. I got, like, you know, here, here's the real problem. Scheduling and convenience. My interviews okay. did not actually start until COVID really locked down Montreal in September and said nobody can legally come to my house on camera unless I apply for a business permit, et cetera, et cetera, because it's a home residence. And in September, they passed a law. I live with my girlfriend. Nobody's allowed to come over here. Mm. So I had to be like, adapt to an online world or stop my interviews. But prior to that, nobody wanted to come over. Yo, shout out Willie. He did because Willie's in the chat. But like most people didn't want to come to my crib where I'm set up to do this. So I couldn't get people to actually physically fucking come here. We go to this online world and everyone loves it. Mm. They do these three, you know, even then nobody went past three hours when you had to come to my crib. You had to travel after, you had to deal with shit, you had to come here. That's true, that is a bit of an inconvenience, that's true. You can bang out seven interviews without leaving your house on a Saturday. Think about the economics of this rather than the preference yeah. of this. And I think that if you take okay, an economic like journey, oh, yeah, yeah. the people with a lot of money don't give a fuck about your desire to party in a reality. They're actively trying to find ways to make virtual reality lit. Because, yo, you have fucking bands performing in Fortnite. You think that's feasible long term, though? No? Big facts. Sure. I don't think it replaces conventional live shows. Because nostalgia is huge and people pay $400 to see Iron Maiden in person still. So obviously, like, but that's niche. It's not regular. People do that once, twice a year. People will log on to your stream possibly every day, which is actually a better marketing tool for artists. Yo, shout out Don Smooth. 
Like Don Smooth is on this stream. Do you know who Don Smooth is? Don Smooth's an OG, right? Don Smooth is the voice of the city. OG used to be up there on the radio K103. We just had this chat this week. Oh. So literally you shared a week with a real legend right there. And the real Don legend's Smooth, up in I'm this chat. You, What's the likelihood of you ever running into Don Smooth in an organic sense like that? Not necessarily hey, real, you know? Uh, so it's I, meant to be, man. It's meant to be. It was this online sphere that created the opportunity. You're right. Yes, and sir. this won't that, happen that, in that real life right like this. The argument that you're about to make right now. <laughs> How are you ever going to connect with me in real life? I'm never at your club or at your party. No, I, I think that the the uh, social media age is, has, has risen so many boundaries, man. Like, bro, so many of my followers are not even from here, bro. I got so many people from from germany from africa bro i have some people from uh nigeria from kenya that are dming me every single day that would have never happened if it wasn't for so now you media. have the opportunity in a vr space to spit to them every week or you worry about live shows which is a cooler community growth move for you also all y'all should follow don smooth he fucking does live djing on twitch and it's liddy bro y'all should follow don smooth he's a fucking like top-notch guy you should know about <clears throat> and watch the I interview think, bro i think both have um both have potential in different like just for different reasons you know like for you what you said like you're gonna have some people that stream in every single day on your live stream online but, but trust me bro when when it's in person it's a different kind of experience you can't even compare the two when it's in person man like bro it's a whole different kind of energy a whole different kind but of who's gonna Okay, so then we have to go to another side of the city, another side of the scene. We're not famous. Who's throwing okay. the show? Repeat that. Who's throwing the show, you said? Yeah. Who's throwing these shows? Who's paying for it all? Who's bankrolling it? Who's getting the fans in? Now we're getting into really bigger conversations that I'm not trying to be negative with. I'm no, just trying no, to say these are real questions that idealistically a lot of people, we, we didn't have the answers to prior to COVID is where I believe the scene was at. We weren't okay. necessarily doing the best with it in the English side of the city. The French side is lit. They're fucking popping. They got grant money. They got all this shit going on as as dope. A huge reason why Behind That Suit even exists and is on this mission and bridging gaps. Like, I love this conversation because we get to show people that you, a young guy, is so fucking lit with your approach. Is because we need this. We need this so bad that if it costs me money, etc. I don't care. This is really like we're growing as a community, I think, because of these efforts. So, I mean, the live scene show is a really great idealistic time, but you also haven't gone and performed to a bunch of open mics and shit to get back nothing out of it. You haven't gone to all these shows and gotten nothing out of it yet. Right. Not to say I, nothing. I, I want to be clear. You get performance experience. It's super fucking fun. But none of us got 12,000 fucking monthly followers off of that. Or listeners. No, I agree. I'm with you. Um, so I I'm... think we got the conversation a bit twisted because I was thinking that more of a, like uh, an established artist has more value probably performing live than he does on live. So I wanted to bring uh, it back to of, uh, you and I. <clears throat> because let's it's, say it's somebody, way more relevant somebody. to you and me, in my opinion. There you go. Okay, so in that case. always have the big tours. You probably have more reach in terms of economics, especially like you're spending no dollars to be on Twitch, right? So if your Twitch is booming, then bro, like it makes way more sense to be at home because you can reach literally internationally. You can reach any single 
country in the world. Um, so it makes more sense in that in that way. I was saying, I guess my argument was more like in terms of energy, in terms of uh, performance, bro. If you're an established like name, you're making way more of an impact in person, I think, uh, than online because you know. Bro, you've been to a concert where, like, you really connected with the artist. Let's say you've been to a concert where you didn't even really care about the person that much. Like, the artist, you're like, yeah, he's cool, but, like, I don't rock with him that hard. Yeah, I know. Bro, I'm sure, I'm sure you've been to a concert where it's like that when you walk into it, and then you, you watch his performance, so, and you're like, damn, like, now I'm a fan of his, you know? I'm all about the festival circuit. I don't think that goes away. I think the cool. festival okay. service so we is agree huge. Then. I think we there's agree a huge then. market for live. I think that everybody should be fucking with online and live right now because this space is where the money's going to... A new huge rev stream is about to open up that a lot of people are going to ignore on some I want to feel the energy shit. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't mean it. Like, yo, dude, I know exactly what it is to perform live. I got the pleasure one time of doing Just for Laughs on some hip-hop karaoke shit, and I did Rap God in front of a group of fucking old people and shit, and it was amazing. No way, bro. It's on Facebook. You can I can link you after if you really want to see it. Um, it really happened. I mean, sure you don't you don't do that and not get. I stream. We streamed it fucking live just to like make triply fucking sure that there was never. We streamed the whole fucking thing live to YouTube. I remember that now. Um, but yeah, so we did that, and so I know exactly what you mean. But yeah. that um, didn't actually give me dollars, and Twitch has given me dollars. That's dope, man. But that's where that's that's where my brain is at with it. So it's like I hear what you're saying. And when I have the financial means to maybe like do the show thing the way I would love to do the show thing, etc., 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 I don't know, man. Like if it makes sense, but like, yo, a show is a huge commitment on time too, right? But um, like, you you're giving up six hours easy to do like fifteen minutes, and you got a drink at the bar and da -da -da -da. so there's cost to this too that I don't like. And this yeah, is true. I like you might enjoy going out. If that's what you like doing is lit, you're already going out. For me, it's like a little bit of a job. So I'm not really incentivized to like go out of my way to do that. Like I love it, but like I'm also very okay with just putting on a VR headset and fucking it. Because you know what? This chat is amazing. I actually like it 80% as much as the actual live experience when we're doing the Cypher thing. I think there's a... Um a misbelief of uh, people thinking that in the music industry, and I, honestly, that's how it was before, I guess, but that they could only make money on the road doing shows and everything. Now, as things have changed in terms of like the game and everything, you see people like Russ, bro. Russ is making literally millions of dollars without doing shows. Russ is one he's, of the he's most gotta impressive minds in music. In, in terms, and look, in terms of music, to be honest, I don't even listen to Russ that much. But in terms of an entrepreneur, bro, nice. this guy, you cannot deny that the he's a genius in terms of like being an entrepreneur. You know how much of a genius he is? Okay, so Russ realized guys like me weren't fucking with them. So he dropped a five-track EP with what yeah, I'm going to call the... called the, the, the Gonk or something yeah, like yeah. that? Wamper, Chomp, Chomp. Chomp, that's it. It's called Chomp. Did you see the feature list? It's Black yeah, it's Dog, got it's Hustle, Benny. It's got it's Crooked like, Eye, Benny the Butcher. Yeah, it's and, got everybody. And you're like... I'm and like, and not only that, but he's he's actually going in on them, bro. 
He's not just like relying on features. It like was he's... all fucking business facts. He wrote an album for guys like me who are on the fence about him, and he baited me. He forced Trust me to me? review it, and I reviewed it, and it was amazing. And I'm a Russ fan now. Not Boom. even gonna lie. There you go. To be fair, and now, I also and like now Zoo. Russ is Zoo is a good album. Yeah, Zoo is good too. But Russ is a marketing genius, Big and facts. like this guy was the. Um, the hard head of hip hop for a long time. He was seen as arrogant and the same as like, you know, that guy, but he was just so hard headed on saying independent for so long. This guy is literally making millions of dollars straight off of streams. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to tour and everything. Like I've been watching some of his interviews and that's what he's saying. Like the game has changed before you had to plea a deal basically with a record label to give, you know, you're part of the pie to them and boom, boom, boom. But nowadays, if you build your own fan base, you're set, man. It doesn't even matter about that. So that's where I go back to the VR thing. I think it's the most efficient way we're going to have to build that initial fan base. That is the tool that brings us to the point where we can do the big touring thing. I think it's going to be a stepping stone that will create a system. Yeah, I can agree with that. So I can they, agree with that. Um, cause I know some people think, I think live shows are done. Like everything I'm doing is to make a million dollars to go on tour. Right. You know, like I don't, I just want to do it nice. You know, I want to be able to afford that plane and all of the shit that comes with going on tour. Cause it's fucking expensive. You know, like it's all like, yeah. there's so much money in this situation that doesn't get talked about. Like nothing is fucking free, man. Whether it's the food whether and yeah, you can, you know, shout out DJ crystal clear. He's a, he, he just showed up in the chat. He's from Alabama. What's so you so I like What's the up, fact that we got people all over fucking watching. Everywhere, man. Shout and so out. what I would love to do is double down on my, my plan is the second COVID's allowed and I can get into a bar is to just do this in bars, find a bar that'll okay. let me. Exact same yeah, thing, yeah. but stream it live to Twitch. Okay. That's dope, man. Cause that's, that's dope because you have your international audience on Twitch and then boom, you got your niche in, in the city and you're good. But... Uh, I don't think it works one or the other. No, I probably not. You know, in practice, it probably doesn't work. You're right. I mean, it might, but like, I think like, it's like the way content's going to work. It's going to be like, yo, if you're not streaming it live to some degree or another, does it even exist? Are people really going to notice it? Is that really going to be something? Cause yo, you might think that that's not crazy, but people are leveraging live on everything now. Yeah, you're right. I'm That's seeing true. people leverage TikTok live at midnight releases. Some, you know, Miley yep. Silas pre-streamed her album an hour before it dropped exclusive to TikTok. And boom, it probably did numbers. Yeah. So but it's they got like, the game figured out. So that's why I'm going like, I know that live, and don't get me wrong, I think parties are going to be fucking lit. Like the party side. Because, like, think about the bar economics. Bars open up. How much your drink's going to cost? Probably high. You know, like, a lot of more, things like More that. than it used to. <laughs> now you're going to go, yo, I'm going to hit that SAQ. Let's get that fucking loft and throw a real party and do a show bootleg style. And then I'm not going to be invited okay. to that party, personally. Why? Well, maybe. Maybe I'm like, kind of friends <laughs> with you. But how would I ever even know that party's existing as a, you know, in my 30s guy? You know, like, that's kind of, like, where I see the scene going is to these little private events. Yeah. That are effectively VR spaces in real life. Spaces are the future. Oh, okay. Where you can okay. smoke weed at an event. It has to be a private event. It's gated and it's a show, but in a logistically, it has to be a private venue. It can't be public. You can't have a weed friendly situation going on. I see what you're saying, bro. 
I see what you're saying. I don't know. I might be like fucking. I, I do think. Stuff, look, like, look, look. I do think both have value in their own lane. So, I don't think there's one way that's. Uh, look, bro. There's definitely, definitely a niche for, um, like the online lives, like Twitch, for example. And there's definitely a market for once COVID is done, bro. Trust me, these. These festivals are going crazy, festivals, bro. Festivals, big sure. facts. I question the live scene at bar levels, though. I don't see that getting litty anytime soon. I think private parties cause, and events. Like, cause, yo, because if you guys can just get a chalet and throw an event, why the fuck do you need the bar? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm and with you on that. I think that y'all are going to go do that before bars reopen quick enough. I'm not going to lie. I think you guys will just rebuild some weird ecosystem. I know. I, you know what? I actually agree with you because me and the homies have been saying, like, once this is done, we're renting a car. We're going crazy in the car. We're not worried about bars and nothing like that. So I agree with you on that, actually. Yo, 25, 50 person VIP events will be there, but inevitably you guys will recreate the loft scenes and really do some crazy shit with it. Find some good illegal buildings to party in and hope the cops don't shut you down type shit. Go real big scale. Get some fucking legitimize. <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of. Mo- I watched the rave scene play out from like 2012 to like a little bit my brother was a dj there back when they were like in these abandoned buildings and you could smoke pot inside and it was truly wonderful before it got commercialized yeah so like just pretend okay like from uh actually getting people to go to your party perspective there's a lot in the uh darker side of it i think in terms of the bar side of it mostly because of marijuana and uh i don't know do, do kids drink or smoke a lot like which is more popular with your age group uh, I'd say split right down the middle, bro. It's just like, I don't know for you growing up, if there was like a, um, a rebellious side to smoking because it wasn't really a thing. It's like more legally. complicated. It's more complicated. Yeah. But for, for, for us, man, it's not like that. Cause it, it's been legal now for a minute. And like, even before it was legal, like it was still pretty much legal for, for us. So it's been a 50, 50 split since I'm like, like young and for real. I have no idea what the split was. Some of you older cats or people in the audience, what would you say the split of like weed the alcohol used to be? Because I feel like alcohol is mad normalized and associated with like work culture and like uh, people like drink as part of corporate events. You know, like it's it's like it's like you watch Mad Men. And yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, straight yeah. Alcoholics that, and shit. So I don't. That's know. not necessarily what I mean, though. I'm just saying, like in terms of uh, who's doing what, uh, I'm pretty confident it's a fifty-fifty split still. No, that's that's cool. I was just wondering. I think corporate America is still white enough that it's like you know it's still drinking. No, nah, dude. But it doesn't mean that like the big bosses and our like they started smoking weed publicly once it got legal, and they were like, "Wait, we can just smoke weed with y'all." Now? Okay, there you go. Then, then, then so that's the transitioning. Of... Yo, the yeah, exactly. twenty seventeen office party was the weirdest or whatever it legalized. I remember maybe it was in twenty seventeen. Whenever the fuck it legalized. I think it was 18. Yeah, that yeah, year, the office party was the weirdest experience because we didn't have to go around Oh, the yeah, it must have been. We just yeah, okay, could okay, stand okay. in front, and some guy smoked weed with me for the first time, and I'm like, you sure? And he got real high, and he started telling everyone, <laughs> oh, they got me high for the first I'm like, shut the fuck up. You know, like, because I'm still used to this as criminal, my guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was never really enforced, but it did get your ass fired a little bit. I would like, I always smoked, but like it was always under, you could smoke, but you had to go around the corner. You know, that was always like the rules with it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I was just curious about that because, like, I don't know a lot, but I definitely think, um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate the uh, beard comments. I don't know. I don't know. It's that effective, honestly. I just love letting it. Your, your, your beard's been uh, popular tonight, bro. I know, but it's never been popular before. It's never come up. I, it just it, it hit that prime spot right now. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Honestly, I, I really appreciate this chat. I think we should move into the, if y'all have questions now, it'd be a great time to ask part of the conversation as we like yeah, move towards uh, wrapping up. Cause uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's getting a little later and I, um, I'm not in the same energy space of maintaining it that I uh, was in. Um, but yeah, I appreciate all the beard love for real. Maybe we will do a beard emote in the future. If I flux with that idea, it feels very on brand. But no, uh, as I'm like rambling a bit, it was Molly today's kids thing. Do y'all fuck with Molly heavy? No, I don't think. Uh, I think it had its time. <laughs> it was good Unfortunately, times. bro, I hate to say this. I hate to say this, but I think Zionax took a big, big, big uh, peak recently. Mm, I never. Not, not personally speaking, but that's just like I think that's the wave for the last few years, for real. Alright, so we did get a couple of questions. But yo, I do want to comment on that Xanax point. That's scary, but fucked up. <laughs> Molly was Molly was more dangerous though. Well, not more dangerous. Molly was weird. Like I, I did it a few times. It's pretty good for uh intercourse. Like really good for intercourse. <laughs> like honestly it's phenomenal on that level. Um but like Purge Night Music has a great question, and I would love to know the answer to it oh, myself. Oh, Purge Night knows what's up. Are they ready for our music, Drew? Hey, Purge Night's got to get in the studio, man, because me and Purge had some good songs in the in the in the vault. Oh. But he's his his sound engineer had like COVID or something like that. So, oh, that's seriously you know, serious. Yeah, look look at him. He's he's gonna laugh for sure. Um, he knows. He knows. I'm waiting for his verses, man. Once once his verses are in. Oh, it's over. Yeah, and shut up, Kimo. Per Night Benny, actually, you guys should show love to Perch Night Benny. He's uh, extremely, extremely dope. Yo, very, I, very yo, all I could say about Purge Night is if Purge Night was playing the politics game with me in any real way, he won because he showed up and showed love way before it was cool. Like, Purge Night was in, like, he's earlier on in, this, in the follower list, for real. Like, like I can prove oh, that man. shit. So Purge yeah, Night been around for a minute, and he shows up, and I totally understand why sometimes he sh he often shows up at like the most boring part of my stream, and I get why he dips. Like, don't even get me wrong, because I do like a whole pre pre show of shit where I burn the, uh, I burn ninety minutes as much as I can because the first ninety okay. minutes yeah, is yeah. not in the algorithm. Yeah. So I want the no, whole interview to be in the algorithm. I feel you. I feel you. And so. Persian has got some mad talent though, for real, for real. And yeah. he's just a dope dude, man. I connected with Montreal? him earlier. Yeah, he's a Montreal artist. Yo, Purge, how come you haven't hit me up yet to book some I think shit? He's That's from, uh, I think he's from Montreal North or something like that, but he's he's cool, man. Me and him have some good he's he's a very talented dude, man. I'm with him. Big time. Yo, Purge, your man's with chemo? Yo, chemo's my guy. Chemo's fuck I uh, fuck around with chemo. Boom, bro, you already know. I, I think Purge won't Purge has been real to me forever, so... Yo, Purge, if you're a ghostwriter, I especially want to talk to you on Wax. <laughs> Not because I Boom, want you to snitch, you but I think people 
I would love to talk to a ghostwriter on wax and like have a good interview. Yeah, Pur Purge is a good writer. He's uh, he showed me some bars that are crazy for sure. Mm. So he's got potential in that area for sure. I love that shit. That's fucking dope. I mean, you can find me at behind that sweater at well HSR five one four as it says very clearly in the video with the little shitty old graphic we made four years ago. We never updated. <laughs> <laughs> it's really Rolling trash. I don't even know if that's still my SoundCloud. I might have rebranded my SoundCloud since I fucking made this icon. To it don't even mind. matter. It doesn't really. Um, yeah, I appreciate y'all. Uh, so yeah, Ismail had two collective related questions and I got distracted. And shout out Ismail. Let's get to it. Um, that's dope. I appreciate that quickness on your end, Purge Night. But A, uh, question one from Ismail was, would you accept new people into your collective? Okay, so we have been um, approached by this question, like, so many times, bro. And, like, no hard feelings to nobody, but the way we're seeing it now is that we're really building the foundation, you know. Um, to us, it feels wrong to have new people on board before we even hit one year of NSL. So uh, we're trying to build the foundation before we expand. Now, look. In long terms, like, we've been thinking, like, me and Purge have been talking for a while that, like, there would be potential for him to hop on. Uh, JK, too. JK is another one that I could feel like he'd hop on. Uh, and even a few producers I'm with, like, Facing Bees from Germany and stuff like that, like, they have mad potential to be part of NSL. But it's been, like, man, to me, the foundation of a collective is so important. So I don't want to be, um, you know, just, like, um adding too much too soon because it becomes overwhelming to me because i'm the one who handles it all you know so mm. look i'm all for supporting anybody who i rock with for example purge is a perfect example um but look it's not like i'm, I'm rejecting you from the squad type of thing <laughs> um i'm definitely open to look i've been well, in this I case, think, not, we were just, like, asking it as, like, a general question. We're not the ones trying to get in the squad. <laughs> yeah, I know. I understand that. Uh, but I think I'm down to collab with anyone, man. No, I appreciate um, you. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that you hop in the, the squad just, just for shits. But, like, I'm definitely down to collab with anybody at any time. And uh, yeah, Pur Purge knows what's up. Like we we had this discussion. That's why he's laughing in the chat. Like he knows. Mm. No, I appreciate um, that, but, man. Uh, I just love I your answer because it's, it's, it's a long term long term vision, man. We're definitely down to expand, but right now it's like we're very niched out, so we're not trying to like expand too much too soon. No, nah, I mean I completely hear you. I was I'm asking because Ismail was curious, and I thought it was a good question. And evidently, you've been asked this question many, many times by many, many people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a great. Uh, I would thought anyway. Um, so what's the next step for the collective? Is Ismail's second question? And y'all have like your last chances on questions if you want to know stuff. But your boys are all like, "Guy, I know all the answers already." That's fair. <laughs> But you don't okay, know next that. Step, next step of the collective, um, honestly, man, is just staying consistent. So we're going to keep dropping every four weeks uh, consistently throughout the entire year. Um, we've seen so, so much progress doing this strategy. Like, it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, this last track I just put out blew up. But honestly, I think it blew up only because Spotify has noticed that I'm so consistent on my releases, bro. 
Mm-hmm. It's not even that the last song I put out was better than all the other ones I put out. I think it's just because like Spotify's like, oh shit, okay, this guy's actually taking the game you seriously. A lot of, uh, do you have a lot of your people putting shit on playlists? I have a lot of European fans now. Yeah, man. No, I got a lot of. Yeah. Do you have a lot of your people putting shit on playlists? Oh, my people. You know what's crazy, bro? I don't even ask my people to uh, stream or nothing. Like, to be honest, bro, I, I don't have many of my own people streaming my own things. I have a lot of my own people, like, following the Instagram page. Um, but that's only because they're the homies and they want to, like, support me. But uh it's all genuine the ones that are supporting my music i'm never going to be the one to dm people like oh my new song is out pre-save it this that this that this that boom no i'm not like that um i understand that some people are just down to support me without even listening to my music and i don't take that as a personal offense i'm cool with that there's a lot of the homies that don't even listen to my tracks but i never took it as a bad thing so Mm. that being said um I think, I think it's just the uh, consistency putting music out every single four weeks that Spotify literally noticed, bro. Because, and I only say that because it's only been going up for me. So why is it going up? Like, it's not the quality of music that's going up. There's songs that dropped in like August, September that had more potential than the song that just dropped in January. I think the algorithm actually notices that you drop every four weeks or so and they're like oh shit okay this guy's actually taking me seriously i'm gonna push him a bit more a bit more a bit more a bit more because it's not ironic to me that every single song since i put out since august has been increasingly growing you know it, it to me it's it's not just a coincidence it's not like but the songs also, got better and better and better yeah so like you said responded in real time to data to optimize to get to a point to create that growth well, yeah, and, and look, if, you, if you're thinking about, like, the whole Instagram thing, like, yeah, I'm posting, like, once, twice, three times a week. No, I mean, the like, Instagram going. you said earlier in this interview that when you release songs with that particular strategy, you're able to get the immediate feedback and apply it to future songs. You didn't start in August. You were dropping shit earlier in the year. So if your Absolutely. momentum builds up, that early stuff was like a test work, but you clearly pushed it in a direction that was algorithm friendly based on feedback, okay. based on what people would listen to, whether you did it organically on purpose, whether you did it by accident. I don't think it's just the algorithm pushes stuff that is consistent. I think the algorithm pushes shit people will listen to. Yes, you're right, actually. And, um, I think that was our strategy but, going into on. it. Just to kind of, I don't think you're wrong. I think you're also right, but I think you're. No, no, no. Here. I got, I got your point. <clears throat> I think it's a mix of the two of you and I's arguments right now. So, consistency to me is number one. That's the, that's the number one thing. Now, um, I think that I benefited huge from dropping once a month because I got feedback from people. You know, my mixing got better, my mastering got better, my my songwriting got better, my singing got better, my everything got better every single month. Now, if you take that in consideration, um, as well as like my very, 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 very small fan base has grown, it's grown every single month, bro. You were watching a video earlier. I saw you on the stream before I hopped on that you were saying I had 25 or 28 followers on Spotify back in April. Well, now I have like 160, which is not much. I'm still saying it's a small number, but it's continuous growth. That's now. actually a great growth rate, honestly. As like a, 
If you play your cards right, labels will be on your ass very soon if they're not already on your ass. Well, thank you. Thank you, man. And look, um, what I see it as is like I take the, the people that I ask for feedback, I know that they know their stuff, and I know that they're going to be genuine. Like Purge mm-hmm. Knight on the chat right now is one who is very honest with his feedback. Yam is too. I know that those guys, like, they're going to tell me how it is. If, like, they thought I flopped on a song, they're going to tell me, and they're going to tell me exactly what to improve on it. So if I take that consideration and that feedback into consideration when I'm making my next song, then boom. Yeah. That's when you know that, like, you're only going to improve. And look, I'm not mad that my first song I dropped in last January was trash. I'm cool with it, man. Like, I know the mix was bad, and I know the delivery was bad and everything. But I see that as a win because every single month, if I can improve, bro, by next year, I'm flying. I'm flying. And to put that with the, the consistency effort, I already know that that, in terms of improving quality and continuing that consistency, will get me the dub, bro. That I'm confident. And look, it shows on uh, it shows. If you check my Spotify right now, you see it. There's a perfect example of it. So I think is looking kind of litty. I think people are too afraid to drop that first song, drop that first. You know, they're afraid to get into it. But man, that's what I'm telling people: just drop, 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 nah. drop, drop as so much as you can. Right, but here's where I think people are afraid of that feedback part. So what I really like about what you said is something that I don't think a lot of people do well. You identified um, people that you felt had really good expertise and applied productive and actionable feedback. A lot of feedback I receive is bad. And I don't mean it is bad. I mean it's bad in the sense that it doesn't help me in any way. Like if somebody goes, you're trash, I know exactly what they mean at this point because I've like been in the game for a very long time. But it wasn't helpful to just like tell me it's trash. That's your opinion and I accept that. But like what feedback is there in that like vapid statement? To me, that is feedback I just kind of gloss off because there's nothing I can do with it. When people go, you're too complicated, you're putting too many words in the pocket. That was my big one. And uh, I was like, okay, I can at least think about that. I can at least ponder on it. I can at least try out new things. I can learn how to rap slow, which was for me a huge thing. I had to learn how to rap slow. Um, a lot of things like that. And like, okay, you can work yeah. on that feedback. But for you, you identified experts in your field that you respect and you rely on their feedback. But bro, for me, it's not even like uh, I'll never be insulted by feedback. And a good example is that is Purge. Me and Purge have some conversations where we're going like he did back and forth at each other. But it's not on some like on some hater thing. Nah. It's like you know personal growth, and it's like, bro, just. But it's that respect part. Whereas what I'm saying exactly. Is- so it's like, uh, and look, maybe it's because I'm overconfident to begin with, <laughs> so I'll never take it as like something that's like. Uh, you know, I'll never take it as I'm trash on this and that and that. Like, I never question my credibility in this game as a singer, as a rapper, or whatever you are. But I think that those, uh, that input and that feedback, bro, it's only pushed me deeper in terms of pushing new boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, developing new sounds, pushing into new pockets. Yeah, shout out to Jenny even... for the bits. Sorry, bits. Oh, come. okay. Yes, sir. I heard that ding in my ear. You already know. Oh, yeah, I forgot I'm sharing my computer audio. So that ding is yeah. exactly what you think that ding is. <laughs> it is Jenny through pennies like we at the strip club. Yeah, <laughs> she's throwing pennies. Let's go. That's another but, part uh, of Twitch. They throw pennies. Hell, yeah. Throw you them don't pennies. get that on IG Live. Like, like I'm saying, 
Like I'm saying, bro, I genuinely think people that lose in this game is because they're too afraid to take criticism. Yep. I am so open to criticism, man. Like, I will never take it in a bad, bad way. I'll never take it personally. So, you know, I just take it as a as a grain of salt, but like in a good way, though. You know, so I think um, I think like you have a confident sense of your vision and your plan, so you understand oh, yeah. how to take criticism and implement it into your brand. Yes. And yeah. uh, I can tell you that I didn't have a strong brand identity for a long time, so criticism was complicated. Um, I I kind of knew what I wanted. But, like, I knew that I had principles and values, but, like, I didn't really know how to take criticism. I just wanted to succeed by any means. It wasn't, like, your brand awareness, man, that's because you grew up on Instagram. That's because you grew up on TikTok. You grew up with this shit. Like, you're all marketers. You all grew up with brand awareness in a way that I did not because that shit didn't do you exist. Think, do you think you had um, an insecurity issue where you're like, oh, shit, like, he's not rocking with me? Like, let me no, back. That's the opposite. I thought I was the shit. No, I didn't listen to anyone. Oh, you were just blocking your ears. Yeah, most of us did that. Most of us. Oh, uh, okay. That. That's a complete different narrative, then. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. Like I would just say, "Fuck you!" I'm gonna rap the way I want. I'm gonna do what I think wow, is best. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now, over time, I learned how to identify uh, that that's stupid. <laughs> you know, because it's not. Well, the no, it's not. It's not no. stupid. I understand the ego side of it, but, but bro, like the way in terms of growth, in terms of growth, like it's a bad it's, news. It's, it's key to to listen to your peers basically is what i'm saying peers so the problem that a lot of us i think face is the lack of peers so we are forced to listen to whoever gives us feedback so i can tell you that uh person in the accounting department who never listens to hip-hop's feedback about my music is not the same (laughs) as your feedback but like if all you're doing is hitting up dms to anybody you know and you're asking them what they think who do you listen to and I think it takes a long time to learn how to learn who to listen to for feedback That's and how to point. interpret that. And while mm-hmm. this is where I think in an inst- you've already been getting comments on your shit for your whole fucking life. Like, You're right. And I, You're right. And I, I know for a fact that like when we look at like younger people and how they approach social media, we can see that you've been trained as a social media influencer pretty much your whole high school experience. And that is a very relevant marketing skill in the today's landscape. So you're right. You're right. Um, I, I guess in a lot of ways, I didn't know how to take feedback because uh, I was into that argue with motherfuckers on Facebook to prove I'm right life. Mm. You know, like that was the world for me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I had to let you know, because today no, I, I understand my, that was your reality growing up. I understand that. And even up until adulthood, like a lot of this shit to me is like the, the tone shift in the last few years. And I just decided to ride this wave and see where it went. And it turned out it was a good wave. And it seems like a lot of this stuff is just inherent and second nature to you, which is fucking cool because it is what I thought that the youth were more in touch with this shit. <laughs> so I'm glad, actually. This makes me happy. It makes me happy that you're like so fucking in tune and in touch with so much of this shit, just like inherent natural. Like we try so hard to come up with what you're just thinking up naturally. That's amazing for the future of humanity, you know? Yeah, but it's, it's also trippy because I never thought of it. Like for me, you're saying it's like... Uh... Like second nature, essentially, right? Um, but to me, bro, it's like I never thought of it that way. I just thought of it like that's the way to, to, I don't know, bro. That's just the way to move in my own generation, I guess. So it's crazy to me that, like, yo, shout out Don Smooth a, with the big baits. He threw a dollar this time. Yo, Don Smooth, God bless you, bro. 
Yo, Gunsmooth is a guy, like, honestly, the whole world needs to know. Well, at least Montreal. Maybe the whole world. Like, when we tell the Montreal story one day, he, he gets a whole chunk. <clears throat> <laughs> He's got a whole chapter in his name. Big facts. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, that's it, bro. Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel you, but it's like, I guess <sighs> I never thought of it the way that you grew up in. To me, it was like second nature, but to you, obviously, it wasn't. It's it was not, uh, man. like Facebook was like air. I literally was on Facebook when it was just text and pictures, as in there was nothing else to do but post on walls and poke. We poked. I actually used the poke feature. I don't even know what that is. Wow, doing. now I feel fucking old. Yo, shout out Don Smith <laughs> for enjoying the chat. Fuck, man, you don't even know what poking is. Like, fuck, hey, eh? like, wow. Sometimes I have these moments where like I'm forced to really accept the world is different. Social media is not the same. Your whole world. No, and and but, it's changing every day. But that's why, like, I, I recognize early on, I'm like, yo, I got to get some young people on my squad in some way because I don't know that I can think TikTok. And, so, yo, I 100% think that if I had, like, a 20-year-old, not I'm not saying you, but a 20-year-old on my team who could film me and tell me what to do, I'd pop on TikTok. Because I'd do yeah, all this stupid, it. goofy shit. I just can't I think believe. of it or edit the fucking video. Don't make me edit the video. It's a bad idea. <laughs> but like, I believe it. I believe like I, if I was uh, behind the camera, I can get you doing some things. Yeah. I, I genuinely, sincerely think that. But I could not think of the things to do. Once you taught me, okay, I'll roll with that shit. It would be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. But like the learning curve of how to think visually and create entertaining dances that would appeal to a wide ranging audience and not just dances, but short comedy skates. My guy, this is nothing of my life. I'm like making four hour videos. You know, it's like the literal opposite of yeah. what I'm good at. Um. Anyway. I don't know. I would love to keep going, but like I know at some point the girlfriend's gonna start sending me messages. I don't even know if she did. I don't have Facebook open, and then I'm gonna get these. Uh, can you fucking end it? We got any summer shits going on? It's just kind of. Oh, you're getting in trouble now, huh? No, I'm not. I'm not, Bonnie. I'm not blaming you. I'm saying I don't want to get to. <laughs> hey, you gotta put that disclaimer out there because you're about to do it. About no. to do it. Oh. Sorry, Ismail. I didn't mean to miss your question. Uh, the chat did go a little bit quick for a minute. Uh, do you freestyle? I suck at freestyling, man. That's that's a great answer. I I completely suck. I I, I genuinely think that, like, um, freestyling has its own venue, its own avenue. Like, people that can freestyle, it's a complete different talent. Big facts. I I can write a song in 15 minutes, but, bro, I cannot freestyle. I mean, I could. I mean, I could, but, like, it's trash, bro comparison to what i would say in a song like some people are just so clean with their bars and their man but me it's like purge night music come through on tuesdays for the crossroad of the freestyle cypher thing that we're doing purge night is from what i know purge night is extremely good off the dome because yeah we got an event on tuesdays now that's that's that yeah 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 purge night's very 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 good off the top i know that me personally i suck man but i can still tap in i can try but like we want you to try because you know it's all love man my girlfriend dropped her first ever fucking off the dome and it was amazing it was a beautiful moment and then we got her to do a little written so she dropped a little 20 and she made some hard bars she connected the ice cube no vaseline song with some like something ice cube and then i'm gonna like enter you with no lube and we're just like 
Whoa, oh, that's some dope. savage okay. shit going on right there. And it was fucking, okay. she starts oh, yeah, it off yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I might look like a little girl. And then the next thing you know, she's coming at you all savage. And it was fucking dope. Yo, anyway. Got to chill. But uh, I definitely think <laughs> that freestyling is, is actually a confidence thing. It is. If, if you, you can if rap, you can maintain flow, then boom, you're good. It's just coming up with the words to say, and that's why a lot of people practice with the fucking what I see in front of me is and whatever, and then you migrate in. You know what I do? I try to get educational with it because I know I can explain things in excessive detail, and it, all it is is just making it rhyme and flow. So it's almost like a tutorial video. That's the easiest shit for me to freestyle. If I get into explanation mode, I can go off the dome for fucking out like a while. I would say hours, but I've never tested the theory. But, like, to try to floss <laughs> or anything like that or to do bars, I'm fucking trash. But if you want me to explain things and make it rhyme on flow, I am in. There you go. That's yeah. something I got to work on. And honestly, I've been working on it, and I'm better. But, like, I'm still trash, bro. You want to try busting a little acapella? Oh, my God, bro, no. That's all right. It's going to be embarrassing. It's okay. I just can't do it. I feel you, but remember the strength and insecurity. Yeah, I'm embracing that insecurity. I, I was just trying to put it to see if I could get you to do it. It's all right. Anyway, yeah, I appreciate y'all for real, though. Thank y'all for being here. Um, thank you, yes, sir, Drew thank from you. NSL Everybody. Collective. Yo, thank you, man. Thank you for hosting me, man. It's a very dope conversation we had. And thank you to everyone who's been in the chat box. Shout out Purge. Shout out Yamin. Shout out Wa. Willie World, shout out everybody who's been Yo, in the chat shout box. Shout out Kimo, Bonnie, shout out Ismail, Lindell was Ismail, there for a minute. Huge too, man. That's cool. That's because like our audiences are hanging out in the same chat. There you go, in the same space, man. That's it's what it's all dope. about. And that is kind of what, what happens at live about, shows. Man. Kind of, yeah, exactly. It's like eighty percent is good to me. It's not a hundred percent, but it's eighty percent is good for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check out Purge Night Music's Instagram. I don't know where it is, but is it Purge Night Music? Put your at hat. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's yeah. Purge. I think it's Purge Night Benny. His uh, Instagram handle. Fresh. Yo, shout out Yamis too. Yamis is a dope artist from Montreal too, man. Yo, Yamis, hit me up. We should be talking if you're a dope artist from Montreal. That's all I'm saying. I, I, it's hard for me to meet everybody. That's kind of why I was hoping I could get you, and then more people would be like, "Ooh, yeah, I exactly, come on through." Exactly. Everybody just holler at my boy here, man. But chill. Gotta have a conversation. So, yeah, again, thank you for coming, my guy. It was a great chat. I enjoyed it. Bro. I thought it was stimulating. I think anybody watching this is going to learn some shit. Um, that's that's what we try to do here. We try to bridge gaps. Um, and that's kind of... Listen, bro, I'm already down for round two, you know? So this was just an introduction to everything we it's got facts. going on. So. And I thank love... you for even having me on, bro. It's much, much, much love to you and your team, like, Keep doing your thing, man. Yeah, we you just know? uh say it's the same kind of thing, man. Consistency over time equals success. Yes, sir. You already know. That's With the optimization formula success, points. Because trust, the first interview wasn't this good. I remember I've gotten uh, several phone calls after giving me fucking shit about what I did wrong. You're a I rapper, bro. You, bro. How are you going to interview rappers? And in anyway, okay, okay. Hey, what do you think Joe Budden went through when Joe Budden started being a podcast? Big facts. Yeah, honestly, it's it's cool, man. It was it was really like this was a great chat. This was everything I was hoping for. Right, it man. was exactly it. it was everything I wanted out of this. Um, Bro, honestly, thank you, man. I told everybody I'm so excited. Young guys coming on through. That's why I called you a unicorn. Right. Hey, because... I'm a big 
whenever the fuck you want me, bro. No, no lie. I'm going to be back for sure. I think you uh, lived up to being a testament of somebody who defies the expectations of what I think a lot of people in their late 20s and 30s and beyond think young people really perceive about hip-hop. I mean, what was the first album yeah. he drops? Dre 2001. Anyway. Thank you for being That's here, facts. my guy. Hey, thank you for remembering that, bro. <laughs> you can't, you can't do what I do with a bad memory. It doesn't work very well. I can't remember <laughs> bars for shit, but facts and details people yes, say. Sir. That's what this game yes, is. Sir, that handles. Yeah. But um, thank you again for being here. I appreciate all y'all watching. I know you listed y'all. We listed y'all. It's amazing to see that that number stayed above ten the whole stream. Honestly, that's big respect to you. Not everybody can do that, and that's a lot of you being interesting. Cause yeah, hey, not... that's not all me. That's you too, brother. Like, well, here's the thing: me? I do this all the time, and I can only be as interesting as the guest I'm with. Hey, look, bro. You and I are both big talkers, man. That's all it comes down to. It's big that's facts. All it comes down to. I had a lot of fun. I mean, I'm I'm just that glad. Um, so yo, on that note, for all the people watching this in the future, thank you all being here too. As you said, he's gonna yes, come sir. back for a round two in the future. So leave your comments on the YouTube if you can hit that yes, little sir. subscribe button and the like buttons, and if yes, you're somewhere sir. else, the follows and whatnot, all that good shit. Show your love. You know what it is. And uh, yo, special thanks to the patrons: Ismail Gadam, C. Chris Powder, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribble. They're dope. They support what we do. If you're on Twitch and you support what we do, you can hit that little subscribe. And if you have Prime, it's free. And uh, if you're uh, in the future, <laughs> Twitch.tv/slash/behind-that-suit. Now be or yeah. Patreon.com/slash/behind-that-suit. Yeah. I plugged the wrong shit. Whatever. Yeah. All that yeah. shit slash behind that suit. Anyway, Patreon's dope yes, for the sir. people in the future. On that note, everybody, we are going to raid DJ Bobby Payne. So if you're on the stream and you want to hear some hot Montreal spinning, show some love to the fucking DJs if you're an MC. That's a good type of people to become friends with in terms of getting yes, your music circulated to different crowds. So don't dip out. Get there. Hit that follow button. Show that love. And on that note, everybody, li uh, live long and prosper, everyone. Prosper, man. Thank you.